This is Naoki Yoshida. This is Fern Hall. And you are listening to Aetherite Radio. Aetherite Radio. Here we go. Hello and welcome to Aetherite Radio. As we cut off uh, Rook right <laughs> <laughs> little little okay. little little sneak peek behind the the right behind the curtain right so sometimes like while we're doing the pre-show or like even while the intro is rolling we're just like yeah. shooting the shit and so rook rook starts like like she's gonna about to go off on this little like mini rant and i'm like we're going live like right now <laughs> i immediately muted myself it was just like <laughs> there are times and places this is not one of them. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to Aetherite Radio Gamers Games Final Fantasy XIV podcast. Of Fugitex joining me today, we've got Zinni and Joe, we've got Aldino, and we've got Rook. Um, so today, it's going to be it's gonna be a big episode. we got a lot of stuff to talk mm-hmm. about. Um, you didn't say this was going to be a long one. It's going to be this 10 hours long. Welcome to the Aetherite Radio subathon. Um, you know... After after how long it took us to get all that stuff together, like ten hours is nothing. This that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. honestly, I feel like this. my sense of time from the media yeah. tour is so skewed that you're like ten hours, and I'm like only nice. Pretty <laughs> sure it was at least an hour an hour per article, so at least nineteen, at least. Yeah. No, we got this easy peasy. Um, so oh, goodness. today, um, we are going to be talking about the media tour. Um, so there's a lot of stuff, uh, obviously, from that. Um, Obviously, if you're watching live on Twitch, uh, you may notice some new things in the corner or in our in our intro. Let me let me put that up one more time, real quick, so you guys can. Look so good! Look so good! <laughs> look at him! He's so happy! <laughs> so uh, he loves video games. This week, uh, we have rebranded a little bit. We got a new logo. Uh, we have new uh, one new well, a couple new emotes, right? Depending on how you uh, how you Twitch, we've got. Mm-hmm. We got our uh, little controller uh, emote. We've got a couple new uh, bit donate emotes, uh, little gold controllers. So um, obviously, if you want to use those, sub. Um, hopefully, we can add more in the future. So we have a couple ready. So we just we just need to hit those uh, those numbers for that. Um, there's also some more information about things that will be coming to the site. Um, hopefully, in the, the near future, um, we are still working on some things. But obviously, it was close enough that we wanted to... Uh, get the new logo out uh, we will have a dark mode people have been asking us for dark mode forever yes. um, so dark mode is coming um, we are also going to have an option uh, for ad free viewing which is also something that people have been asking for so uh, check that out it's up on the site under all of the <laughs> and walker media posts it's up there i promise you just got to scroll a little <laughs> bit. you'll find it um, yeah so that'll take us into media tour so i think what we're going to do today um, we're going to go kind of, we'll do like overview, we'll do um, presentation, interview, uh, thoughts on zones, we'll talk about the dungeon a little bit, and then we'll talk about jobs. Um, if you guys have questions throughout any of this, obviously... Ask them! Ah! Chances are pretty, <laughs> exactly. probably pretty good that, that everybody has questions. So throw them up in the chat, we will do our questions. best. Oh, well then, we'll, we'll see. What, good. We'll, I mean, we'll for, for Yoshi P. Oh, you know. <laughs> oh okay. yeah. So I'm sorry. I I asked here. him. Yeah, he was like, "No, hell no, I'm not coming to that." And I was like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> All right. I <laughs> no, get I'm it. Kidding. Not <laughs> even not, not even just like a yeah. That doesn't really work for my time zone. He's just like, "Hell no." No. Hell Absolute, no. Absolutely. Yeah. No. Nightmare. Nightmare. I just talked to that guy the other day. I'm not going back over that. I'm not. No, I don't want to see that guy again. So let me. 
uh-huh. I have my window open just in case I need to yeah. like pull something up. There's so much to talk about. So <laughs> yeah. much to talk about. Um, okay, so uh, for those of you that don't know what a media tour is, um, I wanted to go over this real quick because a lot of people are coming to the game. Um, obviously, it's getting pretty popular, right? Uh, over 24 Maybe. million registered accounts now, uh, Yoshida told us. So uh, basically, media tour is a big press marketing blitz right before the expansion. Um, media outlets, uh, select influencers as they get invited to get hands on uh, with the expansion. So Typically, and this was the case uh, for this year as well, uh, you have access to all the battle classes, none of the gathering or crafting classes, two field areas, one of the new hubs, and a dungeon. Um, Can you imagine just going there and be like, oh, hell yeah, I want to do some mining. (laughs) You know, I have to be real. uh You you say that. Uh I think Fusion and I are on the exact same page. I've had so many more people ask me about crafting and gathering. Like, did you have right. to pay the crafters and gatherers? And I, I was, was like, that's cute. So that's that's not what I was going to say. That warms um, my heart. <laughs> there there actually was an exception to this. And that was uh-huh. the ARR Media Tour. Right. In which, yes, I did go on to a botanist in a miner. And the big revelation was you can attack things with your yep. actual weapon instead of throwing rocks throwing at them rocks. like in 1.0. I miss throwing rocks. <laughs> You never so, know what information you're going to get. You never know. Right? You never know. Um, I like so, to yeah. sum it up, though, as as two days of going, ah, yeah, and then two weeks of going, oh, God. It's not here. Yeah. What do you mean yeah. I don't have two charges on reassemble right now? <laughs> what do you mean I have to oh, more, wait? More I meant trying to put everything together. I, I will say, though, the the difference between, like, having to wait between Shadowbring, or between, like, the last Mew Tour and the, the release of Shadowbringers, it's it. I'm not feeling it quite as much because Machinist sure. got overhauled. Like Machinist was like a completely yeah. different job, and I was like going back into Eureka. I'm like, this is reload bullshit. Like I don't. What is this job? Like well, <laughs> but now Aldino, do you mm-hmm. feel that way about mm-hmm. summoners since you're a summoner main? Why are there dots? Why why are dots? <laughs> oh my gosh! Right? Are you still have to do that? The other night. You're, you're seeing yeah. dots. Do you, you might need to get your yeah. eyes checked. That's, oh, that doesn't I might, sound. I might actually. Yeah, I need to. I need to go check that out and get them removed right now. <laughs> so in Ray the other night, we were like, "Why don't you just play as if there are no dots? That'll be just fine." <laughs> yeah, that's wow. just totally practice works. your rotation without the dots. <laughs> yeah. Practice the new stuff. Just get into Could the be flow. Boring. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I mean that. In you know that's that's. The gist of it. That's what the media tour is. So mm-hmm. um, this year um, it was uh, virtual, obviously, with the world being the way it is right now. Um, we did it remotely. Uh, I know Japan did theirs in person, um, mm-hmm. which uh, was was a little surprising um, in all honesty. But um, there are pictures of that up on the uh, the developers blog and stuff. So you can see, I mean, obviously they had, you know, the, the plastic dividers and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But Safety. yeah, so. It's easier for them to do it in person over there than to have Yoshida fly around all over the place. And right, yeah, yeah, can't so. really get out of the country. Can't really get back into the country. Too much quarantine to for a, uh, a game that's coming out a little soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, guy in the chat asking, um, how did virtual media tour compare to in person? Was it less fun or did it feel uh, more or less info? Um, info wise, it, it felt the same. Um, fun wise. Um, Yeah, I mean, it. I, I, I think it, it was it was equal, if not maybe a little more 
in terms of like the hands-on gameplay. So mm-hmm. um, typically at like at, you know an in-person media tour, um, they would have you set up at you know stations or, or tables with like four computers, and then you know those were the people you were sitting by right for like the entire right. day. So if you wanted yeah. to run a dungeon with other people, you could be like, hey, people sitting immediately next to me, let's do a dungeon. Um, they had us, you know, I don't, I don't know, like give like the entire structure of like how this stuff worked, right? right? Um, PR is like, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> but we, we basically, we had like virtual groups of, of, of four that mm-hmm. we hung out in and we were, you know, using discord to chat and stuff. And so that was it, it, you know, in terms of like how it felt being there versus not being there, it really didn't feel all that different, uh, this mm-hmm. time around. So, um, yeah, I think. I mean, granted, so this was my first media tour, so I haven't been to one of the in-person ones before. And I think maybe the one thing that, at least from my expectations versus reality, that was, I guess, just different than I had pictured for like one day when I go to the media tour, if I ever do, you know, was that (laughs) I think the idea of being in a room with everyone, Mm -hmm. like at this special event, the idea of actually like having Yoshida-san there in front of me, not just in like a live letter, you know? That was something that had always like been really an emotional component of it for me. But I mean, I agree in that when it came to actually playing and stuff, it felt really fluid. It felt really fun to be able to just like pop around and do our groups and chat in Discord and everybody was cackling. And it was funny Mm -hmm. when, you know, like somebody from the Square Enix team who were so helpful and so patient and so wonderful the whole day, especially because I kept doing this thing that froze my entire window and they had to just like babysit me and I felt so bad. But eventually I stopped doing it for the most part. But it was so fun to just be there with everybody and have them kind of come around and, you know, say like, that was a hilarious dungeon run you all just did. I wish we had recorded that or like, right. you know, this yeah. or that. And it was just really fun to get to meet people in that space. And it felt very much still like a live event in that regard, you know? So there were mm-hmm. some little differences, but it did still feel like, wow, this is really a special thing we're all doing together wherever we are in the world. Yeah, yeah, it was, it I was would nice say. Being in, you know, I think be in our Discord. Go ahead. Oh, oh no, it's fine. Uh, I was just going to say, I think, you know, I've, I've been to one in person before, right? Yes. Yeah. Two. Uh, two. two, that's right. Man, two. I forget. Um, but yeah, the, the biggest difference, I think, is that usually they would kind of separate it into media and influencers, right? Or media and yes. then streamers. But this time it was combined. And that was very interesting to see, right? Because mm-hmm. like in, in my dungeon group, there was there was people from all over the spectrum. And it was interesting to see them go, I'm going to try Sage. I have no idea what I'm doing, right? I just Versus love... someone Sorry, who's like ahead. more voice versed in the game who could figure it out easier. But everybody was helping each other, which was great. It makes for great memories, honestly. And it was yeah. funny because I think we were talking a little bit. And one of the other things that I wasn't expecting from the media tour experience is how mm-hmm. much, even though everybody's working on their own coverage, right? Everybody is also all in this weird bubble experience together. Mm-hmm. And it's like this thing that nobody else understands except for those of you going through it. And so everybody is kind of like a resource and tool and helping hand for everybody else. And just getting to talk to each other is so fun. And in the dungeon stuff, as we were kind of talking and, you know, chatting, there was this moment where somebody was like, just hope that you get like somebody from a media outlet that's actually played the game before, because right. otherwise <laughs> you're going to get into this level 81 dungeon and they're going to be playing something they've literally never played before. And like even that in and of itself is such a fun, memorable experience yeah. where you're like literally trying to help somebody through who maybe this is truly the first taste of 14 they've ever had. Right. And. I kind of love that they mixed and mingled creators and Mm -hmm. media outlets because 
in a sense, it brings together and crosses and like creates a bridge for all of us that are involved in gaming. And so to get to be together, like we had somebody in our group, we had two content creators, Chili and Jahara in my dungeon run, and then somebody from a media outlet. And he knew the game and he'd been covering it for a while. But to have all of us in one space, when we would never be in a space otherwise, right. you know what I right. mean? It was just, it was great. I think one of my favorite yeah. things, I think this is something you told me, Aldi, was um, you were um, on the same day as... Uh, Mr. Happy and Mistech. Oh, yeah, and, and Mistech, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and one So, one of, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I'll, I'll do, yeah, yeah. So, I was with uh it was mostly media in my group. Um so, you know, I had the the usual suspects, you know, I don't want to say cuz they were in there. But uh a, a couple of them uh Mr. Happy and Mistech were looking for extra people to go through the dungeon. It was later in the day. So, they're like, "I'll go." I was doing video or something, so I didn't go. So, they went up and they were gone for a while. But when they came back, they were like, those people are serious. Like, they really know what they're doing. And I'm like, huh? It's like, yeah. Like they they already knew how it worked. Like I I I just felt bad. And I'm like, well, yeah, you know, one of they both make guides for the game and they were like, what? I didn't even know. And I'm like, they were and they said they were nice, but man, like I just felt slow <laughs> i felt the exact same way funnily enough i was in a uh my initial group was with uh stall and whoops and ah. they both like we did almost reverse things so my big interest at first was the zones because i really mm -hmm. wanted to do these lore videos that i ended up releasing for it yeah so i'm going around to all the pins on all the different zones to like figure out what the names are and start theorizing about what they could be and the historical context and all this kind of stuff and they went straight for the jobs. And right. so we're all in this like space together. And I hear them just like, and this potency, did you come over here, come over here, come over here. We're gonna try this and this and this and this and this. <laughs> and in the background of my head, eventually it just became this blur of like numbers and potencies. And did you see that? It did 5,000 more damage. And I was just like, <laughs> I was, I meanwhile in like some obscure corner yeah. of old Charlie and like, did you see this adorable sandwich in a small little tin? It's like, they eat it on the and go. And it's got they like a little pull cord to like open it easily. <laughs> I know exactly what just... sandwich you're talking about. This is legitimately something I got footage of. And I was just like, look at I how they the eat their sandwiches and Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. And Did yeah, you and see would... the hot plate? <laughs> That's I'm a huge ass hot plate. Why do they need such a big hot plate? I thought I come into this little eating cafe many area, things. I thought this. Yeah. I thought this thing was like a big like aluminum like suitcase on the table, and this dude sitting by himself was like waiting for somebody to like do a deal. And then I'm like going around to these other tables. I'm like, that's a big hot plate. <laughs> uh, anyway, like, if you want to know what I the hell I we're talking about, <laughs> I think we have. Uh, I think we have a screenshot of of. Uh, some, oh yeah, the uh, big hot plate, big stuff, food. So. <laughs> um. So, I yeah. like the little detail um, you guys mentioned about uh, it being nice to play at home because you had your own setup. Sure. Yeah. Anytime you go to any event, that. yeah, anytime yeah. you go to any event, whether it be media tour or fan fest, you're playing on their machines with their setup. You have to set up your own heart bars really quickly, which yeah. I imagine you guys still had to do. But yeah. you have your your comfortable mouse and keyboard setup or controller even, I guess. The, mm -hmm. Like the day and, before uh, this, me and Aldi know we're talking and he's like, I just thought of something. I'm like, what's up? He's like, we're using our home setup. And I was like, yes. Yep. <laughs> yes. So good. Yes. It, it was so nice. Easier. You have it's not convenient. lived. You have not lived until you set up 19 different hot bars very quickly because you don't have any time. I and mean, you just read the tooltips. 
I was not expecting it to be nearly as intense in that regard as it oh, was. Man. Like, I even I went through ahead of time for the classes that I knew I was going to want to mm-hmm. get changes on. I took screenshots of the hot bar setup so I would at least have an idea of how I generally yep. have it structured. Mm-hmm. But even so, and especially when you're in the event and everybody wants to be able to test out these new abilities. So it was great because we could test them out on these dummies outside of Thavnair, or you could also go into the dungeon in explorer mode and put like a dummy in there and test Mm -hmm. stuff out. Um, But I guess in past media tours, that hasn't necessarily been the case. So people were because explorer mode wasn't even a thing until recently. But um, so people were immediately like, where are the dummies? How do I get there? What do I do? And Mm -hmm. then you'd go and you're like standing there next to the dummy. And I'm like tripping and fumbling and dropping my abilities all over the floor. Like, (laughs) please, no, 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 this is my dummy. This is my dummy. No, my hopper's almost done. I promise you, I promise you. Like trying to get it all set up. Four of them. There were four. Four. That's why a lot of the footage is just me (laughs) running around killing stuff that are level 85 because I'm like, I'm not going to go over there. They're just, you wouldn't be able to see me. Yeah. I'm going to tell you guys a nerdy thing. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, before FanFest, I take pictures of all of my hotbars so that yeah. when I get to FanFest, I have a little guy. I, I had the really thought quick. to do this. Um, I went, was it Wednesday? Um, the, the, the night before was maintenance, so I couldn't yeah. log in to do that. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, and I'm like, ah, it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so... Um, before uh, we got into our hands-on, there was a pre-recorded uh, presentation from Yoshida, and we've had these presentations in the past. Um, often, it is what we w- what the last live letter that we had. It's essentially that is what we normally get. We get mm-hmm. the the job trailer, you know, the breakdowns. Um, and we had some of these um, as well, you know, talking about how the numbers are downscaling. You're not doing less damage. It's fine. Everything's gonna be okay. Um, they talked about um, how uh, Endwalker is going to be the biggest uh, expansion they've had to date. Uh, it'll have the most uh, MSQs. Um, it's bigger than like a normal like console release RPG, um, which is it's crazy. So there's it, insane. Please look forward to it. It's, it's going to be a lot of stuff to do. Um, yeah. They improved the AI of the trusts. Um, and we'll see more trusts, uh, trusts being used, um, in patch 6.1 onward. We will talk about that more in depth here in a minute. Um, and then, um, right now, uh, development on Endwalker is down to the wire in case you were wondering Mm -hmm. how busy they are. Um, they are trying to focus on wrapping up this, uh, story of the last 10 years, uh, they're promising surprises, revelations, and exciting answers to long-ass questions. After 6.0, uh, obviously, we know, we know this, uh, they're going to start a brand new Long-ass questions. And they hope that players will eagerly anticipate what lies ahead. Um, so, uh, Chris, in the chat, deep dive question. Uh-oh. Uh, what I saw in Mione's videos, uh, AF Gear was level 89, not 90. Do you think that's a mistake? Uh, or do you think this will mean for actually getting the gear, especially after Shadowbringers when we got it after Innocent, but before Hades? Um, development, build, I, all things subject to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I could yeah. see that. I could really see them doing it uh, as the capstone so that by level 80 you have it and you don't forget to go pick it up. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe. I mean, with this also being a culmination, right? This is a culmination of 10 years of story. Mm -hmm. They might have a moment or a beat in the narrative itself where they were like, hey, what would be really cool? Ah, yeah, well, if people could wear the iconic look for the final thing, you know? Mm -hmm. 
So they might adjust it to something like that, where it becomes just kind of more of a part of that experience, and then you can have your iconic hero look or your new paladin set if you're doing the, you know, class that's the poster yeah. boy of the, the the expansion. But, I mean, I think like Fusion said, that's something that we just can't actually know. It could have been they just set it there for whatever reason for just this preview build. It could be that, you know, they've been toying with the idea. There's so many possibilities. Yeah. Um anything could change and that goes for every single piece of footage or information from the actual yeah. event itself I mean, that, that's the big thing right especially especially uh when you look at uh you know stuff like potency so i mean first off obviously you know with downscaling that's going to change yeah. everything in and of itself uh but then you know the numbers aren't final the numbers are never final so um physical what, what got I, what adjusted I, what I, versus magic yeah. so don't worry about it i mean what i what i will say right uh is is doing the dungeon things felt fine so yeah. I, I like the idea of them giving the AF early, um, especially so that you can wear it in these final, the final days. Um, yes. Mm -hmm. Thinking back to 11. Oh, no. The as you got your AF in 11, it was like at 62 and then 64 and mm -hmm. then 66. So was... maybe they'll give us a piece as we go. Who knows? So although if, if they've taken out job quests. It's actually probably less yeah. likely. Yeah, if they, if they if they took out job quests, less likely. I think it's also important to to note um, in eleven that a lot of the pieces that you would get for your AF were um, like macro situational. <laughs> like you would swap gear out like left and right in eleven. So I mean, like, that's all gear in eleven. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. So so like yeah, okay. So you're not get you know the the AF isn't level you know fifty or sixty or whatever, but it gives you, you know, X amount of, like, extra TP on jump. So you macro that in for jump, and that's the only thing you use it for. Like, it's, you know, whereas with, with 14, I think they'll, um, they've kind of recently got, gotten into this habit of just giving us everything in, like, a chest. You know, it's like, okay, you yeah. get this one item, and then you expand it. I think that's probably what we'll get around uh, yeah. this time, too, so. Um, all right, so let's go ahead here. Um, let's jump into um, our interview. Um mm. We had a chance to uh, chat with Yoshida in a Zoom call and throw some questions his way. It was really weird because he's got, like, the same backdrop that he does for, like, the live letter. But he's, like, talking yeah. directly to you. It's like, this is weird. <laughs> this is okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, did, did you want to go over this one, Aldi? This is kind of like, this is, like, your question. Ah, uh, no. I don't, I don't, I, I could definitely respond to it, though. <laughs> if you, you, you asked it, so go ahead. Okay. Uh, the changes to Summoner were really fun to play, and the job feels just as active as it did before. Can you go in and tell us a little bit about how you did these changes for Summoner? So obviously, this this is Aldi's question. I yeah, you know I was gonna Summoner, but you know I was gonna ask it. I mean, in some way. Yeah. Uh, so Yoshida says, uh, with the updates that we made to Summoner in our previous expansion, we were already using a base system that was built during the ARR era, so. It was made during a time where we had a limited amount of time. The team and I felt that we were kind of pushing the limits at that point, so the team strongly felt that trying to make any further updates on that base system was not going to work. By 6.0, uh, we would have needed to rebuild it and kind of renew it. Uh, that was already kind of in our minds, and we decided to do so since uh, the release of 5.0. Whenever we were thinking about, okay, so how do we revamp or, build, or rebuild Summoner, uh, we looked at the Eggies, so Ifrit, Garuda, and Titan. Uh, which worked more like a pet, but we wanted to make it uh, so that we were actually summoning those beans. Um, then the second element was our infamous title of D Dot Master. Dot Master. 
I mean, I don't know. The, yeah. the polka dot dude in Suicide Squad was like pretty, pretty OP. Yeah, he was like, pretty good at dots. That's true. Um, so uh, they said I, that that was some Go ahead. Oh, no, I'm just like, that's something that they wanted to remove from the books, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, I. OK, I mean, I thought it that dots were like the least thing that I I don't know. Maybe maybe a lot of summoners didn't like it. But for me, like dots kind of made sense. Because you'd do the big hits, but you'd have a dot as the kind of baseline damage until you do the big hits. But I mean, I don't care. I'm glad they're gone. So just big hits all the time. Right. And Walker's <laughs> yeah, like, always... we're getting rid of belts. <laughs> we're getting rid of dots. <laughs> I always felt like dots. This was just me again, not being yeah. a summoner main. But like, at least when I came into the class, when I first started the game, I actually started as a summoner because yeah. I have told this before, but I was like, Oh, I want to be Yuna. Right. And I was so excited. So I went in and the dots to me were really strange, they felt like, because mm-hmm. in a sense, it felt almost more, I guess, like Warlock from WoW. Right. Or like something where usually when I think of that kind of um, aesthetic of dots, I think of like a corrosive, toxic mm-hmm. force, which doesn't have to always be the case, right? right? But it's usually something that to me kind of does that. And I guess it would have made sense if maybe it was that like, when you were in Ifrit, it applied burns. When you were on Garuda, it did, you know, um, what is it? Slashy, like, slashy, hurdy. Yeah, slipstream yeah, or something. Yeah. Slipstream. Slashy, or... slashy, hurdy. <laughs> yep, that's the, like, exactly what it's ongoing called. wind pain. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, that would have made more sense to me, but it always felt really strange to me that for, like, a concept, that mm-hmm. was the primary way that summoners did it? As opposed yeah. to, I don't know, like, different damage types being assigned to, like, the other things and, the sum- like, the summons yeah. themselves being the, the main core of the class. Yeah, like, mechanically, I could get the idea of dots as the baseline and then the big hits and your DPS stays, you know, there's peaks and valleys, but they don't go to zero. Because a lot of times with casting classes, like, you're not casting, you're at zero. So I get it, like, mechanically. But, yeah, it doesn't make any sense thematically at all. But I just thought, ah, well, they're going to mm-hmm. keep it forever. But nope, they nope, they're not. Here's a thought. Thank you. Do you uh-huh. Aside from the fact that they knew that Summoner needed an overhaul, do uh-huh. you think they will make the next job, DPS job, a dot, dot. caster? I mean, I don't know. It feels Maybe? weird because I feel like they they removed a lot of dots with some yeah. of the changes. And so I feel like it would be really weird like to then go in the next expansion and, and, mm-hmm. and add dots. I, like... It's that that we always joke about it, right? But when we had the presentation for Shadowbringers, we're like, yeah. And so, like, Bard and Machinist aren't going to really have a lot of support because Dancer's new and we're going to give Dancer all the support. It's not like Sage and Reaper have a whole bunch of dots, right, that they're trying to, like, highlight. So it'd be weird to, like, skip an expansion for that. I don't know. Um, Yeah. I mean, I could also see it being a way, though, that they wanted to consolidate that kind of damage and then make it a real feature of a class where if that is a type of damage they were going hey well then let's actually make it something that feels more impactful specifically i mean right the fact now that bard has such high mobility but also has Mm -hmm. some of the only major robust dots in the game and those dot extensions have been extended to even like longer you know durations Mm -hmm. that's something that could theoretically be a feature of that class that would draw people to it um, for that type of damage over something else. So mm-hmm. I could see them using it as a core concept for something in the future, but they did really remove a lot of it just from a lot of different areas. Yeah. You heard it here first. Illusionist, caster, and they're mostly dots. 
because like illusionist and tactics were like super hits everyone kind but of low it, damage move. If it's illusionist cool. though, is it actually real damage? Yeah, see, and that's why you do like, dots because like dots mental damage. damage. So yeah, like 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 like, 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 like yeah, you're fighting X death. Yeah, he exactly sees the bees, stress. but are it's the bees stress real? damage? Yeah. Yes, if you die in the illusion, you die in real life. Exactly. So. <laughs> oh, oh, that's deep. Um, da -da -da dark. Uh, so they said, uh, yeah, the title of Dot Master that we've had since 2.0 was something that we wanted to remove from the books. Uh, so we definitely wanted to remove all of the Dot abilities. Um, and then with the three summons, um, it's sort of a classic Final Fantasy. You would summon the monster. It would come out and unleash the move and come back. Um, but when we looked at that from a, the perspective of a real encounter, where there's a timeline that you're following or a skilled rotation that you're trying to utilize during the battle, uh, we felt that just having the creature come out and then come back was kind of lacking. So we racked our brains and said, okay, so what would be unique to 14, uh, but an idea that we could incorporate into that sort of element. Uh, we came up with the idea um, of the elemental attribute. So once you've summoned one of the creatures, the summoner themselves will receive these elemental attributes added to them that would affect their attacks and it'll provide a different feeling. So some of the moves that you can unleash will differ. And that was the third element that we implemented uh, as the base concept. And this is where uh, a lot of people get confused. Like, this is the confusing bit. Like, I think before the podcast, we were talking about it. Like, if Frit favor, when do you get Titan favor? Like, what is this? Why Why is that changing? And that's where it gets a little confusing, but not too much. I mean, uh, it just makes a lot of sense when you look at it. And, and especially when you actually can press the buttons. Because then it kind of flows and you understand. But yeah, it's it's really a great idea to kind of cycle through if a Titan Garuda, um, they have their different uh, aspects, right? Um, and we'll talk about that when we talk about jobs, but it's a really cool idea to make summoner feel like you are summoning this distinct entity that has different abilities than the other distinct entities that you're doing. I really like it. Yeah. Um, so they go on to say that uh, from that base concept, we had our foundation. So we tried to move into a, uh, that into a specification document. And that's when we listed out the qualities of the updated summoner and the battle content team. And I would discuss the different specifications. We went through five different iterations um, of just discussion upon discussion, trying to see if we could work out the kinks, um, you know, get rid of any elements that might be hard to grasp, um, make sure that our settings made sense, and then having that motivation of why does it enable uh, for summoner once you've called forth Bahamut Prime, uh, that would allow for this Aether to be attributed to you so that you can utilize these summoned creatures. Um, trying to build out the mechanics and thinking behind the mechanics as well as making it make sense for the players. Um, then once we nailed down the specifications, we moved on to the implementation. And I think we spent just as many resources on that um, as building an entirely new job, if not more. <laughs> yeah, definitely believe that. And Me too. It, yeah. It's cool that they talk about um, how how long it took to kind of nail it down. And then that they were thinking about what the mechanics meant in the game, right? Like, okay, yeah. so what does this mean in the fiction? Why does Bahamut give you this? I really love that we kind of get, I mean, we already knew that they I did that. I would love that, to be a fly nice. on the wall. She's like, hey, Oda-san, so like, can we have someone? No, 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 they, they, they can't do that. What are you, are you crazy? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's no. just one of the things though that, makes this game different from so many others. The fact that the literal setting, the aesthetic, the design, the way it fits into the world is just as vital to them as the actual experience played. And while looking at some of these tooltips for Summoner, we were just talking about this before the cast, actually. Yeah. You look at them and you're like, and this one gives you the attribute and then that one favor and then this one. And it's super confusing. 
But as you start to work through it, you're like, oh, wait, I get what they mean in an almost more metaphorical sense about this. Mm -hmm. And then when I play it, I can see because when I hit the thing, button light up, hit that, yeah. that button, can only hit that button so many times until it no light up. And then I'm going to use a different one. <laughs> like, yeah. It's very visual and it makes absolute and that's, sense. And that's how you play Summoner now. Exactly. And that's it. <laughs> that's it. Um, he says, in one of our iterations, we tried playing it, and uh, we were able to call forth summons like Titan, Groot, and Ifrit, but it still felt kind of flat, so to speak, um, and it wasn't as fun as we expected, so we reworked re re it again. Um, we got all of the Ace developers on our battle system team to hash out more ideas to see if we could tweak it and to get, uh, get it to its final form, and that's how we got it to this state that you have in the preview. Um, in the feeling of the gameplay that you feel right now, I believe that we were able to bring out the uniqueness of each of these creatures that you summon, uh, and I'm hoping that players will really enjoy it uh, when it comes out. So, uh, I had to ask a follow-up question. This is something that we yep. have talked about several times, several times on the show. Um, but if someone is still using Bahamut, is Tiamat going to be upset with us? <laughs> like, if, if we're over here and we're just like, oh, Bahamut, like, is Tiamat going like, to come down and be like, hey, chill no. out. Uh, Stop. Yoshida, this is. I always love this because Yoshida, Yoshida knows enough English that he can make out a good chunk of stuff. So as soon as I say yeah. Bahamut and Tiamat, he's just like, oh, yep, okay, here's this mm -hmm. question. <laughs> um, he says, I think we're okay. She won't get angry because the Bahamut that you're summoning um, is a different type uh, from the Bahamut that she knows. So in that respect, um, you know, Ifrit, Groot, and Titan aren't like literally the primals that exist in Eorzea. Otherwise, we'd suck out all the Aether from the planet and that would destroy Hydaelyn. Uh, there is lore behind it. Uh, the powers that were bestowed upon your Eggie is kind of how you're able to summon these creatures. So it's okay. There is lore. Yeah. It's it's fine. Yeah. It will make sense. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into the crazy, you know, I, I need to bring the Nautilus up because you oh. know, I don't wanna look, I don't wanna look spoil at her. things. Look at her, look at her. Yeah. She's just like <laughs> I don't wanna spoil things about Shadowbringers, because you know, this is I guess you'd be watching this if you finish Shadowbringers, but there's a lot of information about creation magic and mm. templates and what la habrea did mm -hmm. and it's like are we is this kind mm. of emulating that power it's really yeah. cool that's a it's a great idea to kind of really tie that back into the story of the game so far the 10-year yes. story of the game and we do know that right supposedly summoning yeah. originated at least the modern version of summoning that we know originated in ancient Alec, which mm -hmm. was literally created by emmet selk like yeah. and you know that summoning practiced there is mm -hmm. an iteration of what would have been the actual art of summoning from the time of the ancients and right. even if it is a smaller less effective form right this idea like you were saying of keeping the templates in um mm -hmm. uh site versus using these kind of infused gems we know that crystal right. gem these different kinds of you know materials within the world have the power to seem to retain imprints or, or ideas right. or memories or all sorts of different things so the idea that yes you could almost infuse some kind of thing with a lesser form that would have those blueprints that then could execute powers that are similar very 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 interesting from a lore right. standpoint absolutely i love also, it also this class was just super fun to play and they nailed it with oh, the revamp <laughs> it's so good like i said we'll blast. talk about job changes but <laughs> so good um, so the next question, um, I asked with Shadowbringers, there's a lot of talk about how you're able to overcome the technical challenges to get the sky to change depending on player progression. And I was wondering if there were any technical challenges that you and the team overcame for Endwalker that you were able to talk about. Um, Yoshida no. says, <laughs> wow. All right. Moving on. Next question. Damn. <laughs> yeah. 
there were technical aspects um, that we did incorporate. Um, I would love to talk about them, but I'm afraid I can't. Uh, I really can't. Uh, what can I say about this? Okay. <laughs> so with the Heidelin and Zodiac Saga coming to a conclusion with Endwalker, it's a culmination of everything that we've been building since forever. Um, and in terms of technical challenges that we uh, had sort of put on ourselves, like we do with Shadowbringers, it's definitely there. Um, I know we explored some means of expression that's unique for Endwalker, and I think that some of the ways that the visuals are depicted, uh, we tried to implement elements of emotional aspects, conveying emotions through some of the visual aspects in Endwalker. Um, we were very uh, particular uh, about this part. I think that's probably about the extent that I could say. Um, and also, yeah. um, he says, the moon is something that we were very torn over. We racked our brains on how do we depict the scenes once we're on the moon. Fundamentally speaking, what is the moon in the realm of Final Fantasy XIV? Um, so those were some of the questions that we asked ourselves when we were trying to develop the look and, uh, and the location. I'm hoping that it's something that our players will be very surprised by once you get to that point. The moon is definitely something to look forward to. I'm pretty sure that most of you are going to be like, wait, what? Really? What? Uh, and I'm hoping that that's the effect. I'm hoping that people will get that. Oh, man. So this I don't is know just, what it means. This is just from one question. Like we, we still get some, some good stuff from this, this next question, but like, I like personally, like I've, I've done a lot of these interviews with, with Yoshida and I, I walked away from this, like with this thought in my head, that's like, he's up to something. Right. Like, like it's the least he's, he's ever said. He is, he is. Well, it, it's not just that. It's how he said not it. Right. Yeah. It's like, yeah. he is getting ready to just blow our minds out of the fucking water. Like he's yeah. just, he is scheming. Like he's got something up his sleeve. Like yep. I've never had that feeling before. So I'm like super excited. Yeah. Um, I mean, he does even have in, swagger this time around. You're right. He does. And even in the presentation that he did at the beginning of the media tour, right. Where he was talking about, uh, you mentioned earlier fusion, you touched on it. The idea of the expansion being larger in scope and how it was going to be bigger and longer and more robust story-wise and all that stuff. But he also said around that same time that they had really been looking for ways to surprise the player mm -hmm. base, to usurp expectations, to do things that were very yeah. different, and that not only for their future story did they want to be extremely creative with it and really push the boundaries of what we expect, but that even in this one, they you know had already tried to do a lot of this and that there were a lot of little details we should pay attention to and listen for and... So, I mean, I feel the same way. I think he's got, they've got something big up their sleeves. I don't know exactly what it's going to be, but there's something, a lot of somethings maybe. Yeah. Um, the next question we asked, um, and we, we talked about this a little bit. Uh, during the presentation, you mentioned that there would be more dungeons that would use trust starting for patch 6.0 onward. Um, and I was curious if that's going to include older content, because there's a lot of content from the beginning of the game up until level 71 when you unlock trust for Shadowbringers, right? He talks about in the presentation, I think we, we might have glanced over this part, but he wants the game to feel more like an RPG. He wants people to be able to get into it without having the stress or anxiety of having a group with people. Um, and so because of that, they want to use trust more. Um, so he says, at this time, I'm afraid that I can only say it'll be in various places that this trust system will be supported. Once Endwalker does release, I want to take the time to talk to the players about what we are envisioning, what our plans are. So I'm afraid I would like to ask you to stand by uh, just a little bit uh, for now. Um, the AI and Gambit, um, which is like their kind of AI system, right? You think 12, right? The actions in 12, yeah. that's what they call their kind of AI behind their, their trusts. Um, that was built into the system previously was only able to be managed by our ace level developers, but we've updated it so that it's more accessible to the other developers, something that's more general use. Um, our designers arranged for the system to be utilized on a larger scale or a more general basis. And we're hopeful that the team will be able to apply these in more places. Um, mm -hmm. Some of the updates that are implemented with the trust system 
um, are, for example, if a tank trust, um, we'll say there's a boss that's about to do an AOE attack, they might be able to cast reprisal or some kind of buff to mitigate damage. Or, um, you know, if the NPC is a DPS before they would have to finish a combo and then evade attacks um, or it would get interrupted and it won't go. Um, but now um, it's been updated so that even if they evade something, they can come back and finish out the combo rotation. Um, or it would try and resume the attack that it was trying to do. So I feel with this new update, it'll give the feeling of playing with other players, and you'll feel that more. Um, I think this will be good news to some of the Dark Knight players. Uh, if you go into a dungeon <laughs> with the Healer Trust, if you cast Living Dead on yourself, the Healer will make sure to heal you to recover your HP. I think that's good for Dark Knight players out there. But yeah, uh, there are many other updates that were made to the Trust system, so we're hoping that the players will be able to see that. So we're not going to be getting yeah. Trust in just dungeons. It, seriously, like we're gonna just have this like crazy <laughs> moment. I think at the end yeah. of six point oh, going into six point one, like yeah. they're planning something huge. And uh, you know, I did the dungeon with trusts, uh, like the first pull on a bunch of different jobs just to get some footage and to feel how it would be. And yeah, I I could say that it was pretty great, honestly. Uh, when I did it on Summoner, I went past the first boss, and I was like, Thancred, you're pulling too slow, buddy." Here, I'm going to help you with a big pull. And he survived, so that was great. Always, always <laughs> yeah. so helpful. Yeah, I and was like, you know what? I'm going to bully him real quick. And he, he survived. It's fine. <laughs> I do see in the chat, and this is something that um, I think is important to mention, is the fact that uh, Yoshida-san himself actually, in that presentation again at the beginning, um, addressed the fact that when talking about something like this, um, the idea of facilitating more ways for a solo play or single player experience in MMOs that many mm -hmm. times he knows that the MMO community expresses an apprehension about, but then why do we have an MMO? You know, if we're not focusing on group content or the ability to play together, why is it even an MMO? And his response to that was, and I actually loved it because mm -hmm. you can tell he loves MMOs and he plays them. And he was like, I've been playing these games forever. <laughs> and he was just saying, I know, and you all know at this point, that there are those people in your lives, those friends that you've wanted to get into this game, that you've wanted to introduce to this, who will not play an MMO because they do not want to play that multiplayer feature, right? They, they might really want to play the story, but they don't have any experience with this genre. They get really nervous about it. They, they don't know what to do with it. They, they want to just be able to do their own thing and not have to worry about other people and still get to experience the story. And he was saying, my hope is that by implementing more tools like this, particularly for content and stuff that pertains to the story that you have to get through to get through the story and all that kind of stuff, will be an open doorway that other people can step through. It will introduce people to an MMO in a way that before they might have thought that door was locked to them. It'll get them into the world and setting to experience it so that at some point they might say, well, you know what? I do actually really love this game. Maybe yeah. I'll Maybe I'll queue in through Duty Finder for a dungeon. Or maybe I'll, maybe I found these friends in this FC that helped me out and I'll play. Or maybe I want to get into role playing. Or maybe I want to do end game raiding because I really like the fights and, you know, I hear people talk about it all the time. So for him, again, he was just talking about facilitating more options mm -hmm. for players in a way that doesn't undermine the game, but rather makes it more accessible across the board for people, even those who don't know MMOs, to go, this is a game for me. And right. I think that's brilliant. Like, it's we are where we way. are right now at 24 million players because of that mentality. And I think we'll only see more because people will try it and realize there's a lot to fall in love with with this game. Mm -hmm. So what you're saying is that trusts are a gateway drug 
MMOs. Definitely. Yeah, sure. And I mean, you know, it's yeah. we, we've seen this, you know, they, they talked about when they introduced trust that, yeah, we had a, a similar system in 11. Um, 11's yeah. trust system is way more open. I mean, you could summon them out in the field. You can take them into whatever mm -hmm. content you want. I mean, it, it essentially allowed people to like solo their way through 11. And so if that's essentially what we're getting in 14, I think that's going to be fantastic for people that, yeah, yeah want to try this out, want to try the story. Um, but, you know, maybe don't want to have to do with other people. Yeah. Um, uh, the other next question um, back in April, and we talked about this on the show. Um, Shuichi Matsuzawa talked about how they are considering upgrading in-game textures, which would be so good. That'd be um, nice. Looking ahead now um, during their presentation, they had this big emphasis on the next 10 years of the game, right? They're wrapping up the first 10 years. They're looking forward to the next 10 years. Um, they're, they're sparing no expense were, were the words uh, that mm -hmm. she said, you know, if you want to like get a, like a Jurassic Park quote in there, spare no expense. <laughs> um, so I asked him if he could talk about that. Um, and if there are Why any is that other the example? Why did you go immediately to Jurassic Park? I'm sorry to interrupt you. Why like, that's all the guy says. He's like, spare no expense. <laughs> like that's that's like his line. That's like the thing. Like, if they were to make a doll of John Hammond, that would and you like yeah. hold the cord, he would say spare no expense. Like that would be You're his right. one. Then you just caused me psychic damage, like the illusionists would. It just I, I don't know why I heard it in my brain. Anyway, I apologize I'm sorry. for nothing. Um, and so I asked if there were any other kind of big uh, graphical or engine updates that um, they are looking into. Uh, Yoshida says, there's nothing that I can say at this time, only because uh, we're concentrating on Endwalker. Um, not the develop, not just the developers, but the players as well. Um, we would love for the players to enjoy the new expansion first. And once that's settled, um, we'd like to take the time to explain what we are looking forward to. Uh, for the next 10 years. I don't want to relay words that could uh, potentially cause people to imagine something that might not be fully accurate. I don't want to just provide words, but I intend on taking some time where I discuss with the players and to get excited with the players and to encourage people to continue to stick with us. I'm sorry, but I'd like to ask you to hold off on that as well. They are planning something. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> they, What's going on? They are really, like... They're I really mean, scheming. Like, no sneak peeks. Yeah. Don't ask that, about the future. That answer makes me think that, yeah, we're going to get into and Walker, like, like he says, we're going to get into it. We're going to experience it. We're going to be like, okay, so that was a great end to this story. Now we're going to see the, the kind of breadcrumbs to the next one. And then they're going to hit us with a giant, you, you know, know like, gonna this do? is what we're going to do for the next they're 10 gonna, years. They're going to throw yeah. us a curveball and be like, Hey, Remember that one time Tanaka's like, yeah, we were just going to like add a door to the Mog House at 11 and you open it and go to Eorzea. They're going to reverse <laughs> that. 6.1, you just go into your house and you open a door. It's like, here's 11. Oh, my the God. The only reason I would like to be able to go back to 11 is to pick up my 50 million gill sitting. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of gill and its many non-uses, nice. uh, we asked about Ishgard housing. We know that it's coming in 6.1, um, and we know that you've mentioned a lottery system, um, and a, but are also going to have a first-come, first-serve type system. Can you tell us a little bit about how that lottery will work, uh, and are there plans to add that system into older housing areas? Um, and he says uh, there will be um, more details during another live letter after the Endwalker release, um, but here's what he can tell us right now. Um, for the system itself and the lottery system, once it's implemented, we're going to allow for certain wards, not single plots, uh, but for the ward to be designated as a lottery ward or as a first come first serve ward. 
the development team or operations team will separate out these different designated areas. So even if there's an existing housing area, um, if there's a particular ward set as a lottery area, whenever a plot becomes available, um, if it's in that ward, it'll be designated for lottery. Um, in addition, uh, the system that is going to allow for the development team to de designate uh, whether a ward can only allow for a free company house versus a personal estate. Um, so we're making it so that we have the system set up so that we can use it in a flexible way depending on the situation. I'm hopeful that this will become a fair system. Um, hopefully it'll meet or exceed expectations of what players were looking for in terms of fairness with a lottery system included. Um, whenever someone moves out, if they happen to be in a ward that's designated as a lottery area, people will have a chance at it. So I'm hoping that uh, I can take some time during a future live letter to go into the details. Um, but rest assured, we are going to address it. So yeah, whether whether or not, uh, I don't know. You know, it's one of those things that'll be nice to have, but obviously like mm -hmm. if it's not in, you know favorable to you, you're going to hate it. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I did want to mention right now what you pointed out to me that on Twitter, Fusion, or oh, what you pointed out in general yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, on yeah, Twitter, yeah. which is that there was discussion of this. And then there was another interview that went out where there was like a slight misinterpretation, I think, that the community kind of just went wild yeah. with, which was the idea that um, the the farming island had been confirmed as instanced housing, which it hasn't. And I'll let you, if you want to yeah, so, share specifically um, what you found. So what happened, I believe it was uh, Mione's interview, right? Not to like just discredit Mione, um, but they asked about Island Sanctuary. Um, and Yoshida talked about how you can kind of customize your island. He says, you know, you'll be able to place down a building. You'll decide um, what kind of materials you want to be able to gather and stuff like that. Um, and a lot of people took that place building and was like private instance housing confirmed and just ran with it. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not what they said. Yes. Yeah. It seems like a large scale community. <laughs> like we got really hyped about this and then yeah. just blasted off. Yeah. Like, you know, it yeah. wasn't any one thing yeah. or one person. It's well, like, and, and, it was and, just yeah. a big <laughs> And it got trickier too, because, um, you know, a couple sentences later, um, you know, Yoshida talks about how housing has, you know, like the garden and furniture as its main thing. Um, the kind of content focus on um, uh, Island Sanctuary is going to be broader than that. And so right. people hear housing and they just, they're crazy. Instance private housing has not been confirmed. It doesn't mean that we may not get that, yeah. but it has not as of now been confirmed. So, and, right. and like, look, I want that. I think that would be fantastic. Yeah. We all want that. Right. We all want yeah. it. Absolutely. You know, Razzlin in the chat, no Animal Crossing. He specifically says it is not Animal Crossing. Oh. Um. So, yeah, just, you yes. know. And yeah. based off the genre of games that they're kind of building this out around, it seems incredibly likely that this building is going to be something like a chicken coop mm -hmm. or a chocobo well, shed. It'll be like a, like a silo. A or a, they, they talked like about animal breeding. It'll be a barn <laughs> or something. Yeah, it's not going to be like a house. Like it's, yeah. they might still add it. It's possible, but. Barn is a house for cows. House yeah, for cows. Yeah. yeah. New instance cow housing, but cow mm -hmm. specific only. Cowsing. <laughs> if you get a cat tree, does that count for Mikote or no? No. <laughs> oh my God. Yes, it does. I'm going to counter this. Yes. Yes, it does. Okay. Well, then we have to get a burrow for the Viera. I feel. I feel like there's a. I feel like there's a joke about like a popato farm now that I could. Yeah. Make, exactly. Like right. A silo for popatos or. If you have if you have giraffes on your exactly. <laughs> on your island, is that instance housing for Ellis? It should be right. It should be. I think so. I'm gonna use it like that. Don't invite me to your island. 
Yeah. Just need so, the tallest trees. That's yeah. your house. Yeah. <laughs> Rest under the tree. Nibble on the tree. There you go. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Yoshida, I mean, obviously across a lot of these interviews, wanted to be careful with what he said, right? Even with us, he said he didn't want to say something that could be taken the wrong way. So I just, right, as somebody that would love instant housing, I just want to be like, that's not what he said. I'm sorry. It hurts me too. But like, yeah, call, calm down. It's going to be yeah. okay. Hope on, have, hopeful dreamers. We're still going to have fun with this expansion, <laughs> but it probably won't have private instance housing on an, on an island where you owe raccoon money. Okay. <laughs> just, I just, they could. It would be hilarious. Um, yeah. All right. So that's it for our interview. Uh, next, we're going to jump in and talk about areas. So, um, for this media tour, we were able to walk around the hub of Old Charlian. We were able to uh, walk around the Charlian. Uh, Charlian. I'm sorry. This is partially. I'm guessing Zen. I don't know, but I'm guessing this is because I have personally taken some recent heat for saying Old Charlian or Old Charlian. <laughs> Wait, it's old. My God, I've messed up so bad. Australian. I had to be so, to be so careful about this in tomato, my lore video. Tomato, tomato. And I did not mess it up in my lore video, and I want to be very clear about that. But on on our podcast previously, a bunch of people were like, "Rook, he was saying it wrong. <laughs> oh it's old. It's not old Charlian. <laughs> it's old Charlian." You know when so, people were saying uh, mechanic or uh, mechanist. what was the other one? The big. Oh man, Astrologian versus well, Machinist. Astrologian. And this yeah. is something actually very funny that I do want to note here that I didn't put in any of my other media tour coverage. But when mm -hmm. Yoshida-san said it in the presentation, oh. Yoshida-san said, Charla uh, uh, the other one, the Charlayan. Charlayan. <laughs> it's hard for me to. Okay, I had to. Yeah. I had to work so hard to correct myself in that long yeah. recording to say "old Charlayan" every time. Now I can't even say it the way I normally did. So, so if if <laughs> Charlayan, Char so, so those that have been watch, uh listening to the show for years now, and and to our eleven show even before that, you'll know um, the first rule of of podcasting and that is as long as you understand what we're talking about it's being pronounced just fine <laughs> yeah yes tomato it's i used to always though. say it old charlion and now i've charlion is how i've been saying it but uh, yoshi p said it charlion yeah. so i want to just be clear about that and it's you and know I it's think... being translated too it's in katakana exactly. it's being it's like yeah, it's, 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 it's funny you, you say that but now i'm going back and thinking about the time we had uh koji pronounce some stuff for us and, yeah. and they 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 basically right. well that mm -hmm. that but but more specifically they, they like messed up uh zamile yeah he's like it's, yeah. it's zay male and then i like after heaven's word came out I'm like i thought this was he's like he's like no i know who did that i know <laughs> like that's not <laughs> well i mean yeah. it is this is something that I think we do need to be aware of in the community, right? I would just personally beg everybody to not be that person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't be that person that goes around yeah. to your friends and to content creators and like, and it's just like these fantasy words you're saying are wrong. <laughs> Fact check. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's just so my silly. mom. This mm -hmm. is so weird. My mom once told me that I was saying my character name wrong. <laughs> I'm like, mom. <laughs> I pronounce this however I want. I made this word up. Come on. <laughs> it's just, it's one of those things where honestly, this game, like, like we were saying, it's translated into so many different regions, like languages, 
the way we even hear things, if you primarily play in English, may be very different than even just the words that are actually used in the Japanese. Like, there is so much that's different, and there are even inconsistencies based off of who was the person in charge of directing the voice actors at any given point in the game. Like, we have, in recent years, had Ishikawa, who, bless this woman, not only writes, like, almost all the major stuff now, but also is the one that sits there with the voice actors, because she was telling us about this during the fan fest, and actually does the job of a voice director directing them through the intentions of her own writing, which is not right. at all something that ever happens in almost any other movie, game, anything. It would be a totally different person. Mm -hmm. So there really is a lot of room for people to say this many ways. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this this entire conversation just has me staring at Aldi's nameplate. I'm like, yep. is it actually Aldi and Knox? <laughs> uh, right, exactly. Oh, man. Oh, man. I've been popping right? through streams. And every once in a while, someone will, someone will say it, and it's a different time each time. And I'm like, yep, you're right. It's true. Yep. You got mm -hmm. it. I literally, I'm not going to lie, Aldi, for the first like <laughs> two months that I was on this podcast with you, I just avoided ever saying yeah. your name because there was <laughs> one time that I said Alfino instead of Alvin. <laughs> and I was so deeply ashamed of myself that I was like, I will never use his name ever again. You know, so I can never. You're not the only up. one who does that, though. Yeah, it happens. And, you know, it's funny because I didn't even know who. Alphino was because I left for 1.0 and I came back and I made the name and then I got into the game and then you meet the twins and I was like, oh, well, I guess that's close, but it's uh, like, it'll be it's fine. It's like this dude stole my name. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what? I just made that up. I made up some nonsense because I was like, I'm going to play an Elizin, so I'm going to follow those naming rules. What, what the hell? Louis Swa? All right, I'll figure it out. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> People... E's. E's have so many ways to be pronounced. Yeah. Xenadra is very, very common. Mm -hmm. I just, I'm just like, it's fine. I don't care. It's gotta, be, normally, it's normally... gotta be Zenidra though. Xenadra sounds like something I'd get over the counter. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm not normally one of those people who corrects people because I also hate being corrected over stuff that does not matter. Right. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but we have had so many people be like, you guys know it's Charlie. And I just thought it'd be funny to throw it in. No, I agree yeah. with you. It, I knew exactly immediately that yeah. you were referring to various comments. And look, we love you all very much. Love you all very much. But I do want to say I did specifically listen to the way that Yoshizan said it. And I had a moment where while I was muted during the media tour, I went, ha ha! <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> Good thing you weren't on camera for that part. You're just like fist, you know, fist punch in the air. You're like, yeah. Your partner kicks in the door. What's wrong? I finally learned how to pronounce it. <laughs> well, it's just like. We've definitely heard it said Charlian in a lot of recent English stuff as well. But when he said Charlian, and of yeah. course it's all in Japanese, but when he said Charlian, it immediately jumped out. And I was, that was the only thing that made me sad that we couldn't actually record the presentation because yeah. I was yeah. like, I just want this one second so that I can play it over and over <laughs> all the time. You didn't see just it. Rook actually gets up, puts her leg up on the, the guest bed behind her, has this giant flag that says Rook was right. She's like, yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Yes, anyway. Uh, Be nice to your friends about pronunciation. It's not that important. Tomato, yeah. tomato, tomato. As long as you know what we're talking about, it's fine. I mean, if you're if you're in like a, a deep dive lore discussion or maybe pronounce sure. it correctly, but you know. Yeah. Um, Charlemald, so first... whatever. Go on. Charlemald. Mm -hmm. Charlemald. Is, is that what it's called <laughs> after the rejoining? Charlemald? Yeah. <laughs> Oldania. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's pretty cool. I'd be down for that. Yeah. That's good. They work pretty well. <laughs> Limsa Loldani. Uh... Right. We were talking about zones, correct? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. We got so far into it. You said two words and we immediately derailed everything. It sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, I just so leave a picture of Fusion's face when I said Charlie, and he was like, excuse me, madam? <laughs> That's very good. Then are you really going to do this to me right now on this podcast? <laughs> How dare. How very um, dare. Yeah, so, so old, old Char- Charlion. <laughs> old Shribbles. Old Shribbles. <laughs> old Shribbles. <laughs> Old Shribbles sounds like, sounds like some kind of weird like skin disease. Oh, you're walking a little funny, Paul. You all right there? I got a case of the old Shribbles. <laughs> How did this happen? Sharbly marbly. I, I blame all of you for everything. You're um, fair. <laughs> so yeah, uh, so old Charlene got to walk around. Um, obviously, this is going to be one of the new big hubs um, in and Walker um, next to uh, Rosset Han. So um, it was really cool. <laughs> What? Uh, Chris in chat said, "Just call it New Amarat." <laughs> yeah. There we go. I mean, but but there might be another Amarat city though, so that might also be new newer Amarat. I don't. Middle middle middle, middle Amarat. Yeah. The, the newest of all the Amarat. And then Ali say went to 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 the newest Amarat, and it was just right. <laughs> oh my god. Uh. Ah. Old Charlie. Ali say in the yeah. three Amarats. Um <laughs> So yeah, um this was really cool. Um being able to like walk into the uh the forum was really cool being able to stand in the the middle of the uh the Nautilus. Um it's it's so funny because like everywhere I've seen everybody that's done coverage <laughs> of this is like I'm going to stand right in the middle and I'm going to take a right. screenshot and that's <laughs> that's this area <laughs> which was just I don't it's funny. I okay, look. As somebody who did not necessarily do that and instead looked at everything down to the aforementioned sandwich in obsessive detail for a lore video that I did. I want to just say that even just saying like the words, this area is beautiful, does not even encapsulate what in the what you're about Mm -hmm. to experience in Old Charlian. Because I, holy butts, everyone. This city, (laughs) holy so many butts. It's incredible. The amount of detail from the literal just architectural details, the carvings in the buildings, down to the tile work on the floor, down to the every single historical reference of buildings and structures and forms. And like, it's just unbelievable. I was almost upset that they put us in Old Charlie in first because I, they dropped us in there and I went, well, now I'm going to be here for four hours and I only <laughs> have eight. So <laughs> it's, you it's can like go into knew. almost, seriously, you can go into almost every building. This is one of the only city hubs Ooh. that I can think of where you can actually just walk up to a door and probably 80% of them will just open to you, which is such a liberating, immersive feeling. And in those different buildings, there are so many nods to current existing lore in the game. There's so many nods to, there's a Baldessian annex. There's like all Mm -hmm. this stuff that's bringing together almost every mention of Charlene that we've had in their homeland, in their home city, in the nation of old Charlene. And it is just a feast for like, those of you who love diving into the lore of places or who are just really are going to notice those artistic details, it's incredible. There's also Rugidens as far as the eye can see, which is another gift. 
There's a lot of L's in. I'm sure you appreciated that. Aldi and No, also another <laughs> gift. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> there's just so much. There's so much. It's yeah. unbelievable. It was really cool walking I remember, around. Mm-hmm. I just remember um, us getting together to like sort of shove everything together and decide what we were going to use from uh, everything that everybody had taken uh, media-wise. And uh, Rook being like, hey, do you want to see Charlene? And I'm like, no, I really don't want to be spoiled. And she starts walking around. I'm just like, I guess I'm watching this now. It's so pretty. Oh, it's so pretty. <laughs> so like, I was no, like, I don't no, want to don't see show anything. me. I was like, Zed, if you really don't want to say anything, tell me right now and I'll stop. And Zed was like. <clears throat> There's a good man from Glenn. Yeah, was. yeah, I, I did see that. Um, is yeah, the market, the market board, board. In, by the eighth right? I did not see the market board. Yeah, I think it did. I, I don't think it was spawned, but if I remember correctly, if you're walking up to the eighth right and you go right, there's a bunch of markets over there. I there, don't, yeah, and was there, there a market board calls. in the oh, what the hell is it called? The benchmark, and we see them in the benchmark. Yes. Yeah, I don't do. know if that's accurate, um, yeah. but they they weren't in. Uh, in our preview build. I did mm-hmm. see what appeared to be a hunt board in the Baldessian annex, but okay. it wasn't active or interactable, right? So it could yeah. have just been a different board, but it looked like many of the other interfaces I, for yeah. hunt I boards. I would fully expect the Baldessian annex to be um, our, like, Charlene hub for Headquarters. Quest. Like, yeah. like I just, just the fact that it's like this little building, the music is different in here. Like I, I expect to like go in the back room and see Hancock from Kugane. Like it's that kind <laughs> of like feeling that I was getting from it. Like this is going to be like where we, where we start off in, in, in Charlene. Um, let's see what there was. I mean, it was such a cool zone. There's so much. To go. I mean, um, okay. There, I guess first and foremost, the whole city is built on, on like an, a slope. Right. Mm-hmm. So I had some people ask about, you know, is this city as difficult to navigate as the Crystarium? <laughs> right. <laughs> and I will say that although there is a sense of elevation, um, it is it progresses from the actual lowest sort of elevation down at the um, the Scholars Harbor up to the very top, the seat of the Rostra, which is where the form meets that we saw in the trailer, where Ishtola drops the mic and then saunters out like the queen that she is. Like... So the entire thing kind of works on this slope and then it's broken into three major districts. So you've got kind of like the academic sort of area that's like a college campus. You've got the main hub in the middle and then you've got um, the... All I could think about now is you say college campus. Side. I'm like, yeah, if you go over here, you got the quad. You go over here. You... <laughs> it's I mean, straight yeah. up is though. It's they true have though. Yeah. Yeah. Tranquility is like an open green space and there are two different buildings in there. The Monopteros, there's a silent one and then a spoken one, which I'm guessing one of which is for students who want like quiet studies while outside and the other one is for those who want to discuss between classes. And then you have the library and the actual like educational building. So like the far west is just a college campus. The middle is the main hub of the city that leads up to the top of the political seat and then the far right is the residential district where the Leveilleur estate is. And it's like, it's very easy to navigate. They've reworked the Aetherite system as well. So if you take it, it will now actually show you on the map where the name of the place is and what Mm -hmm. it is, which is Mm -hmm. really helpful. So even though it might be one of our biggest, most interactive maps, I think it is very easy to navigate and it Mm -hmm. still feels dynamic and like it has depth, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, someone asked in in the chat, I believe it was Resilon. Uh, Will there be sightseeing spots like Kugane or a, a jumping puzzle? Now, I know I remember seeing some like uh, little uh, spokes off of a building somewhere. And I was like, that looks weird. I don't know if that's a jumping puzzle or not, but it could be. 
Yeah. Oh. Um, there definitely weren't any like active uh, sightseeing yeah. spots um, in, in any of the maps that we saw. In so the build, yeah. I, I think it's it's likely that there probably will be some. Yeah. That'd be my just, guess. And if not, if not there, then maybe it rods at Han, which yeah. I think we're kind of assuming might be the secondary city hub. Yeah. Um, we didn't get to see that. We just got to see the gate leading up to it. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, that one feels like it has a lot of dynamic layers in it because yeah. we've seen that kind of preview. Whereas Charlene was a little bit more spread out in a way that i think there might be something but it didn't i didn't see a thing that i went Uh, like that's what you'd climb up on you know (laughs) yeah um someone asked if uh mm -hmm. you guys counted if there were 99 seats in the forum (laughs) i did not i I did not count i i did check though and i was a little i was a little upset the the seats are pretty pushed in um can't sit in them so i don't they're I don't, not in I, session i don't think well, <laughs> of course they're right pushed but but like what if i want to role play like a model un with like 98 friends and i want to sit in those chairs i was gonna say you're not actually one of the forms so you can't put your butt in it but role playing makes all things possible so <laughs> <laughs> i okay i have not actually counted that there are 99 seats i've been meaning to i need to but getting through the actual media tour itself was pretty wild yeah i do believe that somebody said Oh, I wish I had these actually in front of me, these these numbers in front of me. I thought somebody said that there might be down in the inner ring 12 seats, which would correlate to the 12 archons that originally mm. were part of the founder Nunecrepson's party that um, went out and saved people from the flood, the calamity, and then came back and founded Charlian. Um, and that would likely also be where the daddy, daddy stink face, <laughs> yeah, the 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 it's first part of that it's uh seven chairs. It's seven, seven. in the base right. in the base area? Yeah, yeah, that first the little little loop there is seven, yeah. Oh, Can you oh jump you're on just them? talking about up top like the the ring. There's seven like a well, set of seven like in the, then... in the in the middle. There's like a little bit and then it continues to spiral. So that first mm-hmm. little chunk is seven. And then the Take the it. next bit is definitely more than 12. So. Okay. Yeah. Numbers and Nautiluses, please look forward to yeah. it. Rose yeah. working on her thesis. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I am. <laughs> we think we're joking. We're not joking. Coming. Oh, uh, it's coming. Coming. Yeah. Um. I mean, what else? What else is there we can say? Um, about the music. The music. Oh, music so, is so good. I was really mm-hmm. surprised. Um, with the night theme. Um, traditionally, um, with 14, they've used piano, um, for their nighttime themes. This used acoustic guitar and it was fantastic. The, I I cannot tell you how much I've just like had like some of the capture I had that had this piece of music in it. I would just loop it as I was working on some of this stuff. It's so good. It's so good. I love it. Um, and then of course, you know, sun rises and then you get like this chorus that pops in and you're just like what is going on like it's it's such a great soundtrack um, it's glorious I, it's soaring but it's not it's not like something that you get sick of hearing over and over and over you know what i mean it's just understated it's like, enough like, it's like ambient peacefulness mm-hmm. with these little moments where it just like takes off i mean honestly this city just has so much to explore and i think that's the thing that really like more than anything, that's the thing that really got me. Um, mm. For those of you who've been interested in the actual library that we've seen in the trailers where Graha seems to be accessing what we would assume would be forbidden Archon tomes down in the bottom, um, that library, which is called the Numenon, 
which has some very fascinating lore around it, which I did. Every time I read that name, (laughs) all I can think about in my head is do, 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 do. A Numa Nan. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Um, thinking Numa, Numa, Nan, Numa, 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 Nan. Oh my goodness. Mm, Numenon is really interesting. Numenon is um, a word, I believe, of Greek origins that actually ties into the philosopher Kant's beliefs about transcendental idealism. But mm. it's essentially um, a an event or a thing that exists that we ourselves cannot perceive with our own faculties. So like... It's something like we cannot hear it, see it, taste it, feel it. It's beyond what we as like mortal beings know of, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that it's not out there and it doesn't exist. That's right. what noumenon means. And the I think it's really appropriate for the idea of a library, which is, I mean, fantastic. And there's some bigger connotations with it in that philosophy. But um, I just want to say that when you walk into that building and also the studium, just get ready for your just oh. pants to blow off I, your body. Yep. Your whole, I, all, I every really clothing love, item on you is going to explode. I really love the, uh, <laughs> the, the studium in particular. Um, obviously, yeah. right, things are, you know, in development, subject to change. Um, I ran into a very subject to change issue um, when I went, right? The problem with, with doing any capture, right, for an event like this is you have X amount of time. And so you say, okay, here's my list of things that I want to get. Um, I, maybe I have an order for it. Maybe I don't. So when I decided, okay, I'm going to go and capture some footage of Charlotte. And yeah, it was nighttime, you know, all the mm-hmm. comments, oh, how'd you do this at night? Yeah, whatever. But it was also snowing <laughs> and the box for the weather hadn't been like properly like clipped or whatever. So it was snowing inside the studio. <laughs> mm-hmm. So like I'm going around and like, I can't use, I mean, I technically I could use this footage, but like, I'm not going to show snowing in the studio. Um, yeah. It was really cool going around to all the side rooms and you basically get to see um like areas of like expertise and stuff like there's a, a like a corner for like astrology there's one for like botany mm-hmm. um there's one for like uh, you know either fisher or like oceanographer or something like that like it was really cool kind of seeing that um and i think like that's definitely we're gonna get some some quests over there yeah for sure for, for gatherers and stuff like that so oh, yeah. um yeah it was really oh, cool yeah. i love seeing that um the library was cool i wish we could have gone like up and down some levels in the library um but maybe there's a, a quest um one of the the buildings i thought was really cool um which is actually like one of the first that i, I stumbled into after being at the uh the aetherite plaza was the confluence which is where they make aetherites uh, yeah. which i thought was like super cool um that's actually if you look at our job coverage um we have uh pictures of uh, uh, uh here in all of the af is actually taken in the confluence um yeah so, yeah, I mean, that was a really cool area, just, you know, seeing that stuff. There's a lot of cool things here to see. So, um, yeah. Actually, oh, my gosh, I see a question in the chat, which we might even get to when we get to Garlemald. Chris asking, can you explain Aetherites being in Garlemald? We actually did discuss this on, on my stream for, for media tour stuff. It appears as though the Aetherites have been mechanically modified, which I didn't catch when I was doing my Garlemald lore video, and I am so angry, but... It is, um, they have, like, the crystal at the top is semi-shattered, and there is this strange mechanical interface that's been put into it. And then when you get up close, there are these metal rods that are poking through it, and then it's inset into this kind of technological thing. So, we don't know yet, we have no idea, but it appears as though they have modified Aetherite technology to be usable, perhaps, with some other kind of interface that would allow them to. 
either that or the fact that there are many people that now compose the Garlean Empire. We see many other like traditional methods of movement, like trains, cars, stuff yeah. that they've had to develop because likely many just normal people, like you said, can't make use of this. Um, but if you have the right technology, perhaps you can, or if you're also right. one of the different races that's been folded into the Garlean Empire, you would be able to use this or come in for meetings or for trade or stuff like that. Yeah, I would, yeah. I would definitely be inclined to believe the latter. I mean, it's, you know, it's like the same, it's like, I found Garlean soldiers, they casted magic, what the hell? Like, it's because they've taken up, yeah. like, the entire the planet. Like, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I saw, oh, there was a message somewhere, where did it go? Mm. Give me a minute. It was. It wasn't too long ago. Uh, oh, Sineth, uh, was there a radio station in the confluence? No, and I'm going to personally write a letter to Odasan asking about <laughs> why there was not uh, a a Aetherite radio in the uh, the confluence. Uh, I see. Maybe. Oh, guys, we might be the bad guys. What if that Aetherite well, there... that's been changed is an Aetherite <laughs> radio? doesn't make us the bad guys that just makes us a piece of technology that the garleans mm. made we have no moral now, prescription now, so <laughs> so there there was a basement in the confluence that was roped off there might be one down there sure um, i'll have to uh, oh, you yeah. know see if i can uh, you know message uh, oh my god I, I really want it to be that now i want them to be using that like the ride for like transferring radio with <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's just like a uh, like the little mini orchestrion with just like an aetherite crystal like shoved into it. Like we immediately changed the aetherite radio logo. <laughs> it looks like this. <laughs> yeah. This is what it is. Oh man. I just changed <laughs> it. Um <laughs> All right. So I think is there anything else we want to mention about old uh, old Charland before we move on? Um, um one thing no, is go the... look at those videos. Oh yes, go look at the videos because I think <laughs> yes. that's really gonna say more than we could. Um the Levayer estate was one of the few places where you actually couldn't go into any rooms. Sorry, we have somebody that's just like street racing outside our house. If it was very loud, I apologize. Sometimes you just got a street race. I get it. Sometimes you just gotta go. Gotta go fast. Um, this a scholar ran by using the new ability yeah, outside of our exactly. house. So, um, so it's really noisy. <laughs> it's really noisy. You'd be surprised. Um, you, you couldn't go into any of the rooms in the Levayer estate which was one of the only buildings you couldn't do anything else mm. in, mm -hmm. which made me wonder if either they just were keeping those blocked off because there's just stuff to find there, or if it's going to be something kind of like, um, oh, what is it? The the Ruby Exchange? Yeah. yeah. In, yeah. It, I, know, that's the, the vibe that like I got. like a room you instanced into. Yeah, yeah. That'll, that'll like a thousand percent be a cutscene room where we go and, you know, you'll have old old grumpy, you know, daddy lovely or be like, oh, why are you guys here? I don't like you. I don't like my kids. Life sucks. Ugh. And then we'll just like. I really, I really want him to him turn around and be like, bad stuff was happening, happening in Charlemagne. So I made sure my kids didn't come home. Yeah. I know, but I mean, unfortunately, what I did find while I was doing a lot of research about the Levayer family oh, no. that oh. he, even he and Louis Swa really had a lot mm -hmm. of. Friction. Well, yeah. yeah. And that like. Louis Swa doing the things that his kids have done, you know, going out and interfering in the world led to them almost just not speaking to each other. So part of me is like, I can only imagine, I can only imagine that there must be something else going on. But another part of me is also like, this is truly a man that I believe has prejudice about, like, the fact that his family, whether it comes from a place of fear or not, but has this, this very negative reaction to his family breaking what he considers to be incredibly important guiding principles not only for the nation of Charlene itself that it was founded on you know mm -hmm. not intervening in other nations 
um, you know, using knowledge as the supreme reason to navigate, uh, not interacting in war in any way, shape, or form. Like, those are all things that Charlie and were, they were founded on in response to previous calamities. So he seems to be, he's a part of that conservative faction, and his beliefs do seem to truly clash with theirs. So, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Chris in the chat asking, how do you imagine the twins' bedrooms? So, um, Aldi knows is, is probably, you know, fairly quaint. It's Aldi got a knows? Nice desk. I'll do, oh, Jesus, did I just say that? <laughs> yeah, you did. Yes. <laughs> Such devastation oh. was not my intention. Something oh. 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 happened. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So, um, that's... Uh -huh. Yeah, okay. but how do, you, how do you imagine Alpha Noah's room? Honestly, the my same room is, is yours. Just the moon. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's probably, you know, Quinn's got a little desk. It, you know, probably has a, you know, a shelf or two of, of some tomes, right? Alice A's is probably like a mess, but she knows where everything is. And if you clean it, she'll never be able to find anything. Um, <laughs> that having been said, after the latest patch, Alphino's room is now a home office. And Alice A's room is reluctantly a craft room for mom. <laughs> yeah. I can see it. I can see it. They've already converted it. <laughs> I'm still convinced that they're going to get there. That's the, they're gonna see, get to that's the real reason. That's the real reason. He's like, you guys are disowned. Finally, I can get my home office. <laughs> oh, I feel like we're going to get to Charlian and um, they're going to get there. And their mom's going to be like, my idiot of a husband said some things last time. <laughs> and I do not stand by that. Right. Disown our children. Can we yeah, get a cutscene? Can do? we get a cutscene uh -huh. where she just like slaps him? Can we just, or, or anybody, can anybody just, sure. I want a cutscene where he just like, give us the option. Like, we're getting so yeah. much Gundam Let that, us that punch we him. need, we need a correction punch, just like Captain Bright used to do. It's just a correction punch. Don't worry about it. It happens in Gundam. It's the way that it goes, usually to the protagonist, but this time we'll take, it'll be an exception. There you go. Don't worry about it. Um, okay, so let's move on uh, to Garlemald or Charlemald or whatever <laughs> this, this place is. Um, that one place. Yeah, it was. I I thought this Grab was a really interesting area. Um, the the cool. things that that stood out to me. Um, I think the the, the big one was the uh, the playground. Like there's like this yeah. little oh, like, yes. park. It's got I mean, like yeah. some swings and a slide, and it's like right next. It's like first off, it's on the out. It's like on the city's edge. So if there's like monsters in this area, let the children play over around the outskirts of town where the monsters are. Solid <laughs> planning, city council. Um, but like, oh, but I mean, no, 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 I'm gonna, you know, no, 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 I'm gonna counteract that because okay. you were making a funny joke, which is valid. But <laughs> oh, funny also, jokes are always valid. <laughs> it's very valid, but actually, the location makes absolute sense because one of the major subway lines, which we find out from the Aetherite that actually you recommended that I go to. Thanks for the tip, Fusion. Um, <laughs> from the Aetherite itself, right? The subway system is down there. You presumably would be somebody who was either coming in from the city or that was, you know, uh, you're trying to get some place of note. So, you know, you use that sort of subway system, you come up through that, and right outside of it is where the welcome center with the children's playground is. So it actually is a perfect, like, anybody coming in new to the city or anybody, like, you know, trying to bring their kids to a park or something, you literally just take that subway line, emerge up, cross the street, and there you have this welcome plaza where you have things like the signs that are navigating the park, the benches, you have the children's playset, you have this, like, pond of water. It actually is perfect urban planning. So I okay. just want to say okay. that. They're probably <laughs> I would like to apologize to any there. urban planners out there. Normally, I'm sure they have 
just leagues of guards, maybe some sort of shield system. You know, they got all that technology junk, and it's, it's not there. Did you say right technology? Now. Yeah, technology junk. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was really cool um, to see that. I also love the train stuff. Um, you know, there's been talk about how you know Garlemald uses trains for a while now, right? We've had the the Doom train station and stuff in um, in the was that Meridiana, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and so to actually see like trains in like a subway station was really cool. Um, yeah. To then see the trains there and to see people like sheltering in them was a little like oh okay I just. I'm like, choo-choo, I want to ride the choo-choo. And it's like, no, sorry, we're living in this because Civil War. Oh. Yeah. Not, not bad. Uh-oh. Sorry. Um, cars parked outside the train station, which was super weird. The cars look super weird. Um, I mean, scale-wise, they probably work, but it's very odd. Um, I will say, my I did have a gripe with this zone. Mm. Um, and that was the scale. Um, it is the same issue that I have had for a few expansions now, right? Going back to, you know, Stormblood, when you're doing the, uh, was it the, the you're in the peaks and it's like, oh, okay, we're going to send the, the squad up to the tower and the tower explodes and you look at it from like on the map, you're flying around it with your mountain, you're like, how'd you get a whole squad in this little tower? Like, this isn't, that's yeah. not right. Um, <laughs> and so it's that idea of like, you can't, they, they can't make an entire wrecked city on this map and because of that it does feel kind of small like i get that there are limitations right obviously but um just yeah in your mind imagine that the rest of it is so wrecked it's not existing anymore well see that that's that's where they can kind of save themselves right because you have this giant tower maybe there's a whole bunch of other stuff on the other side of that tower um but what we're exposed to seems kind of small you know in terms of scale and i I, Mm -hmm. i get it Right, but small I think that was that, that was really the only gripe I had from like this entire small? preview. Carlos Small, yeah, I, I do agree with you, definitely. In the sense that what I was expecting to be some sort of just like absolutely massive metropolis did feel relatively small in comparison. Granted, this is something they pull constantly with different large scale cityscapes like this, likely because they are just very difficult to actually realize or render. Yeah. Um, but also because, you know, it, we'll get a lot of things where, like, the interactable square footage you have, think Kugane, right, is mm-hmm. this very small sliver, and then, like, there's all the rest of the really cool city stuff you'd want to <laughs> see behind it, which is, again, another similar visual trick that they've pulled here with Garlemald. And I do think that they did some of this to try and work in some of the larger existing lore that it, that is in the game for the Garlean Empire, namely things like... Um, Cerulea Ingend, which is like the big, it's, it translates to vast blue, right? Which if you look at that, that whole portion of the map appears to be kind of like a frozen underground Ceruleum ocean. And there's even mm-hmm. like a pump jack there that's, you know, drawing it up. And we know that Ceruleum has been crucial to enabling this otherwise like non-resource plentiful region, non-magically gifted peoples to be able to create everything that they have. And you even get to like the country estates, which have been mentioned before in tandem right. with the imperial family as being something that the nobility and or the high ranking um, pure blooded or, you know, imperial royal line have out in the country outside. And then you've got, you know, like there's all these little things that are actually great references. But all of that said, I think they were trying to give you a real a better snippet of of the Garleans overall 
But mm-hmm. I almost kind of wish that they had done something really, really advantageous with this zone in that they made the entire zone just different parts of a city. And yeah. like, you know, like you go in and to have a zone that was like that, because we usually see some kind of like natural wilderness. All the cars going by my apartment today. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, you know, normally it's some kind of like big natural wilderness with like little bits of, you know, rubble or buildings or things. But I think it could have been an incredibly amazing opportunity to make an entire map that was just like different districts of a city and different parts of the city and all these things you could go into and you could just see the burning husk of. So I actually loved the zone. I thought the atmosphere, the art direction, everything nailed it. But I think they could have taken it even further and really done something with that. And the the really, Um, you know, what kind of makes that issue of scale even worse, too, is like you have two train stations. Mm-hmm. For like this tiny, like people are taking a train, to get, people are driving cars. The city is like yeah. five square blocks. Like, why are people? Why do yeah. people have cars? Can they not walk a few blocks? Like, what? <laughs> it just it feels so I mean, strange. You know. There's this giant like highway that comes from you know the corner of the zone, like up to the the thing, and you're like, I, they have quite a, a bit of like roads and infrastructure here for such a small city. <laughs> like, what the heck is well, going on? My imagining is just that there would be more on the other side of gotta the be. castle. There's, right yeah. but there we just can't go over there um because the castle's humongous oh yeah. my goodness like what is that um and maybe you know there's a lot of the city that has been repurposed into that giant tower of whatever the crap that is um yeah you know. i mean we can we can look up a little bit like so mm-hmm. the the tower itself is like elevated and so there's this kind of like plateau that it's sitting on that's raised above everything else and there's some buildings on top of that as well so yeah. if we can get like i'm i'm sure that somehow it kind of just blah, like out of the, the yeah. middle of the city or something. So theoretically, yeah, there should be more city. Um, but what we are presented with, um, yes. it's just, it's, it's, I think the other issue with it too, is we've been seeing bits of Garlemald for a while now. Sure. Um, yeah. right. You know, we'll, we'll have, you know, after, after a patch, right. We get through the MSQ and they're like, okay, here's like a, like a, you know, here's a street corner in Garlemald where some people are talking mm-hmm. about stuff. And it's like, cool, we're finally going to go to go. It looks nothing like that. <laughs> yeah. And so that, like, yeah. that's kind of a bummer. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. narratively, right, it'll make sense. But um, to have yeah. this idea in our head, like, to be shown, this is what Garlemald looks like. And then for us to be able to go there and it be nothing like that. It's kind of like, oh, oh, okay. Sure. Yeah, see, that's my imagining is that something really strange is happening. And the tower is repurposing buildings to build its bulk. Because where did that material come from? From the actual city being configured in this mad, dark magic into this big tower of horribleness, right? So, like, to me, that's what I thought. That's immediately what I thought. It's like, yeah, it was a bigger city, but it's been just absorbed until you get to the outskirts, right? Mm -hmm. Because that castle was not like that. No way. Uh Uh-uh. Like, there's no way. You can't build that. No. Um, watch me yeah exactly but uh there was one note uh about the the playground that i wanted to say so the name of that place is forum solius right that's what it says on the map mm-hmm. um and that is like forum of course is a forum is a gathering place solius is the possessive form of alone so of the alone so it's the forum of the alone or the gathering place of the lonely or like what does that mean what right this was my speculation, yeah. which is in my 
Not yeah. yet. Soon to be released. Oh, I knew you knew. I knew you would know it. You're gonna get a little. You're gonna get a little preview. Yeah. This is my speculation. I believe it's one of the few locations in the city that was retroactively named. Sure. Because my first thought, I noticed the same thing as you. Yeah. And my first thought was that they were saying it was the sole form in the city, right. the only public yeah. form, which. A form for anybody who doesn't know in ancient Rome, which is what a lot of the Garlean Empire was based off of, um, is like a public gathering place and speaking place where you all get together um, and or people can, you know, share political ideas or, you know, try to make change in their communities um, and, you know, put forth their own theories to be shared. Um, it's also just in a term, a loose gathering place where yeah. you know, people would exchange or people would have fun or things like that. So um, my thought was that initially it must be the only form in the city, but it's mm -hmm. not because we yeah. also have the form patents on the opposite side of the city itself. So my next thought was that just given the actual context of it, perhaps it's something that people have started to refer to as the lonely form. Because mm -hmm. like, as you walk through it, it is, it, it is, it's desolate, right? This is a public space made for people in which no people remain to enjoy. It's a place that is haunted almost. Like it was one of the most memorable parts of this map for right. me as well because of the incredible design that they did and the way you move through it and navigate through it to where that final look that you have is that you turn and there are those empty swing sets that are offset in the background by this massive, gnarly, mm -hmm. oppressive, vicious tower. And I think it is kind of a reminder that there, even in this nation that is known so much for its, you know, crushing of other nations, its imperialism, its domineering presence, that there were still innocents. And while, I mean, I can't be sure, there could be other lore tied to this. My mm -hmm. thought is that that location is something that specifically is just how it is referred to now, but is not actually perhaps the original name of the form. Right. So, Random theory. So, okay. Mm -hmm. um, so because it does have the swings there, it's, I, I, I didn't get to see it really. Uh, right. Maybe this is particularly the district where they sort of take the orphans that they conscript. Uh, and if that that's the case, that's sort of the, the area for the orphans to hang yeah. out, grow up, be normal people for a little bit before they completely brainwash them. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't that, know. I don't I don't know that name that, yeah. though, the, the, like the, the no 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 listen 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 listen. listen. The, the reference, the reference, the the soliest thing, the 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 gathering point of the lonely really fits with that to me because yeah, their families are gone. I agree. Absolutely. I think thematically in that sense, it works. The only thing that to me would maybe make me not think that is it's positioning in the city, right? Because okay. we know that non-Garlean children, I mean, depending on if you mean like Garlean children who have been orphaned in the war, like actual no. pure-blooded Garleans. No. Okay. No, I mean like they, they went somewhere else picked up yeah. children that yeah. they were going to conscript into the army. Yes. Um, it's such a, where this park is located in the city, it is truly like a, gosh, I think of here in Chicago, right? I think of um, Millennium Park. It's the where bean. It is, it's the bean. This, form, is like this, this playground is the bean. <laughs> I mean, really though, it's placed in a position where people coming into the city in the heart of the city literally off the main lines all come in it's a public space that's open and the rest of the city is all around it um it has all these like little like helpful tour maps in it mm -hmm. where you can almost like see the directory of all the areas in the mm -hmm. park whereas right. we know that non-garleans are considered to not even have 
like civilian status within the empire unless they conscript into the military and earn it in specific ways. So my thought would be that they would not allow non-Garlean, I mean, not that, I mean, I'm sure maybe there are some that come in there, but to have like a public space that would be solely dedicated to like orphans of their own regime in like such a prominent part of the city would feel very strange to me, especially when they don't even consider them to actually be of the same equivalent of status as any of the other children that would be playing there, if that makes sense. I'd imagine if there was like a really pathetic, sad playground yeah. way off that had like a chain link fence around it. I feel, I feel like any anywhere that you're going to take conscripted children, it's going to be a big house up on a hill with nothing else around it. And yes. it's like a big gate. It's also okay, very possible that Soleus is just a name, like yeah, a name of a man yeah. that yeah, they like, be. you know, that built this forum. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> they could they could be changing it in Garlean to be the possessive form of, of Solus, right? So it's mm -hmm. Solus's forum because he was, you know, yeah, yeah. big daddy Garlean. Yeah. So I mean, you know, if uh, on the flip side, if it is for more of uh, actual Garlean uh, sent people, uh, maybe they're playing up the whole like boohoo, we were totally like sent out of our homeland because we couldn't do magic and stuff. We are the lonely. We are the lost. That's true. You know what? Actually, that that's a really good idea. I didn't even think about that. The idea of like. Yeah, maybe it being something about how, I don't know, we were all shunned. We were lonely. So now this is a place where you can not do that. <laughs> you can all find your own. You can all join together and find your own happiness. See, I, you, mm -hmm. know, you talk about... There's swings uh, here. You have to be you happy on swings. talk about this, but then you talk about the other forum. My mind goes to um, the idea of a government that's not working for the people. Right? Mm -hmm. You go to the other forum. That's where everything really happens, right? Yeah, and sure. it shuts out the public and then yeah. the public gathers in this other spot. That's that's what I think of. But it is it's it's very the whole city itself has a lot of very unique details. And I actually really love that they were thinking like, hey, in this world, a race that can't use magic, what are we going to draw as a metaphor? And so to take our own actual humanity, a race that can't use magic and then look at the ways that we ourselves have overcome the lack of a fantastical otherworldly ability to innovate and create technology. Mm -hmm. They built Garlemald upon the blueprints of our own technological evolution with ceruleum being a stand-in analogy for oil, right? Mm -hmm. And like this technology that oil has enabled down to all the things the lore book tells us that they use it for, right. which is pretty fascinating. Um, so you see this very similar city thing but then with the ancient Rome influence. And that other forum is supposed to be like an open public forum. But that form is also close. This is a uh, forum patents, I think, mm. on the other side. I don't have it in front of me right now, sorry. Um, which is supposed to be an open form where the people can bring their own concerns. But then only, you know, like a mile or something, or however long we want to think about it, because I assume the actual city scope in reality would be larger than what we see across, in the game. Literally you across know. the street. <laughs> yes. Then you have the um, Imperialis Senate, the Senatus Imperialis, the, the Imperial Senate. Mm -hmm. which is where the actual Senate itself meets. And what's kind of funny is that Garlemald used to be run by them, but when Emmett Selk came in and just diddly-dude everywhere and caused nonsense and became the emperor and was like, you all want me to do this. <laughs> I'll be a dictator. Great. So I'm, I'm not familiar <laughs> with this term. What is diddly-doing? It's diddly-doing. It's like, <laughs> it's like when diddly you get your do? hands into it and you just mess it up a whole lot. You yeah. just diddly do. Diddly do. Okay. <laughs> but you're like dancing while you do it. Yeah, you're That's like it's the, like you're okay. just a little joyous. Oh, there's like a, there's like a diddly do dance. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah diddly yeah, do yeah. dance. 
um, which I'm pretty sure Emmett Salt canonically did. Um, it's in mm-hmm. the lore book. It's not in the lore book. <laughs> but um, so like he ended up taking sole control over the empire, right? And now the emperor is the head and the Senate acts as a like advisor to the emperor. And in ancient Rome, the Senate would do, I thought this was hilarious. They would do these things that were like, um, like recommendation where they would send out a little like message that was like, mm, yes, we were all talking. And do we think maybe you should not do the thing you're doing to like other high ranking officials or like, mm, yes, well, we think it'd be delightful. Perchance you could see what you're deadly doing. <laughs> yeah, like that'd be great if tax prices could go up. Just a little recommendation from us, the Senate. And oftentimes these things were obeyed as though they were law, even though they weren't. So all of this to say, the point that was made this idea that Garlemald itself may not be serving the people, I think can be seen on a million different levels. It was taken over by a dictatorship built on false promises. And although there are all of these different things that are there as facilities for the people, even all the way up to the top, the Senate, Mm -hmm. none of them have real power. And now they've literally been stripped of their wills. We assume with whatever has happened with the brainwashing and the towers, so it is, I think, a metaphor built on a metaphor built on a metaphor that's reinforced across everything, which is mm-hmm. actually a really neat detail about this so, map, which so, so might chat, go over people's heads. Chat is diddly doing left and right. Um, somebody said mm-hmm. Flanders. I'm really and proud. Now, and now all I can think about is Flanders is Emmett Selk. Yeah. Stop. Right. Stop it's like it. he's wearing nothing at all. <laughs> that see, nothing I was thinking all. that right. He he gets the body of Emperor Solus. He's you know puts it on for the first time trying it out. Yeah. It's like wearing nothing at all. Look, I'm just saying, as an Emmett Selk fan, I'm fine with that. I like that weird old crusty man. I like his multicolored hair and his snotty face. (laughs) Uh, You know, whatever, whatever, whatever floats your boat, Rook. Um, We had a a thing in chat a while ago uh, from Uh uh, Ozma um, asking about fates, if there were fates at the park. Um, Not that we saw. Um... We did, however. It's just hopscotch. A... The fate is hopscotch. 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 <laughs> oh, no. oh, there was no. there was a thing about hopscotch. What the hell? Oh, in, in the short story, the short stories we went. Yes. Over. Yeah. With yeah, the yeah. Ugiri. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm like, we've actually talked about hopscotch recently. What the hell? Um, we did go through. Um, it wasn't even the, here. Right for the field areas that we did look at. Um, we did um get an idea of kind of what was going on in those zones uh, we did see some of the fates in there um so nothing at that park specifically but um just kind of garland in general um after the civil war somebody's gone around and basically like hacked into all the magitech and like it just attacks everybody now so that's like that's gonna be a thing i i think either you know i don't know if they'll the the fates will connect to each other and we'll get you know like a story through fates um if we'll get another you know a, a quest through that um, but, uh, yeah, I thought that was really interesting. The other, the other thing too, I wanted to point out, um, mm. we were talking about, um, the idea about how maybe Forum Solius was a name given like after the fact, um, yeah. I can remember chatting with, uh, some people from the community team as I was going through Garlemald and, uh, mm. and I'm like, you know, just looking at the map, I'm like, oh yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm seeing some of this part here where the game is still in development because in Garlemald. Along the, the the east side of the map, you just have this giant ass like it's like a like an oil pipeline that goes down until like there's like this kind of frozen bed of ceruleum and there's like this kind of tanker on top of it, and you open up the map, and it's called the pipe. 
And then I'm like, I'm like, oh, so they haven't named it yet. But no, you zoom in a little bit in Eorzean, the pipe. I, 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 I need to know the story here. Like, I mean, like I literally with, just think that's what it's called. With, I think with it's localization, just, just like, you know what? It's a pipe. We'll call it a pipe. Like, well, I mean, when you think about it again, if we're drawing parallels to the oil industry, right? Many uh-huh. of them are called like something pipeline, correct? Yeah. So mm-hmm. like the blank pipeline or the... So, I mean, it almost would have made a little bit more sense if they'd even said like the InGen's pipeline to mm-hmm. the, thus right. note that this it's is... Just, it's this just like... is Cerulean being moved it's, from it's Cerulean. It's the only in pipe in the world. It's just the pipe. The pipe. <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> only uh, one, it's the only one that matters. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Yeah. The original pipe. The I first. Would... The, the pipe. First pipe. Yeah. The pipe. First of its name. It's like, the what are you going to name it otherwise? Floor, like floor the Emperor's of... Straw? <laughs> like the Emperor's Cerulean. Straw? What is it? Like the power of electricity. The Emperor's Sippy Cup. Good, good blue juice pipeline. <laughs> oh my gosh. <sighs> well, um, so anyway. Yeah, I don't. It's, I yeah. The pipe was one of the only ones. Just watch. It's going to be one of the most interesting things on right. the entire map. Exactly. And that's going to be the only thing that I didn't actually make a note on because I was like, yeah, it's a cerulean mm-hmm. pipe. It's a pipe. Look, all I'm saying is that there <laughs> needs to be a a dungeon located specifically just in that pipe. It's just the now, longest hallway dungeon in the game, and that's how we get into the tower, is through the pipe. There is something that I wanted to mention on this map. And, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not going to go fully into it. I'm not going to f- go fully into it, because, um, you know, that's why I wrote the script for the lore video. <laughs> but, <laughs> but there is one other thing that I think is really worth noting about Garlemald that I wanted to mention before we um, move on. So there is a building that's really unassuming in Garlemald. Um, I believe, again, I'm spitballing off the top of my head. I believe it's called the Enchiladeum, which the enchilada. is the enchilada. Yes, I thought, yeah, I thought we, that every that's, single time. That's in our video. It. Yeah, it looks like it's like a military facility. Yeah. Yes, but here's the fun thing about this building. So, so it's a spicy enchilada. Is it a Mexican It's a spicy restaurant? enchilada. It is a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> Doing a fusion. I was going to reveal it in a dramatic manner. Sorry. No. <laughs> It's so, a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> so the Enchiladeo is a name. Oh, yeah. dang it. Fusion, I'm so hungry. You can't. I'm waiting. I'm counting down the minutes until we're done with this. Let me tell about what this word means. <laughs> Just want some tacos. Okay. The Enchiladeo is not taco. I'm sorry. Um, but what it is, is actually a name of one yeah. of, I believe, Jupiter's moons. Hold on. I don't have my script in front of me. Yeah, so I think I so. Oh, so that's the, the moon. The moon studio where they filmed that one scene with uh, Elidibus and. Yes. Yeah, so, totally. um, hold on. I want to make sure I've got this up in front of me. Okay, so Enceladeum is based off of the word Enceladus, which is the name of one of the moons of Saturn. Actually, oh, I was okay. wrong. Saturn. Okay. Um, it's the sixth largest moon of Saturn, but it also carries interesting connotations. Um, because it not only is the name of a moon, but that moon was named after a giant of legend from ancient Greek mythology. Um, and if you, if we look at the moon stuff, if we look at this tower, if we try and figure out what the end game might be here with this, and then we look at one other region on this map, the Eblin Rhyme, which is a reference to Final Fantasy IV that also involves a giant and or a nearby thing Mm-hmm. That involves a giant. 
Uh, I think that these two spots on the map, I don't know for sure, mm -hmm. but I think that they might have some large-scale connotations as to why this thing was summoned in Garlemald. But this is right. just my speculation, which I talk about more in that lore video, but mm -hmm. it's just my speculation based off of those two. And the Eblin Rhyme being a very notable name, since it's one of the very few on the map that is not actually a reference to Roman like building structures. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just thought that was really fascinating. There's some cool stuff to dig into there. That's it. That's my big nerd moment. <laughs> I still and want it's a taco shop. There'll be more. And it's a taco. <laughs> so, 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 really, what you're saying is the story about the guy that hacked into all the different Magitech stuff across the city. He's actually just trying to funnel people to his his taco shop. Mm. He's not trying yes. to kill yeah. people. He's just trying to deter them from running away from the taco shop. Sure. He's trying to drum up business. He's trying to drum up business. Mm. <laughs> fine. Fine. Um, yeah, you know, one of the other things too, I wanted to point out. Um, you know, we're talking about uh the the train station and how people are kind of like you know surviving right in this subway um there was also i found out kind of by the um the the tanker thing there was a cave that actually had some people in it as well um mm -hmm. which was which is really interesting too because they had like they had like a little you know like a traditional like a little campfire right that you might see in the game except this had blue fire because they were probably using yes. ceruleum which is super uh -huh. interesting to me um yes but uh, but yeah, I think I don't. Uh, what else? I, it was really cool. I like the train stuff. The cars were weird. I, yes. I, I I I spent at least ten minutes trying to get footage of me slapping the car for a meme. Um. Yeah, that's Garlemald. Did you post? I thought Zed <laughs> I said to it me it is that posted. You didn't use the meme. Okay, good. So, I was so, like. No, so, so here's so here's the story, right? I I see the car, and immediately my brain's like, oh, I could totally do like a slap, like check out all this content, like meme for our coverage. Um, and then our coverage came, and and look, I'm gonna be honest, it was five in the morning. I was very mm -hmm. tired. We had been working our butts off for weeks on this stuff. I had forgotten all about that damn car. Yeah. <laughs> so so like as I'm sitting here, like I don't know, five thirty, it just kind of occurs to me, I'm like. Oh, I didn't do the thing with the car. So then like I made up a gif and I tweeted it out later and like stuck our coverage thread in it. I'm like, oh, sorry, Ooh. sorry, car. But it's out there. It's out there. Zoila uh, says, Did you see any pure blooded Garleans? I only saw Alliance members. So in Camp no. Broken Glass, there are Alliance members who appear as though <laughs> they've moved into the region, I assume, to stabilize it. It seems like right. they have a forward camp. Yeah. Now, down in the actual train station, we see more of what appear to be actual refugees from the city. And there were some people there that did seem to be a part of the militant force. Um, you know, guards or soldiers mm -hmm. or things like that. Although it's very sparse for a city that you assume was so densely populated. There is at least one pure-blooded Garlean mm -hmm. in the train station. He is leaning yeah. against the transit map. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm like, I'm like so. looking through my screenshots. I'm like, uh, thing, uh, yep, found one. <laughs> A few of them that I noticed were down there, but nowhere else on the map. All the other structures mm -hmm. and buildings are abandoned. Every single thing else in there is completely devoid yeah, of people. There, there's nobody it... in the city. So, I mean, yeah. nobody yeah. is working over to the enchilada to mm -hmm. get their tacos. Mm -mm. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, it's very likely, I mean, like work to game is saying in the chat, it's very possible that there are many people that would populate the map that are not populating the map right now mm -hmm. because it was a, a demo. Yep. It's also possible that because of whatever's happened with the tempering of so many Garleans, that 
literally there were just very few people left and that the rest of them maybe, are part maybe, of the tower. Maybe for, those people mm-hmm. are the tower. Or are the tower, which yeah, is, is my other thought a, that a, I wasn't yeah, a big old up. weird meat tower. Yeah. Uh, 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 I mean, we'll get into this discussion later. Yeah. Um, but from yeah. what we've seen of the towers so far, they yeah. could be. Um, a lot of yeah. the, uh, the the text for the NPCs that were placed, um, you know, we'd get dot, dot, dot. Um, a couple of them actually at Camp Broken Glass were like, hi, enjoy the event. And I was like, oh, thanks. Like random person that thought to include that. Like, <laughs> I just, whoever, whoever you are, I noticed. Thank you. Um. Okay, so let's go ahead. Let's move on to uh, the second field area here. Gosh, we're already like two hours in. Um, so the other uh, field area that we got to preview was Thavner, um, which was actually a lot cooler than I thought it would be. Um, you know, we've gotten some previews of, of Thavner and Razat Han before, um, and it was basically like like rainbow vomit was, was I think, the, the yeah. term that I, I used, right? It's just <laughs> lots of colors, and it just, I don't know. But like actually getting... To, to to explore Thavner. Uh, it looked really cool. Um and the, the color is definitely uh you know obviously this isn't in Razathan. We didn't get to go inside Razathan. Um but I thought the colors are really cool. The the area itself was really cool. It kind of reminded me of like the Ruby Sea but like with more land. Um mm. a little bit uh of, of some ocean uh that you can like dive down into. There really wasn't a whole lot underwater. Um but yeah I thought it was really cool. I thought it was themed just really really well. Yeah. This I, uh, zone. Oh, go ahead, Aldino. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just like I spent a lot of time in the zone, just killing random stuff because this was was the higher level of the zones, if I remember correctly. And uh, yeah, it was beautiful. The music. Oh my god. Yeah. Like yeah. of course, of course. <laughs> but it's just during the day, it is just amazing to see the color and the giant, you know, giant skull, whatever that is in the background. It's it's really impressive. Where a lot of people might be like, eh, it's just colorful. It's really impressive. Yeah. I agree. From what Honestly. I saw of this, um, it, I think I said something like it, it got the treatment that Alamigo deserved. It has, <laughs> Alamigo is like brown. It's very brown. Should have, should have had mm-hmm. more mosaic work. It's there. It's hidden. It's what you see is beautiful. But in, in Thavnir, it's like, hey, what's up? Here's the culture. It is bright. Even our land is partially purple. Yeah. I just <laughs> love seeing all the extra color. You're right. You're 100% right. You're 110% right. It is all three of these zones, but particularly Thavnair, are an exercise in actually showing culture within the things that culture would reflect. Buildings, mm-hmm. um, fabrics, commodities, food, people, cultures, religious sites, spiritual sites. Uh, like... You see these things in such detail. Just going through the little um, court town that you end up in in this zone, right? So the Thavnair zone we were allowed to be in has this little port town called Yedlimod. And then further beyond it, you can see what would presumably be the approach to the city of Radzathan. But we were on a map that's just like outside of that. Even in this port town, Yedlimod, you can see the important cultural motifs and color palettes worked into every single inch of these buildings. There are peacock feathers that relate to like the dancer pagodas and all these other things, which also play a large role in um, Indian beliefs, uh, which a lot of this was drawn from like influences and inspiration directly taken from India, Hinduism. You see it all over the map. It's spectacular. It's really fantastic. 
And like in the buildings themselves, you see these peacock feathers, you see these little motifs, you see the elephants, which are a reflection of the Arca Sodara, but also again, hearkening back to stuff like Ganesh um, and or even where they're positioned, like the elephant heads over major archways leading into the town, which oftentimes would be used as symbols to like, you know, banish any and all um, like things that might be Evil in your way things, yeah. to protect people, to overcome obstacles, to, you know, there's a lot of good fortune and luck associated with a lot of these. And where they all are tells a story about the people and even the fabrics and tapestries that hang down and what's worked into their motifs. It is truly phenomenal. Like it's incredible yeah. I mean, work. Even, even the, um, the, uh, the little like dancer um, temple. Oh, the temple, um, yeah. Like going, if you straight shot through that, it's like a gateway to the gateway. Yeah. Like the way that it's placed. It's it's insane. Mm -hmm. um, real quick, too, I, I want to mention, I know uh, Rook said that her Garland, or her Garlemald video is not out yet. Her Thavner video is. Her old Charlene video is. Check them out. Uh, yes. Fantastic job going through all this kind of stuff. Um, definitely, definitely, definitely go check that out. We'll have the links and stuff um, for our individual channels and stuff at the end of the show. But absolutely check those out. Um, I think they're fantastic. Um and what you know, speaking of the dancer temple, um, this was actually something that you you came to me to ask about. Um, was was the uh, what was the name? Um, Kajaya. Kajaya. Yeah. She's like, hey, so who is Kajaya in eleven? And I was like, I Google. Okay, so <laughs> Kajaya was fourth to the the the, the throne of Ottergon. She was only like wow. in like one assault mission, but this thing is named after her. And I'm like, okay, yeah. like that's that's cool, um, and it's, it's amazing. It's, yeah, I mean, we were, it was, we had such an interesting conversation because it's like she has this certain gear equipped, but it was like it came from this other expansion that was before the Near East, but she couldn't have been a dancer because dancer wasn't out yet. And it's just like all oh, these we're trying to like make sense of it as best we can, right? Trying to find every little bit yes. that we can. It was but amazing. That was, it was crazy, honestly. I took one look, I typed in Kajaya, and I was just like, this is like how I start most base research for these things. I was like, what is the thing? Google Kajaya. And it was like Final Fantasy XI. And I immediately opened up Discord and I was like, Fusion. <laughs> Kajaya. Who dis? And I loved, oh my gosh, the insight and stuff that you even provided about, yes, the fact that Dancer wasn't out and that all of these things and, you know, the Empire... And the Rauban tidbit that you told me, oh, which yeah. I didn't even know about. So Rauban as a character actually also hails from Final Fantasy XI and from that same expansion, at Urgan, where he was the leader of the Blue Mage Force within that city that served the Empress and her family. So, the frightening um, man. The frightening <laughs> man. Um, and Fusion gave me all that info, which I thought was just fantastic. It was fantastic. And what Fusion brought up, I also wanted to mention that Again, another thing um, about this zone is that the sight lines and visual details are also impeccable. And this moment that Fusion brought up about the... So the Dancer Pavilion has an archway in it. That archway frames the uh, Wakeful Tarana, which is the gateway archway that's tra in tra traditional to uh, Hinduism, but also different um, structures in India, uh, particularly leading to temples or involving temples. So you have this Tarana... And that Tirana arcs over, you can see this exact pathway straight through the Dancer Temple, all the way to the final, the far edge of this map, to this Tirana. In the Tirana, there is an eyeball cutout. It's shaped like an eyeball. Through that cutout, all the way in the distance, 
you can see the eye of the Ahriman that we've seen in the release artwork for Radzat Han peering over the city like Final Fantasy XIV's equivalent of the evil eye from Middle mm -hmm. Eastern culture. A harmful gaze meant to rebuke other harmful gazes that might curse you or cause harm upon you. And it literally cast its eye out across the entire map, all the way through each of these different layers. The artistic design in these maps is taking it to a level in 14 that I think we truly haven't. We've seen them have all the tools, we've seen them do it in bursts, but you can see it coming together on a scale that is truly thrilling to look into. And even if you're not somebody that notices a lot of those details, I think it's worth it. Like it's worth it yeah. because oh, yeah. um, man, they've really nailed it. You know, it's really, you know, another thing job. too, you know, I, I joked earlier about how I, I'm like, okay, now's my time. I'm going to go capture footage of old Charlie and Oh, it's nighttime. Oh, it's snowing. Great. This is, this is well thought out. Um, I did um, do some theft during the day. And I actually, one of the really cool things I saw um, was at sunset um, at the font of Maya. Um, I just, it just, it, the sun, the way it was just coming, it was perfect. It was like the best picture you could got, have gotten from that. So, um, definitely check that out. It's in the video center screenshots. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, you know, yeah. somebody at some point was like, we're going to put this right here. There we go. And it looks so good. Um, hey, you like art? This whole zone? Art. Even, I mean, even the, um, uh, the, but was it burning, burning ring, burning ring, uh, burning circle? Oh, yes. Um, the sea sky, or stone sky sea equivalent, yeah, at least what yeah. it seems like. Yeah. Um, just that view there. Like, you can, if you look around, you can get this view where the, the tower is just, like, right yeah. there. And it's just, there's really a lot of amazing um, focal points and, and setups that they did in this map. And it, it's amazing. I can't wait to wait my turn in line to take 5,000 screenshots at the Dancer Temple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look for that deserted instance. Look for the one that has the lowest count. Get your yeah, butt over there as right. fast as possible. Uh, <laughs> um, can you like wait five minutes? I'm taking a screenshot. Thank you. I did I did also want to take a point um, to mention here too. So we, we looked at the fates for both of these areas. Um, I found our first pop cultural reference bubble text. I love this one. In Endwalker. Yeah. So... Uh, there's this river that goes through uh, Thavner, um, and this this fate is called Pika uh, Bujamga. So Bujamga is a type of snake. Uh, it says, it's all fun and games until someone wanders into poisonous Bujamga territory, as a group of children accidentally did while playing in the jungle. The vicious reptiles must be put down lest the little ones come to harm. So, okay, that's like whatever, nothing. But I, I was flying through, and there's this kid looking, and he's like on the bank of this river, looking out onto the mobs from the fate, and he just says, Bujamga. Why did it have to be Bujamga? It's so very good. There is your first uh, pop cultural reference for Endwalker, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> they could you imagine if Koji didn't do some Temple of Doom, like just in the mm. zone? Like, come on, it's it's low hanging fruit. Come there on. Was another, yeah, there was to. another another fate in the zone called Swipe Eft. Ah, uh, yeah, that's the one that I just Koji. I think uh, uh, I, I shoot. I don't think this one made the list, but there was one in Garlemald. I think it was called like Nettle Gear Solid. Um, <laughs> their, their localization uh, you're all amazing um, yes okay so is there anything left in Thafner that we want to mention before we move on to jobs I don't think so it looks cool the music oh. is great go look mm -hmm. at Rook's video yeah. oh my gosh no you're all too sweet um 
the only thing that I did notice is that all three of these zones, well, 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 I would say mostly old Charlie and, and Thavnair, although a few of the NPCs that we were able to see down in that subway station do have some, do appear to have peaks of things that could be new gear. Mm, right. Yes. There are some things that look as though they may be new outfits, like the merchants at the at the little market in Yedlimod mm -hmm. on Thavnair all seem to have tops or bottoms that might be some kind of new look. Of course, we don't know if those will truly get implemented in the game. There are many things on NPCs that are not given to actual player characters, but many of them felt like they would be something added, you know? Right. Yeah. All right. So, all do you know? Uh... Oh, is that where uh, we're starting? <laughs> I, I I feel like that's where we need to start. Probably um, at least to I, so, so, get it out so of the way. I think I think how we'll do this is we'll just kind of talk about whatever we want for jobs. Um, <laughs> chat if you guys have questions, we will answer yeah. them to mm -hmm. the very best of our abilities. Uh, but right. I, I think real quick. We need yeah. to know summoner. Okay. Everything. So just, as so as we're getting into this. I just want to say, there are a lot of jobs, and I read a lot of words, and a lot of them make a lot of sense, but some of them don't. I'm going to go back and fix them, because there were some errors in Sage, which when we talk about Sage, we'll talk yeah, about. I, I, you know, I just, real quick, too, um, I know Rook did an amazing job on all her stuff. Um, she was doing her own thing. We were also working on, on stuff for Gamer Escape, because <laughs> she was there for her, and then me and Aldi, you know, were, here, were there for Gamer Escape. Um, but just the amount of work that has been put in by everybody here um, and everybody else that attended the media tour, like, holy shit. You oh. guys. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. And honestly, Gamerscape's coverage, like if any of you, for whatever reason, have not read it yet, you have not gone to check it out. You've not like go. It's incredible. It's so amazing. Aldino it's so thorough. wrote up impressions for 19 jobs and the dungeon. Oh, we didn't talk about the dungeon. <laughs> oh, yeah, the dungeon. Not we yet. could do that. You want to do that uh, first or after the job? I, I, I think it makes sense to do it because it's kind of area and job related, right? Yeah, let's do that in the middle. So yeah. we'll we'll we'll, okay. we'll we'll let you just kind of build up we'll your, your excitement yeah. for for summoner. But yeah, uh, just uh, seriously, incredible job by by everybody. Um, this is always like our biggest like content yeah. drop for the site. Oh so, boy, um, we we what was it? Um, Twenty four articles, sixteen videos, which is more than we did last time because there's more jobs now there's more to play there's yeah you know each each year we're like okay so this is how i'll better manage my time this time around yeah um i yeah, honestly I, just... <laughs> I felt like talking to both of you and talking to some of the other you know beautiful fam that had attended before and you know work to games been hanging out in the chat today i mean there's so many creators who've done all their own content and who gave great insight leading up to this event but i've also just been saying straight up I knew it was going to be a lot of work and I had an idea of what that work would be like. <laughs> but when you actually get into it, you're uh, like, oh, my God, like it is unbelievable. It is unbelievable yeah. um, what everybody comes together to pull off. And I see some of you saying thank you and stuff and, and all that stuff in the chat. And thank you, honestly, because hearing anything, even right. a little thumbs up on a video or like a great job literally makes it like yeah. all worth and, it and, you get and, through and, it you have no sleep it's like and, yeah and, and you know god who says too and, and all of zen's graphics you know a huge thank you yeah. to zen for going through I mean, absolutely so many tool tips oh, i'm so actually many tool I'm, tips. I'm going through my files right now to tell you how many tool tips there were oh that's a good many Ben yeah. had a, like a graphic a, database more than more than, more than five yeah, at least more than five. At least five, probably. Without traits, had 64. Yeah. Oh my God. 
But, uh, I also want to take a special moment just to shout out all of you for being beautiful, wonderful human beings that made me smile, but also, you know, hopefully we all can band together, but also just provided a lot of insight and tips. It was 5 a.m. the morning mm. of embargo release, and Zen sent me a message on Discord that was like, hey, I finally just finished my thing. How are you? Can I help you? And I was like, you are an actual saint put on this earth. You are <laughs> this earth and you are blessed. You're the kindest soul. No, I don't. And you're. I look. You're so kind, but no. Go sleep, please. God, sleep. <laughs> I still. I still feel like just like I'm recovering, just like a little bit. Like this is. Yeah. This is why I don't usually do live letters anymore. Because if I wake up at like ass o'clock, I just I cannot function for like days afterwards. Yeah. For me, no. As soon as I was done, I was like, okay, what are okay. People are using it on the balance. All right, what did they say? Right, I'm dumb. That's fine. But what what did I miss? All right, I missed that. Cool, I can fix that. Nice. Yes. You know? we, definitely, I mean, and we, we go after ourselves and we look at yeah. any comments, especially like if you leave them directly for us in the Discord. We're like, yeah. okay, I messed that up. I was very tired, but I can fix it now. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I, and I think that's that's one of the things that I like about the way that we handle our coverage, right? Is is yeah, we do some videos here and there, but really, it's it's the blog, right? The written word is where we we try yeah. and put a lot of the focus, and it's a lot easier to edit. <laughs> yeah. So if if somebody comes through, and they're like, oh, so uh, machinist has a lot of abilities that heal now. We could be like, yeah. that's yeah. incorrect. We will edit that. I'm sorry. Yeah. It was it was but a clock in the morning when we were yeah. putting this together. Uh, um, no, my. But, my uh, my base file that I made all of them off of had one little box that I resized for everything and one little little thing that said heals because the first ones I did were a couple of healers. So <laughs> when yeah. I got to Machinist, it was like maybe fourth from last or something. I completely forgot to change <laughs> the like things to say abilities or OGCD and, or whatever. And Machinist is wild. It's like, you want to be, you, oh, your, your HP is looking a little down. Flamethrower. <laughs> I did appreciate it when when people would just laughed at it though. Oh my gosh! Oh, yeah. um, I definitely in one of the earliest versions of Samurai, instead of typing Kenki, typed Kinky. <laughs> Big whoops! <laughs> you just kept it. You should just kept it. And just keep it in there and just wait for somebody to say something and then be like, <laughs> sunglasses emoji. <laughs> it's a new change. Don't worry. Oh, you guys thought God. that I didn't like Samurai. You're uh -huh. wrong. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I don't want to know uh, how you feel the kinky gauge. All right. Um, uh, so, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, were we going to do dungeon next or jobs? Uh, let's, dungeon, let's do, right? Do, do dungeon, dungeon real quick. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Um, well, we, with we that transition, I yeah. was going to say really fast. Chili, who's here in chat, ran my first dungeon with me. And I just wanted oh, to yeah. say thanks, friend. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Welcome. I'm sure, the, I'm sure the lag was fantastic. For Chili. Oh, it was a disaster for <laughs> all of us, but especially for Chili from the UK. Terrible. Only the best yeah. leg for Chili. Oh um, man. So the dungeon, um we gotta we gotta dance around this a little bit. I do wanna try and be respectful of people that don't want spoilers. I mean right. I know we've like this whole garlic mold has a park. Wow. Well that ruins N Walker for me. Sorry, spoilers. Mm -hmm. Um it's the way that you know the way it's named the the bosses that are in it right yeah we kind of know have known for a while but um you know a lot of the people that have been covering the media tour um you know we're discussing it like should you know obviously right square's not like this is a spoiler you have to protect it and whatever they're like you can do whatever you want but a lot of people and i think this is 
awesome and such a testament to how great a lot of these people are that attended. They're like, yeah, maybe like this is something that we should consider. Um, and I, mm-hmm. I hadn't considered it. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. Okay. Instead of, you know, calling the dungeon by name, we'll say just dungeon preview, whatever. Um, sure. so the, the dungeon itself, I mean, it's, it's your, your basic dungeon, right? You go through, there's some bosses, mm-hmm. there's some trash mobs and stuff. Um, I went through, uh, with a party I actually played, um, went through it, uh, on Reaper, which was, mm. it was one of those things everyone's like, all right, you want to do the dungeon? I'm like, yeah, I think I know Reaper enough. <laughs> dot, 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 question mark. Yeah. Uh, I will say dodging AOEs with that portal on Reaper makes you feel like a badass. <laughs> like, I was just like, whoosh, yeah, didn't get hit. Yeah. Uh, and that was with dealing with, like, remote connection lag, too. So that was like, yay. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, we, you know, I, I had mentioned this earlier, like the, with the um, potencies being in flux, right, with the the number crunching and stuff, going through that dungeon, it didn't feel any harder or, or easier than like a dungeon normally feels. Um, I mean, I, I, I will fully admit I wasn't like looking at the numbers like the entire time. I'm like, oh, it just, it felt fine. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think, you know, that's, the people that are used to looking at numbers, I think it might take a little bit more for them, you know, a little bit more time to kind of get used sure. to the changes. But for me, like it, it, it felt fine going through it. Um, it didn't feel like, um, bosses had way too much HP for the sake of right. having HP, right. Cause of the level gap or anything. This was a level 81 dungeon. So it's probably the first dungeon we go into. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so our home, yeah. Holminster switch. Yeah. 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 And yet I think it was harder than Holminster. I think it so felt too. to me like it okay. was closer to something that we would get maybe post expansion almost like just in regards to I healed it. So yeah. in regards to healing it, um, some of the mechanics, although the middle fight isn't too bad, but that final yeah. culminating fight oh, and things yeah. like that. It's and very some busy. Of it was, it's very busy. Mm-hmm. Some of it was like the lag we were we had because we were playing remotely. And I know our party at least had real bad lag myself <laughs> included. So trying to like heal people when it was just like AOE, 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 and you're like, yeah. what's happening, please? <laughs> like it was it really intense because there was a lot to move. It was high mobility. There was a mm-hmm. lot of stuff. The mobs had a decent amount of health, but again, it didn't feel bad. No. But it did feel tuned more towards what I would expect in the later half of an expansion yeah. than literally like the first dungeon, like level 81, maybe first dungeon territory kind yeah. of thing, you know? Yeah, pacing was kind of like an expert. Um, you know, one of the dungeons that they would earmark as expert at the end. Not that it, that's even really hard, but it's harder than the normal. Just a little bit. Um, but yeah, because I, I tanked it, uh, which I don't know how to do, by the by. I don't, I don't ever tank. That's not what I do. Um, but the group was like, hey, we want to play. Someone wants to play Sage, and the other person's only ever played Dancer. And the third person's like, I want to be Reaper. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll just pick up Warrior. I kind of understand how it works. I have the bars ready. And tanking in there was so much fun. Oh my goodness. Especially because the sage was learning. And there was a lot of time where I'm like, I'm going to die. Oh wait, no. Warrior has all these nice (laughs) self-sustain options. And oh look, that person's going to die. No wait, I can help them too. It was so much fun. Oh my goodness, it was so much fun. Um, But yeah, I would say it's not that much more difficult. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the mechanics, you got to get used to them. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was yeah. fun. I, I agree with you in that just general summary. I think it was really fun. I enjoyed healing it. I had to actually use parts of my white mage kit that I never, ever have to use in early dungeons. I mean, I was using a good robust amount of the stuff that I had from level cap last expansion. 
And although at that point we only had the new Holy unlocked, so I did absolutely destroy all of my party's vision for the entirety of the run, um, and have no regrets about that. I want to be very clear. Uh, I, <laughs> I, you know, we weren't able to use much of our other kit, but what I did have, I had to use. The dots chunked hard. Mm. The mechanics were something where it had a neat little twist and you had to figure out each one. Um, the final culmination where all three come together. Uh, that was really cool. And um, it did require a fair amount of healing from the tank busters to everything, which kind of made me see, I think, a lot of these, you know, enhanced or, or multiple stacks or charges of different movement mm -hmm. abilities, I could see immediately reflected in content like this. Even Scholar's speed boost, right? Um, expedient. I was like, well, if they do this kind of like high paced, high mobility, high movement content across the board in Endwalker, there might be a real, real strength in this. Um, with the healing again, like seeing how they buffed healing overall on many healing classes, whereas other stuff, you know, like damage and things were reduced. Of course, all of this being within the context of this downscaling, which we truly don't understand. But even so, to buff healing in the midst of downscaling was an interesting thing. And then to get this dungeon and be like, oh, I do have to heal a lot. I gotta yeah. heal a lot in this. <laughs> it made sense to me that they were kind of, I, I could see maybe something about the possible grander designs or design mentalities in Endwalker. Right. Which again, who knows? Everything can change from dungeon to dungeon to content mm -hmm. to content. But mm -hmm. I think we can pair stuff that way to maybe get a little bit of insight um, across the board. And I did play Bard in a trust version of the dungeon and mm -hmm. it felt good. The new dots. Um, I yeah. felt like it was strong. I was able to mow down mobs. I felt good about having the mobility on Bard again because of the high mobility nature of everything that was happening. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I did. I just I did this dungeon so much. Um, so I finished it on Warrior. I finished it on Summoner, and both of those were with you know other people, you know actual groups. And then with Truss, I did like up to the first boss four times: Black Mage, Bard. Uh, I think I did Scholar. And then I can't remember the last one. Uh, but yeah, it, it felt really good. Um, each of the jobs, even at not quite 82, which is where a lot of things start, right? You get a lot of really awesome stuff. I'm sorry, summoners. And in, in that, you don't have your big, big, chunky boy Titan uh, Ifrit Garuda. You have kind of a lesser version, but it's okay. It's all right. It's okay. You get that at 90. Um, but it still did feel good. The kits feel better at a lower level, I think, right now. It's something that I noticed as well, like you just said. Like, you didn't have all the kit, but you had exactly what you needed. That's mm. good, because yeah. it's it's continuously brought up, I think, that yeah. especially, like, 50 cap, jobs just oh. get terrible. Yeah. Some jobs think... are all right, but, like, Bard, for example, is just like, what am I doing? What's the <laughs> right. rotation? Yeah, yeah, I could, you know, we didn't get level sync down anywhere. So uh, other than that, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, we do have a video um, mm -hmm. up for the dungeon. We have a write up on the dungeon. If you guys want to see more about it, see what it's called, see who the bosses are. Um, go and check that out. Um, yeah. And now I explain the mechanics. Yep. And now I'll do now. OK. Alphano, whatever your name is. <laughs> whatever your name really is. All right, whoever uh, you are, they just have to change locations really quick. Ah, there we are. <laughs> yes, cool. I'm here. Uh, so yeah, summoners, it's party time. Um, so yeah, the third new job of the expansion. I'm glad Yoshi P said that. So, how does it even work? How does summoner even work now? It seems complicated, it's not 
I'm only going to talk at max level, though, because I'm not not going to get into like before a certain spot. You don't have Bahamut and it's weird and don't even think about it. It's is fine. it intentional okay. that the disco ball is green, orange and red? Uh, that it's helpful. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I think I was, it, it was. I was curious how, how, how much you thought this out or if that was just like, oh, yeah, I did that not just... make it. OK, that's yeah, that's very good. I now I want to say that I made it. Why did I say that first? Anyway, <laughs> I shouldn't have given up the, the fight that easily. But so summoner. Basically, the flow of it is the way that it works is that you'll go through these phases. I'm just going to call them phases because they're called different things. It's fine. You start out and you can get into the Demi Bahamut phase that you're familiar with. Dreadworm Trance and Demi Bahamut Summoner squished together, just like Firebird Trance and, and Phoenix. So that's cool. That's one less phase to go through. Um, but anyway, in there, some of your abilities change. Your Ruin 3 turns into a single target. I believe it's Astral Impulse. Um, and then your Tri Disaster, which is an upgrade of Outburst now, not a triple dotting, also doing some damage. Uh, ability so that's now an aoe and it turns into astral flare so your single target spam turns into astral impulse your multi-target spam turns into astral flare cool there's another button um called astral flow that's always on your bars and it changes in each of these phases as well so that changes into death flare you're familiar with it that's cool aquorn is still the kindle of the bahamut so it feels a lot like normal except for on top of all that Bahamut's just doing his own thing, doing auto attacks. You don't have to worry about it anymore. Uh, summoners, right now, uh, every GCD you do, Bahamut then attacks, like does a worm wave. It's very important to do as many of those as possible, to get as many Bahamut worm waves as possible, blah, blah, blah. Don't have to worry about that anymore. It's just an auto attack. That's nice. Uh, but Bahamut's basically the same. Basically. And then you get out of that phase and you get into where it unlocks your three gems, your three colored gems. Uh, you know, the ruby and the topaz and the emerald, I believe, is the order on. I'm doing this by memory. I think so. Anyway, um, so, of course, that means ruby is Ifrit, topaz is Titan, and emerald is Garuda. So as you use summon Ifrit, Titan, Garuda at this point, they're actually summon Ifrit, Titan, Garuda 2 at level 90, which is the big bada boom. Um, but when you summon one of them, your abilities then change. There are two abilities that change, just like in Bahamut, but they're not the same abilities. Don't worry about it. They'll light up. It's okay. Um, one of them is a single target. One of them is an AoE. You use them in the different times. That makes sense. For both, or for all of these, this is for the same for Ifrit, Titan, and Garuda. Two abilities will change to a single target and an AoE. Your third one, the Astral Flow, is going to be unique they're all technically unique they have different ability or different attributes but let's go through let's say ifrit first so ifrit three abilities first one the single target it's uh like three second cast it takes a while it hits for as much as ruin four i say this in the the breakdown so i'm not going to go super in depth the aoe one is similar long cast does more damage than your other ones in the other phases and then the third button changes into, I believe, Crimson Cyclone, I think. I'd have to check it. I'm not going to fact check it right now. It's fine. You could read it. Um, but that's the dash in that we saw, the gap closer, which then combos with the kind of slam down. Uh, and they both do the same amount of damage, I believe. But that is a very fun little mini phase. The thing to know is that 
the follow-up attack to the dash in really short range so you got to stay there for a sec to do it um but that's ifrit looks like the the big bottom booms you have to be kind of stationary and then work that gap closer in because you're going to want to press it because it does damage gap closes that do damage why are we still doing it we're still doing it it's fine um so titan's similar but fast i think we're summoning titan car honestly and i've said this before but we're summoning the titan car um because for some reason that unbeknownst to me titan's fast man um you summon him does a big attack abilities change one single target one's aoe both of them are instant casts and after each one you can press that third button that changed called mountain buster which is kind of an ogcd right after that you can do that's just another slap it's always aoe so that you don't have to worry about if it's going to follow up this you had a name for that one didn't you oh yeah the titan ask uh what was it the titan cheek slap titan titan cheek cheek clap yeah that's what it was cheek Cheek clap clap. that is you got to clap them cheeks yeah ass slap works too but you know in this mode and it might be in some of the footage you just don't have to stop moving like this is a high mobility but you want to you're going to be pumping out damage very quickly uh phase yeah he does wear that thong for a reason you're right celio Uh, and then we get to Garuda. So Garuda has um, single target AOE. Makes sense. Those are literally, well, they're 1.5 second casts. And you can just spam the crap out of these, right? Uh, actually, they're, they're instant casts, but they have a 1.5 second recast. So they're just slightly faster. And you can't really weave. You could. but So you're just spamming those. What, are you, what else are you doing? You have the third button, which is slipstream which is that ground-targetable AoE that you saw in the job ability trailer and Yoshi P talked about. So Garuda's is a weird, you're mobile, but that one slipstream is immobile, so you'd use it for phases like boss is not going to be moving around because, of course, if the tank moves it out of there, you're going to be as mad as Doton Ninja oh, back in the day. What was that? Flame Arrow for Bard? What was mm-hmm. that called? Like that. I remember yeah. Flame Arrow. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Back in yeah, Garuda is kind of like rapid fire mode. You're right. Um, and it's really, really quick. So they have three distinct flavors, which is really nice. Um, Green and, apple, yeah. cherry, and orange. Orange. Yeah, it, it's very tasty. Um, what else is tasty is the summon of each of these to get into the phase. Hits as hard, and of course potencies. I'm just talking relative. Hits as hard as Xenoglossy on a black mage. Oh boy. That's exactly what I want to hear as a summoner. I'm getting warm right now. Oh, oh my goodness. But that's going to be nice. We'll fan you. We'll fan you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I needed it. Uh, And then after you do those three, and it's really not tied together. You don't have to do all three. Um, You're probably going to want to. You can then summon Phoenix just like you summon Bahamut. um, And that will get you into Phoenix mode. And then you will do similar to what Phoenix had before. One standout um, is an ability called Rekindle. So that third button that keeps changing into something different for each phase, Astral Flow, is Rekindle when you're in Phoenix. And what this is, is a targetable, single target, anybody in your party, probably myself all the time, uh, ability that heals for a bit, much more than Physic, which is still there. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. It still scales off I don't of know mine. why it's there They, they, either, don't, they don't know why either, don't. funny enough. Yeah. I don't know. 
I feel like they just put it in there kind of like how, you know, a couple of the other DPS jobs Mm -hmm. have that one little thing that if they really need, they can do like a little self heal or something, you know, I feel like that's why they left it in. But it also like you could you could have gotten rid of it and it would have exactly made zero difference. (laughs) The, The Phoenix heal is like almost an order of magnitude stronger. Like it's ridiculous. It's way stronger than your stupid physics. Um, but you can put that on yourself or anybody else. And what that does is an immediate heal. And it gives them this excogitation like effect in which if while they're under a buff that it gives them called rekindle, I believe uh, they have it for 30 seconds. And if they fall below 50% health, they will then get a regen for like 15 seconds. I'd have to check it. Um, that ticks for that amount of that first heal every tick. So it's really nice. What a oh, weird thing to just like have there. Yeah, it's very thematic for Phoenix. It's it's kind of hard to use, I would think. But that 30 second timer gives you a little bit of room, right? Mm Because, you know, Phoenix is going to come up whenever it does, depending on the fight. Right. You might want to hold it. You might want to be quick. You might be rushing through it. I don't know yet. Um, But, yeah, it will only be available during that. It's interesting, but I could see it being very useful. Yes. And there Uh, are several other thinking about healing. Right. And with the healers. There are several other abilities that seem to do that same kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. if you take X amount of damage or it eats this stack or it consumes this thing or it yep. eats through this, it will then tick over a new thing or proc this secondary effect, which right. again, while we don't know because of potencies and all this kind of stuff, we can't draw a whole bunch with the downscaling without actually playing it and being in it. But I do think that those kinds of things, at least theoretically in my mind, make me go... So there's going to be some massive incoming burst right. damage that we're going to yeah. be sustaining through. There are going to be things where like you need to have those secondary effects because it is going to devastate the party in one quick fell swoop. Right. Or it's going to even prolonged damage like some of the sage uh, shield stacks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like there it feels like that's what they're gearing us towards and even giving things like summoner these kinds of abilities seems as yeah. though it's supposed to like help yeah. the entire party get through that and sustain through it. Exactly. And, you know, that's kind of the big stuff of Summoner. No dots. Kind of this flow of Bahamut or Phoenix. The three. That's forever. Yeah, (laughs) forever. The three kind of gemstone phases. And then back to Bahamut or Phoenix kind of over and over and over again. So it's kind of and and I've seen some summoners out there say it's kind of brain dead. I mean, it. I could see how you how you could feel that way. To me, it's going to be which one of these phases is the strongest, right? We're still looking at that. Potencies will change. How do we use that to get it under party buffs? What does that mean? Um, Does that mean it's Ifrit and you're stationary? Okay, that's going to have to be moved around depending on the fight. It'll be interesting. The only other smaller things, I mean, they're big things, is one, you get Mana Ward. Uh, The the Titan ability uh, right now, when he's out, uh, gives you this kind of barrier heal. Um, now it's going to be moved to Carbuncle. I didn't even talk about Carbuncle because it's almost, I don't want to say, I don't want to say Carbuncle is useless, but it, but Carby don't do anything anymore. This kind of stands there and look cute. <laughs> I believe in Larry's video, he was, he was mashing sick and Carbuncle was just looking at it. Like, I don't know what you want me to do, bruh. Like I can't do damage anymore. <laughs> You know, Carby's doing enough. Carby's turning into all the yeah. big summons. Carby exactly. don't got to do anything else. Carby going to take a little break between phases. Yeah, but Carby does 
uh, probably more than two, but these two big things, one of them is Radiant Aegis, which is the Mana Ward-like effect. It's not as strong as Mana Ward, but it's got two charges. It recharges every 30 seconds, so pretty good, pretty useful. Cannot use it when Bahamut or Phoenix are out, because Carbuncle is being channeled as them. And you can't use it when you're summoning Titan Garuda or Ifrit, because Carbuncle disappears for a little bit then. Hmm. A little bit, that's fine. Uh, and then the other one is our devotion-like skill, which, okay, first and foremost, a lot of people don't know that Summoner has basically a, a similar ability to Trick Attack, except for it's on your party members. It's this buff called Devotion. It it, it goes off, and it looks like a shield, so everyone's like, oh, it must be someone's shield. Uh, but it actually buffs damage by 5% for like 15 seconds right now, something like that. Now, Searing Light, uh, it's a 120-second recast, so it lines up with a bunch of stuff. That's cool, at least in the second window. It increases damage dealt by 3%, so that's a little bit down. But it lasts for 30 seconds. A 3% buff for 30 seconds? That's pretty long. Yeah. That's that's pretty nice. Um, it doesn't mean that it has a whole lot of uptime. It's still 30 seconds every 120 seconds. So, But that's really cool. I really enjoy them keeping that utility on Summoner because, to me, I hate, frankly, hate the idea that a job's utility is just raised. Like, if that's what you're going to penalize for, it's got to be more than just raise, because at a certain point in progression, you don't need the raise. So you're being taxed for no reason. So I'm glad that they added this in. It's it's really cool. It's a little extra way to buff the party. That's, I mean, that's mostly it about Summoner. The flow is, like I said before, Bahamut or Phoenix, those three phases, Bahamut or Phoenix, repeat. Um, but it'll be a lot in the micromanagement. When do you do your gap closer? How do you stay safe in these mechanics? It'll be fun. So that's my TED talk about Summoner. I tried to keep it, <laughs> it was, keep it short. It was good. Just short. Well done. Well done. If you if you want to read like two thousand words, it's on the the website. Yeah. Where <laughs> yeah, I go if, through if every like single thing. If you'd like to read Aldino's doctorate thesis uh, about Summoner, yeah. uh, you know what's funny? <laughs> it's literally nineteen thousand words, which is about the length of a master's thesis. Um, the oh whole thing, God. not not just Summoner, all the jobs together all the jobs. is 19,000. I, I, I see, I see, I see. Yeah, not just Summoner. No, my God, that would be insane. I wasn't I exaggerating when I said that Aldino wrote a lot. Yeah. Aldino worked so hard many, many, on these Many jobs. words. Uh, um, some of them were good. That as a non-Summoner main, um, all of them were good, don't even. So, <laughs> so as a non-Summoner main, outside of all of this understanding and basis that you have, Aldino, I will say this much. I picked it up. I felt pretty good about how the things worked. I looked at it and I had a general sense of how to actually play the class, as opposed to the time back in Stormblood when on a whim I was like, haha, maybe I'll learn how to play Summoner. And then I opened up a Summoner guide and it was like, here's the opener. And it was like three pages. And I went, I don't understand this. <laughs> and I never touched it again. Um, I think that visually it does a fantastic job of just already getting you to the point where you are decently doing and hitting what you should be hitting, right? And it feels cool and it's exciting. And then, like you were saying, Al, you know, if you wanna dig into more with it, if you really wanna figure out how to line these things up and maximize these things and use these things in certain phases and how you use the flexibility of various elements in that kit, I think that's where a lot of the fun comes in. But for people mm -hmm. who have been daunted by Summoner, I think you're going to pick it up and have a blast. Because right. I did. I knew nothing about it. I was just mm. like, hee, hee, hee. Yeah. let me see what they do now. And then I had a really good time. It was some of the most fun I had playing jobs during the media tour. Yeah. 
Yeah, so unfortunately, it's a whole lot of fun. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, the number of tooltips this time around was mm-hmm. too shy of a thousand. <laughs> 998 tooltips. Oh. And uh, we also added 296 icons to the wiki. Yes. Of all Shout the out for Earthy out there. Yeah, yeah. so that, that was something else we did this, this time around as well. And it's linked into, into all the, the write-ups we have. Um, you can go and check the uh, wiki for all the jobs. Uh, and there's a Endwalker tab on there now. So if you're used to looking at actions um, in a nice organized table... Um, we have that as well. It's, you know, it's not quite, we didn't add every action. It's just a, one standalone table. This is all the new stuff. We highlight what the changes are. Um, so make sure to check that out again. Links are, are on the, uh, each individual job post for that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Where do um, we go from here? Do we stay in casters? Do we talk about Sage Reaper next? And then, I mean, there's yeah. so many, there's new so jobs many and then favorite stuff. Yeah. yeah. Sage yeah. Reaper and then favorite stuff. Okay. okay. I think. Okay. Sage? All right, then I guess Sage. Um, oh, so, sage. Rook, I'm going to give this oh, one to you. I am oh, not Sage. I'm oh, not a healer. Sage. Before, <laughs> before we get into it, here's a here's a mea culpa. So, Eucrasia, we're going to talk about it, what it, what it is. Uh, yeah, I said it was a, what, OGCD? It is not. Don't, don't listen to me sometimes. Sometimes. Read all those, but don't listen to me sometimes. I don't know oh, if that sage. made any sense. Anyway. Like, <laughs> yeah. We're all still recovering. Yeah. I mean... First and foremost, I would like to lead in that, although I did do spreadsheets and breakdowns of all of these, um, Aldino is a far more technical thinker (laughs) and communicator than I am. So just prepare yourselves because there's going to be not as much specific technicalities, but I will bring some things up and I'll probably make silly voices while I do it. So that's just me as a human being and I'm just going to be upfront about that. So when it comes to Sage, Sage obviously being our new shield healer. And I will say this, personally, and this is just me, I actually found Sage more confounding to get into than Reaper initially, Mm. which I know a lot of people have vice versa or things like that, but when I was just looking at Sage's kit, I was like, what? And that does what? I thought it was a shield healer. Where's the shield healing stuff? That's so many AoEs. Okay, that's a shield. (laughs) But also, that's the thing that does this. So the basic gist of this is that, truly, overall, I think that Sage has far more damage to healing than I thought it would. One. A lot more of the abilities, and you'll see all of it, um, although it's a sort of single target thing you apply to somebody or yourself. Um, that particular ability, which is... Uh, let me find cardia. it. Cardia. Cardia, yeah. which applies the effect Cardion to the target, um, is the marker that essentially... When you do certain attacks, and there's far more of them than I thought there would be, a lot of your kit actually triggers this. Um, either single target attacks that you do or AoE attacks that you do. Um, they will then trigger heals on that target. So with that, this actually like stacks on top of a lot of the others healing in Sage's kit. And um, Aldino, remind me, you can, you can move that around on people pretty freely, right? Yeah, uh, if I remember correctly, I'd have to check for the the cooldown because I didn't mess around with it nearly yeah. as much. But I'm I'm pretty sure you can uh, pop it around on other people. The recast is like five seconds. Yeah, it's five seconds yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. it's really not that bad, and you can move it around to people that you might need it on. And again, um, I think a lot of people were thinking it might end up functioning as something like a you damage more, you heal more proportionally. It's not mm-hmm. that. 
Um, it is instead that these certain attacks that you have in your kit will do a like base potency heal when you attack using that attack. So mm -hmm. the idea just being that essentially you're going to be able to get pretty good DPS uptime on Sage and still be healing someone or something and able to move that around fairly freely. Um, yeah. On top of that, a couple of the things that I thought were the most interesting about Sage. One, they do just have way more AoE heals than I thought they would, being a right. pure healer. I was genuinely surprised about this. There's just a lot of stuff that just heals and has additional healing effects, which is kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. But one in particular, let me find it. Haima. Haima oh, yes. is an ability that I think is one of the more interesting ones in its kit, in its kit that is also one of the more confusing ones in its kit. <laughs> so this is like we were talking about with Summoner, right? A thing that triggers a thing. Um, additional healing if it falls beneath the threshold, so and so, right? So Haima is an ability that creates a barrier around self or target party member. And there is also a an AoE version of this. So you have a single target version and then an AoE version. Um, but it essentially creates a barrier that will um, absorb damage equivalent to a heal of 150 potency. So you are essentially, right, like they get hit and it's going to absorb that. So it's as if you just instantaneously perfectly mm -hmm. lined up that sweet heal so that their health doesn't like plummet. Um, but it has this additional effect of granting five stacks of Hymatinon. And a lot of Sage's is language like this. Applies mm -hmm. this thing, this effect, this stack, this thing. So you have to kind of go through your tooltips and look for the abilities that say, like, uses this. Or when this is active, if you're trying to break this down for yourself and you start playing. So the additional effect of Hyma is that it'll grant five stacks of Hymatinon that last for 30 seconds. And when that first, you know, you have that first absorb on your damage um, that will do that heal. Essentially, it's as if every time you you turn it over with those stacks, you are getting a new shield applied. So mm -hmm. you have five stacks, one gets consumed, new shield is applied. One is consumed, new shield is applied. So this like barrier will just turn over until all the stacks are absorbed or that 30 second duration runs out. And when that duration expires, you'll get a healing effect that will apply based off of how many stacks didn't get consumed. So how many stacks were still just on you at the time? Um, and it will heal proportionally to how many stacks were on yourself or all the party members um, if you do the AoE version of this. So all of this to say, there's a lot of little things like that. Um, then there are also these interesting sort of interactions, the ability that um aldino is talking about eucrasia mm -hmm. uh, eucrasia does this thing where you use eucrasia and then eucrasia gives you access to these different like more advanced versions of abilities in your kit so prognosis becomes eucrasian prognosis dosis becomes eucrasian dosis um and those give you like additional boosts to what you would already be doing but you have to make sure that you hit them you have to hit eucrasia first to get those upgraded versions. And then when you are using that stuff, um, there is another ability, again, like there, it just has a lot of little interplays, right? So Pepsis, AKA Pepsi, um, then is one of those things where, I think it is this one, right? Yes, so you have to, if you've applied the shields and the effects, Eucrasian diagnosis and Eucrasian prognosis, so those upgraded versions after using Eucrasia, then Pepsis will have an additional effect that will heal the target based off of what's on them. 
Um, but nothing will happen if you don't have the Eucrasian versions of those abilities on the target. So all of this to say, Sage has a lot of very interesting little complexities and abilities that interplay off of abilities. And some of its abilities also bring new types of things in, like these ideas of consumable stacks of certain buffs that will then turn over um, while they are active on people. And it also has an ability that is exactly Adloquium. It's just Adloquium mm -hmm. with a different name. Um, so yeah. to say that, I think it looks really strong. It's incredibly fun to play. The capstone ability is really neat and it just multitasks beyond all belief. It heals everybody that's caught in the ray. It damages everybody that's caught in the ray. And then anybody else that also has that marker, the Hyma that does the damage to healing will also be healed by it being used. Um, when you look at this compared to Scholar, uh -huh. I sad inside. <laughs> I, to me, it <laughs> was the, the job mechanic, like the 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 bar, like the adder's gall and the mm -hmm. adder's sting, right? Uh, adder's gall are the little ovals at the top of the gauge. You get one every 20 seconds. Got that wrong. Going to fix it. Um, no, I'm not going to just say everything that I got wrong. I am. Uh, but <laughs> each one of those you use. There are abilities like uh, fizzes, right? Which is like indomitability. And it, you know, or, or well, no, fizzes is not one that uses. But there's a lustrate analog. I can't remember the name of it. I need to find ones that use these. Um, but there's a, uh, a lustrate analog, an indomitability analog, a sacred soil analog. Like, what? What? Why, why, are you, why are you taking that away? You're not taking it away. You just have to emulate it. But it was kind of funny to me that there were so many that had very similar effects that use specifically the ones that use that gauge. Yes. And my guess is that it's because, again, they're trying to create a coherent language of what it means to be, a, I guess, mm -hmm. pure healer versus pure shielder. So there's likely various foundational effects, just like between White Mage and Astrologian, that carry over the same kind of things, right? Yeah. But it felt particularly rough to me. And this isn't to say that Scholar, again, I don't want anybody to panic. I don't want anybody to be upset or anything like that. It just felt very strange to me that this particular healer does so much, also seems to have incredibly strong AoE heals, also does all these other shielding effects that Scholar does that are almost exact or very similar, also does. It just feels like there's a lot and it's going to be super ridiculously fun to play, right? Right. Um, but it introduced, I think, far more interesting concepts for a shield mm -hmm. healer than we we really didn't see much or anything added really or overhauled that much for Scholar. Yeah. Um, so it's like, I think Sage is going to be fantastic. Yeah. And once you kind of figure out how it all works, and like you were saying, the gauge, and you you know, mm -hmm. you realize how each bit kind of affects it. Um, it's cool. It's a yeah. really cool, exciting, interesting concept. I to want be completely them, honest. I want them to straight up steal Adder's Sting, that uh, the kind of diamonds at the bottom of the gauge, and put it on Scholar as well, because that only happens. You only get one of those if your Adloquium alike is broken. That's the only time you get it. I was hunting. I'm like, when, when do you get this? This is the only time. And it gives you a big AoE damage spell. You know, the, the X laser that we saw in the ability trailer. And I'm like, man, that's so cool. And it would add that kind of prognostication that let like future planning sort of healing 
to, oh, you know what? I know this is going to break, and that's what's going to give me my damage for this ad phase, if there were ad mm. phases in Savage anymore. Um, you know what I mean. <laughs> um, that sort of thing. Uh, so it's really cool. I really like the ideas that they have. Yeah, as, yeah. as somebody that, that is not a healer, um, mm-hmm. I, I play... I, briefly on on sage just to you know try it out I yeah love the sounds i think it sounds really oh cool. yeah. like like it's all these like yeah. weird like sci-fi sounds like it's yes. really so mr different. machinist and gunbreaker you <laughs> like the kind of pew pew noises i didn't know well, but it's, it's like really it's like, like sci-fi pew pew noises <laughs> yeah it's different than normal it's different than normal pew pew noises and okay, it has this like weirdly retro futuristic feel to right. it in the sense that like a lot of the sound effects seem to be based off of various iconic final fantasy sounds but then turned into this way like the a lot of the menu interfacing sounds or like technology yeah. sounds from previous final yeah. fantasy it's but really that have cool. been like changed it's so good yeah you know the retro futurism is exactly what i felt because all these are greek names you know the the entirety genesis of, of, of physicians and, you know, and the naming and, you know, I'm just thinking of them like, yeah, in their mind, they're like, yeah, I'm balancing your humors with lasers. That's what Sage feels like to me. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's so true. Um, and actually Fusion got incredible footage of the Sage Limit Break 3. Yes. That was so good. And people have, you know, talked about stuff since. Um, the idea that it almost looks as though it is kind of like the tree of knowledge or the world mm-hmm. tree that is like technological and like you can see the roots as it grows up, um, which again, I think is a perfect embodiment of the Charlian aspect where you have like new knowledge, but they also seem to have this great respect for nature and all even the natural areas in the city and or any of the mysteries behind the world tree that I'm still convinced exist. Uh, right. so- I love that people got that from that because... I I went into the dungeon and I just put up a dummy to get LB3 footage. We have that for both Sage and Reaper. It's, a, it's the first thing in our videos for Sage and Reaper. Um, and I didn't see that because, I mean, part of it, right? I'm just trying to rush I'm like, okay, yeah, that looks good enough. I think we're good. I just, I just like, got this feeling of, like, I'm going to, like, heal and raise your ass with, like, gold Tron. <laughs> like, that was... <laughs> right, that because was of the light take- cycles, yeah. Right, that was my takeaway. I'm just like, yeah, Tron heal. <laughs> <laughs> It hey, does look like either. that. No, it's not wrong. It's just, yeah, it's I do also see... kind of tech look uh-huh. to it. It's really cool. I love the aesthetic. Yeah. I think it's great. It's yes. fantastic. Um, I see in chat, too, a lot of people saying they think Scholar is going to get an overhaul at some point. I feel the same. Yeah. I mm-hmm. feel like at some point we're going to get a very similar thing. I mean, Aldi, you know, it's so funny to me. I love this because I think you were so spot on and I'm so happy to see all of this come to fruition. When you were on the cast, like, what they need to do is separate out Scholar and Summoner and rework them and give them their own unique identities. And it would be kind of cool if Summoner got something like Evoker from 16, where you could actually, like, have the elements and or wield their powers. And then, and like, lo and behold, here we are after the media tour. And it's like, although it's not exactly Evoker, it basically allows you the same kind of fantasy. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, so uh, I have hope Scholar will get something. I'm like just this. I'm imagining like like Summoner and Scholar in line at like the yeah. deli counter. They each take a ticket, and like Summoners comes up. They're like, "Yeah, I have these new like emeralds and stuff." And he's like, "Yeah," and then like they just uh-huh. skip over the number ticket that Scholar has. He's like, "What the hell?" <laughs> and then the fairy goes up and, and is like, "I believe you forgot our sandwiches." Um, you know that whole <laughs> meme. <laughs> but yeah, new fairy you know, Karen. Yeah, the you know we can we can segue into to Scholar just for a second. Yeah, because before we do, 
Yeah. For me, do I have uh-huh. a bad joke slash addition to Nautilus lore thought? Oh, yes. Oh, boy. If Sage's limit break is the world tree, does Sage have something to do with dragons? Ratatasker on the world tree? Mmm. Mmm. It's a stretch and a bad joke. You may continue. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It said, I love you and I love the way your brain works. So I think this is great. Um, I don't know if we can say there's dragon-specific symbolism, but I do think it is notable, yes, that the dragons do share names in regards to the lore that would have originated with uh, the world tree itself. Yeah, and also I think Chris uh, said it about uh, turn 13 in in Bahamut, how the arena is kind of that world tree imagery as Mm -hmm. well, Uh, or the Mm -hmm. tree of life imagery, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, It's really cool. But like, Who is a dragon? I mean, it's dragon. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> There's dragons all the way down. Um, but like Scholar, I dragons mean... Dragons came from a different world. Uh-huh. What if that world is Asgard? <laughs> oh, my God. My God. Uh, okay, Aldino, <laughs> please say what you've been trying to say. <laughs> just... I just want to help the Scholars not feel bad. Because uh, you shouldn't Look, feel all bad. All I'm saying is we're going to have some issues if Party Thor shows up. In oh, Eurasia. no. No, that's that's I mean, my I'm only takeaway from I, this. I'm here for it. I'm ready. <laughs> but you know, scholar. Okay, like the pet reacts more quickly. That's good. You know, that's something. But like, scholar to me, and it's gonna it's gonna sound weird, but scholar to me is not not the shield healer. That's not its identity. It's not. It is a mm-hmm. shield healer, but it's not the shield healer. I think scholar is the mitigation healer. Like, they have so many tools, so many, even even more than Sage. Sage got a lot of, oh, crap buttons. What I'm on, I'm on a podcast where I can do this. They got a lot of, oh, shit buttons, right? Those <laughs> instant heals on long cooldowns. Scholar has less of those, but more of the, okay, well, remember they got their go fast, but it also has a damage uh, resistance, right? There's a lot of damage resistance that they can just pump out. There's a lot of that trickle heal from the fairy where they don't have to worry about where. The fairy even has damage resistance and another shield. So, like, there's still that kind of thinking about the future, but not in a, I don't know, yes, there's shields, but it really feels like the majority of it is mitigation. And I don't know really how to how to really phrase that. I said it in the, the write-up, and I think I was better at it then, because I had all the tooltips near me. But it, it's a very interesting dichotomy that I don't think they did enough for. And if they mm-hmm. lean into that, that'd be great, honestly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's tough because I think it really does show. I mean, and again, I don't think it's going to be bad by any means. I mean, they mm-hmm. do a good job of trying to keep things fairly balanced. So, again, play, enjoy, yeah. know that all of this is just theorizing. I mean, there's going to be all sorts of things, right? But, I mean, you you know, and this was a big thing for me when I got into the media tour and I pulled up Scholar. I was like, do the fairies do different things? And I looked at it mm-hmm. and I was like, they do not still. So it's those things where you see in the same kind of expansion, them talking about summoner, right? Every summon should feel different and unique Mm -hmm. and have these, you know, interesting things to them and an iconic feel as you play through. They are aware. And I can only imagine at some point they're going to go, yes, well, also we need to do this with Scholar because yes, it is weird and this is strange. But hearing it from Yoshi-san in the interview, just the sheer amount of time it even took them to rework yeah. Summoner, I understand yeah. why they're not, you know. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> sure, yeah. he, said, he said it was basically a third job that they made, so it's like, mm-hmm. they can't make four jobs, they just can't. Yeah. 
Thing, things are already delayed. They gotta, they gotta stop somewhere. Sorry, yeah. scholars. Real sorry. Yeah. You know, I just hope they lean into the mitigation the and, and have the fairies do things like that. And of course, scholar is still great because of chain stratagem. I mean, come on. Like, that's, that's a good ability. Everybody likes that ability. It's going to be great. Like, it, it's interesting to me that they wait, the, may, the way that they made Sage do what Scholar does, but then have more oh shit buttons. Whereas Scholar does what Scholar does, but has more party utility and mitigation. It's, it's really interesting. And it makes me think, yes, I know they're both shield healers, but I would love to see Sage, Scholar together just try and do some really hard stuff just to see how that interacts because there might be some what stuff damage? that we don't see i think right. i think with the way that that sage can like attack and heal now i think what they mm-hmm. need to do with scholar is just get rid of the fairy yeah. and you just have a little tonberry that just doinks people and heals <laughs> i knew it's where you're going yeah doink heal. i mean i would i would absolutely Ranker. love for them to at some point put a tonberry in that class like lean into the nim we talked about this but there's so much fun stuff they could do with that yes. nine element yeah. I mean, they let, can do a let ton scholars of doink. Yeah, that's my <laughs> campaign slogan for for Cash. scholar rework and in, in 7.0. Let scholars doink. What I really like fusion is how when Aldino said, "What did you say? Shit!" You went yeah. mm, and a you big did. old frown appeared on <laughs> your face. And then the See? moment when you start talking, you're like, "Let scholars doink." Yeah, but yeah. doink is a Final Fantasy term. I mean, okay, shite. They have oh shite buttons, all right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm sorry. I need to stay in fiction. You're right. Thank just, you for, it took, for quoting I, My him. brain was processing it. It's, I wasn't... Say whatever no. the fuck you want. I don't care. <laughs> That's evidence. <laughs> See? I don't <laughs> care. I, oh my you know. god, Fusion said a curse word. Oh. We're in trouble now. Oh. <laughs> my but mom's yeah, going to love- call me later now. It's like, what did you say? <laughs> What, was what did you say in front I, of those everybody's on the internet? Right. Sorry, I should have censored it. Let scholars diddly do. Oh, yeah, that's even better. Thank you. That's appropriate. Mm. Diddly mm-hmm. doink. That was such a good oh, setup. Really? Oh, come on. Retake, retake. Take two. Come on. <laughs> Let we'll scholars diddly got. doink. <laughs> oh, man. We're still going. Um, I just realized. I just looked at the time and I'm like, yep. We just I talked about two jobs. Oh. <laughs> Well, so full disclosure. That is why I said about yeah. every single Summer job. Sage favorites. <laughs> yeah. and we, love you, we love you all. That's a lot yeah. of stuff to talk about. Oh. Uh, that's why we will take questions if they come. But we we have a yes. short list of yes. of, yeah. of jobs that we'll, we'll talk about. Uh, so so it goes to Reaper. 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 Um, Reaper is so interesting and just completely not discernible until you actually like get in there. And it's, look at the tooltips and really think about it. It's it's funny it's because we, we laughed at Rook's description of playing Summoner. Where it's yeah. like you push the button and things light up. It's not unsimilar to how Reaper <laughs> I felt works. Yeah. It's no. it's you got your two gauges that you're working on. Um you kind of have to do this back and forth a little bit to get things built up, and then you can channel the avatar, and then you get access to some other stuff. Um, the, the one thing, mm-hmm. b- and before I forget to, I was trying to like glance yeah. at this, at the write up as we were talking about summoner, I'm like, okay, I need to try and make sense of this and to explain. Oh yeah. I still can't. But one of the things that I remembered, um, uh-huh. was the, uh, uh, shoot, what was it? The soul sound? 
ability. Oh yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. so 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 which uses Harvest Moon. So this was something I just I just kind of stumbled on, which uh, yeah, honestly, like once I realized what it was and how it works is awesome, and I can't wait to to use this as Reaper. I'm definitely gonna be playing Reaper. Um, mm-hmm. So you get this ability called Soul Sow. So, so when when fighting, it's it's a cast. It's a it's mm-hmm. a, I forget the timing on it, but it's a decently it's a long, long cast. It's a long cast, but then once it's done, you can do Harvest Moon, which um, it doesn't just like you know harvest all your vegetables or anything like that. It just it's a big AOE, which is really cool, right? Big body boom, yeah. But if you're out of battle, Soul Sow is an instant cast. Which means this gives you a button to push between poles, and I love that. Yeah. I think that is so good. It's um, like ninja and um, hide, right? <laughs> to regenerate your mudra stacks. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's one of those in between poles kind of fun <laughs> things. It's 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 great because you can just push this, and then you just come in and you're like, oh, harvest mood, farming games die. Like it's great. <laughs> um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, yeah, Reaper has a lot of really fascinating interplay and when you look at it and you look at the tooltips you're just going to be like what? Wow. i don't get it what so, <laughs> like, it's, there's I, a lot there because of yes. the you have certain attacks but then you have some attacks that use your avatar but they're not the attacks that like are you, <laughs> you with the avatar like it's yeah. there's there's a lot going on and yeah so you know when i talked about running the dungeon earlier right i'm like yeah i'll do it on reaper i feel like i kind of understand it i relatively understood pushing one button made this button light up which then mm-hmm. made this button light up which then made me go ah and then damage happened so <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know it's a i really i really enjoy one yes is the two gauges like some stuff gives you the the soul gauge which is the red one the top one and then you use an ability and then you get a stack of a buff and i'm like what there's a what there's yeah, there, there are four different phases. But that gives you a stack of soul reaping. Which or reaving, sorry. And one, Soul Reaver is a great game. Just saying. Um, mm-hmm. but anyway, um, you can use that on and this is where I had to say this, because Koji, you madman, right? Okay. The abilities that use um, you know, this this buff are gallows, gibbet. Which I, I, it's weird. It's gibbet or gibbet. It's it's old English. Who cares? It's gibbet. And guillotine. They're all G's. And when I looked at the three of them with the same blue background and all G's, I was like, someone did that on purpose. And they're really proud of it. And I bet it was Koji. And you know what? I'm proud of you too. Just because I was like, oh, those are the three that I have to think about for soul reading. It, mm-hmm. It's really, really e- easy. Well, that's um, a great point, though, because they did, I think, visually, mm-hmm. really, even with the icons and things, try to help you. Not only how they light up, but, right, like, the thing is, is that you essentially have these three facets that you're really looking at yep. and that will be affected. So one is the um, your regular gauge, which is like the Reaper side that has a red bar and a blue bar, like a tealy mm-hmm. kind of bar. So the red bar is that one, again, where you're going to be using it for kind of like just basic attacks. It will build up and then be consumed by different things that you're using when you're just in like your regular form. The next one is that kind of blue color, which actually like synthesizes how well you and your spirit are vibing. And then mm-hmm. when you reach a certain point, spirit's like, yeah, it's cool. It's been a good it's been a good fight so far. So you want to just become one or something? And then yeah. you end up activating that death gauge, which then allows you different abilities off of that. And your icons will all switch. But they also visually 
made a lot of the abilities red or blue mm -hmm. so that you can kind of see some stuff. And mm -hmm. then when you switch, all your icons turn over and you have an idea and you've got like this kind of, I think it's like red versus purple with yeah. the little flamies or something or mm -hmm. blue, blue versus purple. Again, so there's a lot of visual aid in the class. Right. And, you know, those, those G skills. And this is where your positionals come in. Now brace yourself, future Reapers. You have two positionals. Yeah. Let's brace yourself. It's terrifying, but these are the best positionals in the game by design because you get that soul reaver, you get a stack of it. You're going to use it on, if it's single target, gallows or gibbet. It's so hard to say that. Anyway, one of them is rear, one of them is flank. Okay, you, you, you get how this works, but when you use that stack of soul reaving for one of these, the ability that you use to get into this mode changes because Gallows enhances the next Gibbet, and Gibbet enhances the next Gallows. And they were like, man, that's going to be annoying to remember. So we've got this cool mechanical flair. When you use Gallows, Bloodstalk, the way to get into it, turns into Unveiled Gibbet. And that button's always there to remind you that that's your next one. Your next one is going to be a Gibbet. Mm -hmm. Because you have to press this before you press Gibbet. That's why so it's Unveiled. Yeah. It's unveiled gibbet, then gibbet. And the next time you come around, it's unveiled gallows, then gallows. It's, it really, really makes sense. And it's so good. I love that. And mm -hmm. the positionals and this buff, the enhanced buff, lasts for 60 whole seconds. Because it takes you a while to get back around enough red bar to get into this cycle again. So it's this really interesting, I have one positional. Maybe 20 to 30 seconds later, I mean, it's going to be faster in an opener and things like that. I have the other. And you're doing this kind of tick-tock back and forth. And when I was writing this, in my brain, I was like, oh, yeah, Reaper. Tick-tock back and forth. Oh, it's like the inevitability of death. Wait a second. Was that a Nautilus moment? Should I even say this out loud? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I love it. I, and I just... Thematically, it's so cool. I really like the idea of Reaper. Yeah. I don't, I, I, I might play it. I will not play it 100% seriously, but man, there's just so much going on. They have a spoopy brotherhood is what I like to call it. Like <laughs> it is, it's spoopy brotherhood. It's just, you press it, people doing stuff gives you yeah. chakra, but you know, you're edgy. So it's immortal sacrifices. <laughs> Using that, you use the big kill everything in front of you thing. Yeah. It's really, so, really cool. The night that Charles explained this to me so that I yeah. could try and make an infographic that made sense. Which you did a great <laughs> job on, by the way. Thank you. I, I I walked over to my husband and was like, hey, there's a job in 14 that has a scythe. And when you hit a button, you get a permanent um, Grim Reaper hood until your uh, face is over with. That's pretty cool, huh? The next morning I come down and his side monitor is full of Reaper videos. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Mission <Yeah>. accomplished. <laughs> there yeah. was one thing. Did we talk about Arcane Circle yet? Oh, Spoopy Brotherhood. Oh, the Spoopy Brotherhood. Spoopy yeah. Brotherhood. This is perfect. Yeah. This is a perfect transition. One thing that I thought was super fun about Spoopy Brotherhood is or that Arcane not Circle. only <laughs> Arcane Circle. Yeah. Is that not only does this ability buff your party, right? Um, and then it grants this like these stacks to your party. Um, it's it's a huge honkin' tooltip on this sucker. Oh, yeah. Where it's like 
For 20 seconds, you buff everybody 3%. Also, for 5 seconds, you grant Circle of Sacrifice to self and party members. Also, for 6 seconds, not the 5 seconds last time, grants Bloodstone Circle to self. Circle of Sacrifice effect, Bloodstone Circle effect. Like, it's just this massive thing, right? The yeah. idea is that essentially it not only buffs your party members, but it then creates this, like, connective thing between you and them, those who have been buffed by it. Mm -hmm. Where, as they... I'm making sure I'm getting this right, because I have to go through because yeah. it was really cool when I figured it out. Um, when they land a weapon skill or a cast, the Reaper might be granted a stack of Immortal Sacrifice, and there's a chance that you can get up to eight of these stacks on yourself. And then, after that, you use this for... Oh, which one is it? Plentiful Harvest. Plentiful Harvest. Just as edgy. So you, after you get all these stacks, you've buffed your party members, and then you yourself almost use the bits of, like, soul they're cleaving off and, like, gather it up, and then you use Plentiful Harvest, which is an ability that's buffed based off of how many of these stacks you've gotten um, mm -hmm. during your buff that's been applied to your party members. And I just think... The interplay of this class is fascinating. It plays well enough that like you get into it and we didn't even talk about the mobility. I love no. those portals. They're phenomenal. Yeah, yeah they're, they're fantastic. Great. But you're not going to like same kind of thing as Summoner. I was worried about it. I started playing mm -hmm. it. I was like, oh, I'm kind of nervous. There's a lot of stuff happening in these tooltips. And then before I knew it, I was just like swinging my scythe with abandon like, mm -hmm. this is so good because stuff procs and you hit it and it's great. But you will like learn over mm -hmm. time how all these things dovetail and like exactly how you should optimize mm -hmm. this or that like back and forth of those two abilities that buff each other like endlessly. Yeah. Or this thing with, like, the, you know, party buff into then this massive yeah. reaping harvest with plentiful harvest. It is really intricate, but not yeah. inaccessible. And I and, think that is something that's an incredible balance they've struck with this. Yeah. And plentiful harvest, like, an additional effect gives you enough shroud gauge, the blue gauge, to go directly into Avatar. Mm -hmm. Which is like, okay, so every 120 seconds, which is Spoopy Brotherhood, a.k.a. Arcane Circle, not the other way around. Um, is on a 120 second timer. So every 120 seconds, if you do this and Plentiful Harvest, you then immediately go into Avatar. Or not. Yeah, I mean, you could keep it. Maybe that'll be how it plays. It's going to be really interesting to see what an opener and a however many minute cycle will look like with them. Mm -hmm. I, I'm really looking forward to the theory crafting on this one. I am not qualified yeah. for that, right. um, but I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I will say the time that I had with Reaper, I, I enjoyed it. I, you know, obviously, like, as somebody that plays a lot of Dragoon, I was like, oh, it'll use my Dragoon stuff. So I might as well, mm -hmm. like, mess around with it. I'll have the gear for it. Um, I could I could maybe see myself playing this uh, a fair bit. Um, I don't know if it'll be my main. I'm mm. not going to say, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to go that far yet. But okay. um, playing around with it. Yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be one of those, like, fun to play, maybe a little trickier to master um but like using the portals was like super fun um yeah i think i think people will have a lot of fun with this if they like mm -hmm. dps classes um and it's it's definitely something i'm gonna be playing more of once uh once once the game is out yeah well that's reaper i i guess it's uh standouts huh um yeah so i mean for for myself like uh let's i'll do dragon machinist real quick um mm -hmm. So Dragoon, um, the new thing that we get 
is we get our uh, uh, the Wormwind thrust. So I think a lot of changes um, for I mean for for the jobs that I like try to you know pay a little more attention to because they're ones that I'm more familiar with and ones that I play. Um, it's it's really what Yoshida said during the the last live letter is that these are evolutions of the changes that they made in Shadowbringers and it feels exactly like that. Um, Dragoon now with the uh, the extra AOE options. I mean, you can just you can run right into your your single uh, target combo right into weave right into the AOE stuff without missing a beat, and it feels so good. Mm-hmm. Like like even like BTS is like they have their song Butter. Even they're looking at this, they're like, man, that's smooth. Like it's good. It's so good. Um, okay. I really love how Dragoon feels now being able to weave in and out of of AOE and single mm-hmm. target. Um, then let's see what I mean that was it I mean it it just it feels like like an evolution right it just it everything just feels like it flows really well Um, even some of your abilities evolved you know some of them literally evolved I mean getting getting rid of uh, of of blood of the dragon and turning it into a Mm -hmm. trait like that's great having um, we get charges for life surge now like it it feels really good um, same thing with like machinist now, like we get, uh, charges for, um, for reassemble, which is great. Um, and having chainsaw give you battery, <laughs> like you can pop your air anchor and your chainsaw now just do one combo and you got robot. Like, that's it. Like you don't have to sit there and do two combos, do your air anchor. It, it's, you get a quicker robot. Um, and I'm really yeah. curious to see how that'll, how that'll change the opener. And I, th- you know, mm-hmm. you get two two reassembles, so that's that's a, that's a lot of crit <laughs> right there yeah. that you can just shove down somebody's face. Like it's it's really good. Um, I I love the changes for him. And and again, right, it's it's nothing drastic. It's not like you have to relearn the entire job. It's okay. It just it just the changes just flow. Like it, it, they did a really good job with with these two. Yeah. Something I want to mention really quick, because uh, I have seen it crop up here and there is uh people being upset about um dps physical dps potencies dropping oh sure. and that is just because Ignore uh, wep- yeah weapon damage has been lifted so they had to scale it out yep mm-hmm. so Any, anything it's, it's not actually an issue anything that you're seeing with a number that has you worried ignore it just yeah don't even care like it's you know it's like like we've said right doing the dungeon running through content and stuff it felt fine it didn't feel like i was doing like less damage it didn't feel like i was doing more damage uh it just it felt fine so really anything with a number just don't even don't even look at the number before before the game is out (laughs) honestly like it does not matter (laughs) at this point wait until you get hands on wait until you see how they've formulated the the number crunch and stuff don't even pay attention Mm -hmm. to the numbers right now do yourself a favor yeah you know in in all the write-ups i just kind of did it relatively uh, I was like, this is like a Ruin 4 or like a Xenoglossy or at least what it seems to be that they want it to be. But even that doesn't carry over from classes because Enochian on Black Mage gives them straight up a 20% buff at max level, I believe now. <laughs> so their potency and then Astral Fire, what does that really mean for the, the spell itself, right? So there's that's just the base. Like every job has buffs and weird stuff that's going to change it. But yeah, you are 100% right, Zen. Like it's because... Weapon damage was already, already always higher, magic damage-wise. So they just had to figure it out and then adjust potencies downward for physical to, to make it make sense. 
So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I think it's almost more interesting at this point. And I tried, like, you know, in the coverage that I did of the jobs, and I think, like, we all were trying to tackle this, you know? It's like, sure, we can talk about potencies, and I gave, like, general percentage increase, decrease. This is kind of where it's at. But as we all have prefaced, it's like, all of this is very subject to change. Yeah. And so much, you know, so much of it is this downscaling, and we literally just don't understand what it is with the context of all the actual numbers in place of the downscaling. Um, but what is more interesting to me to look at overall are certain areas where across the board certain things got nerfs, nerfs, we'll say in quotations, mm -hmm. and across the board where certain things got buffs, like we were talking about earlier, like classes getting a lot more mobility or charges of mobility or right. reducing cost of MP or things like uh, upping healing potency across the board or providing more like passive healing or these like weird, you know, redundancy healings where it's like if this gets consumed, then all this stuff happens where you start building a possible picture of how they are thinking when they are designing stuff coming up, you know, where it's like, oh, maybe we're going to be having to sustain through a lot more damage here or this kind of thing, or, you know, um, you know, it's going to be high movement or there's going to be, that's more what I take away from this rather than anything mm -hmm. specific potency wise on any of these classes ever. Because if you look mm -hmm. at just dancer and bard objectively, yeah. they have been nerfed into the ground, right? It's like yeah. every attack they got was across the board decreased, yeah. except for like a few that were buffed. And so when you look at that, you go, okay, that's downscaling because this isn't, yeah, that's no, they, no, okay, that's something no, no. that's bigger than what's happening, you know. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. When yeah. I started going through the tooltips and like looking at the old stuff, I was kind of like, "What the hell is going on?" And then when I got to Black Mage, I was like, "Why is this all the same? Black Mage doesn't need it." And then, oh, weapons, right? right. They're right. gonna do okay, yeah. <laughs> it does. I am in, uh, like an interesting thought I had just now when you were talking about. Um, uh, healing potency because overall healing potency on like everything went up at least a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, it's interesting that that is the case. And yet you said when you are playing as a healer in that dungeon, it might've felt a little bit more difficult than usual. I mean, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I think interesting. they are weighting it heavier. And of course this is a single piece of content, right? right. So it's mm -hmm. not as though, again, we can really make any sweeping edicts, but mm -hmm. just looking at this culmination of little, leads it kind of feels like oh hey maybe this is something that they're doing right yeah. um especially with them separating these two categories of healers but then also not like really severely restricting you know astrologian still has neutral sect which literally does the same thing as neutral sect now um white mage got new damage reduction shieldy kind of things it's, it's one of these things where the fact that they didn't have all those removed and then shield healers didn't have their heals removed and everybody kind of has some kind of buff thing, helper, damage reducer, it makes me go overall, eh, they're going to be doing more in regards to this. Like, we mm. might see more damage that requires active participation from everyone and tanks using cooldowns in interesting ways and everything to try and sustain it and the heals, right? Pull your, your eyes out of tunnel vision DPS. It's time to hit your medication. I don't want uh, Can I talk? Can I talk about a spree? Can I just talk about a spree? Yeah, quick? definitely. All right. Okay. So I've complained about this uh, before. And anybody who's ever done anything with me on Dancer knows that I complain about it all the time. Uh, right now, improvisation... Uh, when you use this and everybody's in your little circle of improv, 
you get, I think, three from yourself, three is free from yourself, and one from everybody else. So a total of 10 per tick. If anybody steps outside of the circle, you end up with an odd number, and it hurts. It hurts. I don't like it. You could deal with it. I've actually, <laughs> I've seen a lot of people be like, I just let it cap out so that the number's round again. And I'm like, I can't do that. I have to use all this spree. I can't waste any spree. I have to look at this terrible round number. However, now, improvisation does not do that anymore. It does something else entirely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which, it's, it's a pretty cool thing um, for every, like, little shubity shubity you do. Uh, we have such you get a great stack. names for things today. I just <laughs> we do, yeah. Uh, you get a stack of rising rhythm, and depending on how many stacks of rising rhythm you get, you do a healing percentage. I think uh, five, four stacks is the most you can get, and you do ten percent of everyone's maximum HP back to them. Um, I guess when you're as a shield, yeah. Yes, shield, you use yeah. improvise finish off of improvisation. Mm -hmm. you, you, that's that's pretty cool, right? That's yeah. pretty sweet. Uh, the, the coolest part about this is if there's not really a good place to use this, but it's up, you can still use it, get zero stacks, and it still gives you 5%. Yeah. So you just tap it, tap the other thing, you're done, you go back to your, your thing, but it was still useful. I think that's really cool. I and, really love that. Yes. The, the other big thing about Esprit is they just kind of changed the way it worked entirely, right? It's it's no longer a, you kind of might sort of maybe get this when somebody else does a super cool crit thing over here. Yeah, maybe. Um, no, it just happens every time. Charles, do you recall? What was that? Which part? Every time you get a spree. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, now it uh, it will ac accumulate when they cast a weapon skill or a spell. Yeah. Yes. Every just every time. Every time. You get something. Yeah. Bam. Bam. So it's you don't you don't have any amazing. of the extra yeah you don't have like any of the extra critty type things to get anymore but just the fact that it's filling up is I'm mm -hmm. like how much am I mm -hmm. gonna have I haven't sat yeah. here and tried to figure it out but yeah I'm like this sounds really good and also I don't have to complain at people to stand still and be near me anymore <laughs> oh it's in the right <laughs> at opportune times yes oh that's yes. in the right, up right because we're in the same yeah. static and I hear why did people why didn't people stay close to me I'm a caster so I don't move but. I'm like, it's not me. I don't know. But yeah, I think I, I said improvisation, also known as why. Why didn't you stay close to me? Now it's uneven. Has been adjusted. So that's that's what I said, I think. <laughs> it just, it hurts so bad. I what, what I was hoping for was that they would make, maybe make the circle just a little bit bigger. Because mm -hmm. I don't want to inconvenience everybody else, but I want to try and use all of my abilities to the best of my ability. Yeah. But this is better. This is way better. Thank you, Yoshi P. Hallelujah. <laughs> um, I'm really interested to see how uh, Talana, the new mm -hmm. ability, is going to work. It basically does the same thing. Like, it re-ups uh, standard step. Does that same thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe the potency is different. Yeah, it does a lot less damage. Oh, yeah. Okay, so it's the same potency as if you'd done zero steps right on standard finish. Yeah. Yeah. So it does a lot less damage, but it's like, and it also does a buff, which is cool. I like buffs. Buffs are great. Mm -hmm. The times on these things are massive. That yeah. buff lasts for, for 60 seconds. So uh, I know I know. Um, sometimes I, I hear some people not call anybody out. They're sad because if they don't have dance partner, they don't get buffs all the time, but. It's me, it's like Zen. The optimized <laughs> way to play in the static is if you buff me, the white mage. 
And then I get dance partner, and then I am the major DPS giver in Mm -hmm. our party. Glare mage. It's a thing. Yeah. It's a legitimate strategy. This lasts 60 seconds, so theoretically, if, if if I don't screw up, it's going to be on people all of the time. Yeah. Um. So that's cool. That's yeah. nice. Mm-hmm. Um. And there's like a the thing that activates it because you have to have something up to use it. Uh, Technical last, finish. Yes. What? Last 30 seconds. My question here is that is that 30 seconds starting when I hit the button the first time or when I finish it? Actually, I guess looking oh, yeah. at it would tell me. I think mm. it's a, if I'm remembering, it's, it would be finish. It's so finish. technical finish. So that's, that's mm-hmm. when you finish. Mm. So it's after you, yeah, okay. So, but you're still like a period yeah. of time where both of the buffs, like the buff from your technical dance and the buff, the uh, like the additional one from your standard finish mm-hmm. are stacked over each other. So you have both of them simultaneously before the shorter one falls off and the right. longer one continues. Yeah. But yes, and I th- I'm, I'm just looking at these long timers going, are these gonna are these things gonna be right after one another? Because it looks like dances will be like standard, technical, standard, Talana to try and smash everything in. That's just <laughs> me making stuff up. I haven't looked super into it, but I'm right. kind of hoping not not even hoping. I'm just wondering how it's gonna work. To me, it looks like you do your standard, then you do your technical, and at the end, you basically just get a free standard that lasts for a while until your next standard. So it almost looks like standard won't fall off. Because standard did it ever before? It's like recast thirty seconds. No, like, so it doesn't. Sure. But yeah. you wanna you wanna use it as soon as it's up for yeah. that damage. Mm-hmm. So like the way that things are right now, I read this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not just the standard stuff buff. No, it does something else. But mm-hmm. you don't want to not use. You don't want to use Talana in place of standard stuff ever. That's that's yeah, not it's good. Not much damage. That's, but you that's can't because yeah. yeah yeah. So it's like it looks like they would both come up at the same time. You'd have to pick or do one before the other. So I'm hoping that the time on that buff you get from uh, finish, technical finish, is mm-hmm. long enough that you can fit. The, I'm sure it. I'm sure it fits in there well. I haven't looked at it. Yeah. <laughs> enough to be able to tell. I'm sure that there have already there are already people who have figured this out. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it it is a weird one. As I'm looking at it, I'm like, what? The, I don't do dancer. Like dancer was the hardest one for me. Especially look, because guys, there's there's 19 freaking jobs yeah. <laughs> that we've been I think looking at. There's a lot. There's one bit that's like fan dance three or something. One of the fan dances has the wrong name for the buff, and it sent me into a spiral. I was like, yeah. where does this come from? Everything else says fourfold. This says flourishing fan dance. Where does that come from? I don't see it anymore. And then I look at the old stuff, and that's what it used to be called. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. they just missed one. Oh, okay. Well, I I, I spent 10 minutes. Trying to figure this out, that's fine. <laughs> Content in development subject to typos. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, everything we say is subject to change and blah, blah, yes. blah. Yes. Uh, Probably yeah, I will. Guess, yeah. <laughs> the only standouts that I wanted to talk about in general are, are Ninja, because I like Naruto. Um, and it's cool. And it looks like it'll be a very fun, still very busy class um, with some extra quality of life. I mean, Paladin looks like, wow, how much healing do you need? All of it. Why not? And it's great. I love it. I love that they made, like, they leaned even harder into it being, like, the defensive tank, but also that Mm -hmm. magical and, like, physical combatant component of it. Like, the fact that all your sword stuff or, like, all your spells pretty much do healing now as well. Mm -hmm. I was like, 
this is amazing. Like, I just really like it. It's not even the most massive overhaul, but Mm -hmm. I think it leans into the class theme. It also provides like real tangible, I think just good stuff back. It just feels good. Mm -hmm. And the new abilities look super cool. Yeah. You know, we don't, I don't like to talk about meta in general because it doesn't matter. You can clear anything with anything. Yeah, probably in week one, but definitely after week one, right? It's fine. You'll, You'll have gear, at least some of it. But yeah, Paladin was immortal on their own, but they were de-incentivized to be the main tank. Uh, just because they didn't have the self-healing of a warrior or, you know, the Blackest Knight of a Dark Knight. So it's interesting because Paladin and Gunbreaker in the most uh, meta sense were the off tanks that did more damage, right? Mm-hmm. But with Paladin getting that self-sustain, I don't know. That's an interesting question. Um, but it's very cool. And then uh, the last thing that I, I absolutely had to talk about is my favorite new ability in Inwalker, which is Macro Cosmos on Astrology. Oh my, I was going to say we have to talk about Astro. Oh, it's so, so good. I, I thought you might. I thought you might because you, you can segue into the rest of the Astro if you'd like because I'm done after this. But Macro Cosmos, oh my goodness. Like the, the, what it does is it's an ability. It's that star shower, maybe not say star shower, but the, the kind of falling star uh, looking ability. That does damage, right? But it also gives everyone a buff, um, which is called, I believe it's called uh, Macrocosmos still. But then the button changes into Microcosmos, which will never be confusing. No, no, no. Not even a little bit. Um, But then I believe I have to find it. But when you press the button, it will give back. So this buff lasts for maybe 30 seconds. People are taking damage. And when you press the button, it'll give back 50% of whatever damage they took in that time period, which is so interesting and cool and a completely new type of heal that we've never seen before. So cool. I like walking dead. Like who cares about that now? I mean, you still do. There's a lot of really weird, like kind of heal abilities in in, mm-hmm. in Endwalker. It's you know, there's the stuff where it's like, okay, you get hit, but it heals you a little bit, and then you get hit and it stays stays on you and you get healed. Like there's some really interesting things. Right. I'm really curious when they develop these abilities, what their use case was. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if, if they're developing this monster like, you know, a fight and they're like, yeah, and then we're gonna have it do this and like we need ability that can help with that. So we're gonna make this <laughs> like I'm just I'm really curious, you know, how it all kind of came together. But yeah. yeah. And you know Everybody else heals more than I do. I mean, and I probably mean everybody else. So, of course, using it, who knows? But this, to me, seems like uh, Tumult, Ockmore, any of those where you're like, okay, we're constantly taking damage. I'll hit this beforehand, maybe, because there's going to be a big one at the end and then burst it right back up. I don't know if it'll work anytime you get reduced to one, right? Because I don't know if that's damage or not. But if it does, oh, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, it's wildly strong, (laughs) to be honest. Astrologian, I think, out of everybody... I mean, Sage looks really interesting and Mm -hmm. comprehensive, and I think it can be played very well. Astrologian, though, I used to main Ast in Stormblood, and Mm. that was kind of, for me, I loved that concept of Ast. So I kind of fell out of it in Shadowbringers. I kind of went back to my White Mage roots, and they reworked a lot there that I think really polished that class off, even if it's slightly less complex just innately, you know? But it feels good to play. And it worked with a lot of the healers I was running in raids, so Mm -hmm. um, that was fine. But I have to say, having played Astrologian, 
and having seen all the new stuff that it does in this shift to pure healer. Although I am still kind of, I'm a little sad that again, we lost, I think, the original concept of the flex and the various buffs and the really fun, complex card game you used to play. Mm -hmm. It was great. It was good <laughs> enough. Playing the new Ast was good enough that I was like, oh my god, I might switch to Astrologian for the next expansion. And like... <laughs> I mean, it feels as though, and again, we don't really know. We don't really know until we get into it. But it feels mm -hmm. to me right now like it's too strong. Right. It feels to me like they had this moment. <laughs> and I know you never want to say that, right? But, I mean, Ast is already, like, in yeah. many situations, the top. It's, like, top of the whole thing. You mm -hmm. know, like, it's very strong in both DPS and healing if you know what to do. And it buffs your party. And they have only built on that. I saw somebody saying, like, oh, I'm sad that they nerfed gravity a bit. And I was like, why? Like, don't be. Oh, my gosh. They got two new, like, pretty major AoEs in addition to gravity. Mm -hmm. They, like, the Lord and Lady cards have been reworked now so that one yeah. is an AoE heal, one is an AoE damage. They have their own component and facet on the actual gauge now where they are mm -hmm. like an active thing you're going to be using in tandem with everything else. So there's just an AoE that you have. Macrocosmos's ability is, again, redonkulous. It's just Crazy. absolutely cool. ridiculous. It just looks so cool. And yeah. it looks so cool. I mean, the buffs that you have, like, they have only really across the board, this yeah. class is looking so strong, really good. both aesthetically, conceptually, in its role as a pure healer, as it's as a damager, I mean, like everything is looking really pretty good about Astrologian, um, and White Mage alongside uh -huh. that felt very good. Um, and I did want to bring up, I think White Mage again. I'm curious to see because this is going to be a big question for me when it comes to this, the fact that Astrologian still exists and it does a damage up buff, right? Mm -hmm. That's something where none of the other healers have that, and it is it it's. It always makes me a little nervous in a sense, right? Because that is something that will place more value on a class. Although obviously now we have many other classes that can also damage up and do all kinds of other things, mm -hmm. right? So it's not necessary. But my one concern was, well, White Mage has a lot of healing, but if Astrologian is also now going to be a pure healer, not that it couldn't heal as much anyway in the first place, because mm -hmm. you can if you're smart, but like, um, I was like, this is, could be something that's really detrimental in a sense because if astrologian sure. provides buffs and does the same thing or even more than white mage you know it could mm -hmm. be a little bit iffy and we're just gonna have to see but right. i can say that white mage was really fun to play they didn't need to do much to it i think they retooled it really fantastically in um and uh in Shadowbringers. the gauge everything flows really well the new holy is really fun and lily bell was the ability from white mage i did want to mention because this one also does something very interesting like macrocosmos in a sense in that you place this like healing blossom at a designated location which then grants five stacks of lily bell to yourself from what i tested and this is not guaranteed but from what i tested it seems as though you yourself do not need to be in range of the lily bell to get these stacks i believe you can just place it you just get the five stacks yourself um that'll last 15 seconds but then if you take damage it will use one of those stacks, kind of like the Hyma stuff that we were talking about with Sage, to heal self and all party members that have also been given this Lily Bell stack. But they do, it seems, need to be in that radius. So, like, the party members need to be within the radius to get the stacks applied to them. You yourself just get them. And then if they take damage or you take damage, um, you will get these heals that proc with a cure potency of 400. 
Um, and it can only be triggered once per second. But mm -hmm. once it's done, once its time limit has run out and the, the lily vanishes, um, it those any remaining stacks, so it'll either all be consumed and vanish or it'll, its time will run out and then any remaining stacks that are still left on there will give you just um, like automatically another healing effect. Um, slightly less potency, but you still get a heal at the end of it. So I just think they did some unique and interesting things with the capstone abilities for all of the different healers, except for but I think <laughs> all of the other ones. I, there's some new ideas in there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's new ideas of what we expect from what we might get from these and them playing around with these stacks and this concept of different effects and buffs that are applied to your party that might still technically shield and heal, but will do it in a unique way. I found that really clever, yeah. honestly. I really loved running White Mage in the dungeons. Thin Air got some changes that I think balance out. Nobody needs to fuss about. Mm -hmm. um, but overall, I, I really enjoyed running White Mage. I thought they just took a really solid thing and built off of it. But I think Astrologian is going to be the big swinger. Like the They're just going to come in and uh, clobber everyone, I think. Right. I don't know for sure. But their kit is really it's strong. And it's got really some cool strong. stuff in it. You know... Lily Bell, when I looked at it, I was like, so it has it, it already is stronger theoretically than an earthly star. Because if if you get hit five times, that's what 2000 potency heal. That's a lot right in mm -hmm. that tumult Ockmoran type of situation. If you don't get hit, if you do it before you get hit and maybe you get hit once four stacks is 800 healing potency. And of course, this is relative relative that's a little bit higher than a maxed out earthly star. So it's kind of this interesting earthly star with a different way. I, I really like Lily Bell. Like, and I was going to talk about it, I, but I knew you were, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's my Does main. it cost MP? Uh, no. I don't think so. I think it's a... Uh, I don't think it's... OGCD? Yeah, it's an ability, instant ability with mm -hmm. recast time of three minutes, 180 mm -hmm. seconds. No MP? Yeah. No MP that I can see. Mm -hmm. That's nuts. Yeah. I'm yeah. Just, <laughs> imagine <laughs> being at the end of uh, E12S. Uh -huh. Last, the, the second part, your healer dies. They don't have any MP, and the 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 damage is just falling from the sky on your face. But you have Lily Bell. Yeah. So it doesn't matter that you have no MP because you don't need it. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's crazy. just so interesting. Yeah. 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 Oh. Any other jobs? Can we talk about touch? Ninja really quick? Just really quick. Just sure. really, really quick. Get your Naruto I don't really on. have Yeah, I yeah. really don't have anything to say about Ninja except that they totally added a Naruto ability. And yeah. it's it's funny. It's just funny. <laughs> I I, I love this. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna ask too. Um new <laughs> the new ability, very good. Yes, I do love for ninja. Did anybody get to did any of us try monk? I did, yeah. I did. Um, I did a bit I did not do in any dungeon or in the dungeon or anything. I was just kind of in the open world punching around. And Monk, I'm going to be honest, the theory crafting for Monk is literally beyond me, right? It's just I don't know enough about Monk. I haven't played it because I know if I play it, I'm going to want to play it and not a caster and that won't work. So uh, but I think really with perfect balance being the way that it is, that's going to just inform all of all of Monk's everything. So uh, just to go over it, yeah, you press perfect balance, you get three stacks. Every GCD that you hit, you know, one of your combos, 
uses a stack, but of course you're formless during that time, so you can press anything you want. So normally you want to do like drag kick and boot shines over and over and over again. But if you were to do that, you would get one of the naughties, you know, the sin basically um, that monk has. And to yeah, let's explain that first. So your gauge is different. You have like three bubbles and then one bubble on either side of those. The three are active during perfect balance and they show you which form the attack you did was in. So if you hit three Oppo Oppo ones, you'll see three Oppo Oppo icons. Then it'll change an ability into a different one. So there's three different ones that you can do at max level. I'm not going to really get into it, but there's one that is all of the same icons. Then there's one that is all distinct. And then there's the one that really seems like if you messed up, you use because it's any other combination, right? And it does less damage. Um, so it's basically you filled these mudra almost to get one of the two sen almost and you need both of them to do your big masterful blitz or phantom rush sorry so in that i i after it came out i was talking to someone who really knows monk and they were like it might almost be that you want to do that failure one because it's less restrictive and you won't lose dragon kicks and boot shines in perfect balance and i'm like I don't want to know. I just don't. Just stop. <laughs> I don't. I don't know anything about this, and that seems so counterintuitive to me. But mm -hmm. they were like, "That seems really interesting." Um, so I'm like, "Okay, well, that's good. I'm gonna have to wait until someone with a better mind for monk than me looks at that." But it's really interesting, right? The the dash is so fluid. Um, monk has always yeah. uh, sort of had that thing where you kind of. You like one two three and then you do like one two four or yeah. one two six and then you, mm -hmm. you move around and it depends on what combo you're in and yeah. you watch your dots and you pick the correct one and i just can't help but wonder hearing uh you say this like sometimes you use this one to get this but on every third turn you use this one instead because you'll have blah 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 and blah and i'm like oh yeah. well, that would just be more monk inside monk Ugh. yeah i right now they did smooth out one of the bumpy bits of of monk in that you don't get formless at the end of perfect balance right now but you do in endwalker so you can do whatever you want when you leave perfect balance so you can catch up on your twin uh twin snakes yeah you can catch up on that i mean you can sneak in whatever you need there's probably gonna be twin snakes i have no idea but that's really cool that you could then immediately jump back in at the point of your choosing it's really nice of them because then that kind of smooths it out you can figure out what you need um but yeah, I don't, Monk, I don't know. I tried. <laughs> I gave the information and I was like, do with it as you will. Um, yeah, you know, on, on, a, on a similar note, um, yeah. I didn't mention uh, Samurai. Um, yeah. So Samurai is, is one of those jobs every so often I, I jump on it. I loved um, having um, the extra charges that they added. Um, mm -hmm. Mikio uh, Shisui got another charge. Um, and... Tsubame uh, Gaishi also got a, a charge. Mm -hmm. It feels so powerful and like OP, and it's great. Like you just being able to just unleash all this crap, like because mm -hmm. of these extra charges, like it feels so cool. Um, that, that opener yeah. is going to be insane, literally yeah. insane. It's gonna yeah. be crazy. It's gonna do so much damage. It's it's it was really fun. I didn't I didn't spend a lot of time on it. I don't know the, yeah. the YouTube video. Someone's like, you forgot to push this one button. My bad. Um, yeah. But yeah, like it was just like once I started playing with it, there was just like this, you know, this one like when I went through like 
like a rotation, right? Not perfect mm-hmm. rotation, right? But it's just like sure. just hitting all these things and just like repeating like some of the the stuff. Like it just it felt really good. Um, mm-hmm. So I think I think May, Sam Mains are gonna are gonna really love the changes yeah. for the with the the charges. Any anything that got a charge, like an extra charge, like any kind yeah. of like a, like a buff or or whatever, like it just it makes it feel so much like cooler. Like it's yeah. just like you know, it's like oh, I can crit two things on machines now. Heck yeah, <laughs> like. It's yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I really. Enjoy I have it. a, I have mm-hmm. a complaint. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dark Knight. Yeah. It's a silly complaint. All my uh-huh. complaints are silly. I don't know. Um, um, the ability that they added to uh, Salted Earth is really cool. Yeah. You you just hit another button and anything standing in your Salted Earth takes additional damage. That's cool. Mm-hmm. They get like pepper. But it's called Salted Darkness. Yeah. Salted Darkness. Uh, a friend of mine suggested to me that maybe it was a reference to like Carthage or something. There was like a quote about blah blah rain, sky, darkness, and salt. And I was like, I don't. They could have named that ability something like famine. That would have been way cooler. Salted Earth to famine. I, they should have called sure. it salt and pepper. No, salt and pepper. No. Yeah, I like that. No. Salt and pepper. So yes, yes, but no. I'm just like. Uh-huh. There's so much dark crap in Dark Knight already. Why would you then add and and darkness? What? <laughs> Name it something else. <laughs> I agree. I did want to mention like on Bard. Uh-huh. Um, I did want to mention on Bard before we before we bring. I assume this probably to a close here sometime soon. Um, that I do think the new 45 second dots feel good. I was going to take an adjustment because I kept trying yeah. to reapply my things and refresh them, and they did not even <laughs> need it a little bit. Not even a yeah. little bit. Um, and I thought that I really like the buff that they get at the end now, the fact that they do actually do a bit of a damage up, but yeah. so help me, I really hope they increase that potency because yeah. it's just like, if when you compare it to like what Dancer or Ast can do, and mm-hmm. you can't even maintain it nearly as constantly no. as you can with like the other buffing classes, I was just like, you got to give them more than that though. <laughs> but... I'm glad they did put it in there. I'm glad that they did. And I think that, you know, I enjoyed, I took Bard through a dungeon, through the trust dungeon, and I enjoyed mm-hmm. it, so. Yeah. I I love that they can buff themselves with that. You still can't hear your own battle voice, but that's okay. You know, there there has to be some balancing issue that they found once they, because they can turn this on in development, and they can see, how much damage does this do? And they probably went, oh, no. No, 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 you can't do that. Um... <laughs> But yeah, I, I agree. And also with uh, Radiant Finale, I think is the the, the Bard's uh, ability name. Like, I know that this doesn't matter, but like, how does that work in an opener? Like, do you do you throw a song away to get the two stacks of it and then do it? I don't know. It's really interesting to me. I'd love to could? know. Yeah, right. You could that throw would, one of the that songs away. It would be away. clunky. But it yeah. would be very clunky. I mean, there's also the... The idea of Monk's Perfect Balance being a pre-pull thing, like 20-second pre-pull, I'm not ready for that to come back. No way. Oh, yeah. I mean, it could be. It could not be, right? But I'm not saying that it is. Mm -hmm. Once again, I'm not qualified to say that. But That's one of these things, right? Like, everything is, like, you know, we always joke about this. Everything is subject to change. Um, Mm -hmm. But also, like, there's, to a degree, right? There's only so much you can, like, feel, with these jobs through the tooltips that we have, through the information that we currently have. So like, it's, you can kind of plan out some ideas, right? But really until the game is out, until everything is, is, you know, finalized in that initial 6.0 patch, like 
who knows like <laughs> how how things are going to change how you know openers are going to change how rotations are going to be adjusted there'd be there's it's a lot of stuff but i think from from what i've played i think people are going to have a lot of fun with it you know it it's really again mm-hmm. it's like yoshida said everything is is an evolution on on what they've already built with maybe right. the they exception made... of summoner um <laughs> <laughs> they made bard's dots brain dead uh, I didn't sure. realize that the the songs were forty five seconds and the dots were forty five seconds. So just yeah. when you change a song, you up your dots. That's yeah, it. You don't even have to watch the timer anymore. Yeah, unless unless you're gonna clip a song, which I mean has been done yeah, before. Do. I don't know the timing. I don't know the timing, yeah. especially with now or with yeah. Endwalker, right? Uh, Very likely you'll you'll have to clip the last one still. So yeah. I guess they're not completely brain dead. <sighs> But that's sorry, like, I lied. Well, no, I mean that's that's optimization though. That's not base level of a job, right? Because uh, mm-hmm. if you're picking up Bard, you're just going to sing the songs for as long as it tells you to sing the songs, right? Why would you switch? Yeah. You know, so it's it's one of those disconnects between optimization and base play that is weird. And they've gotten rid of a lot of those, but this that one stays, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Forty-five, forty-five, thirty. Yep. Yeah. yeah I... Most newbies wouldn't clip us off. They would. They wouldn't think to do it. <laughs> no um all right anything else in terms of jobs i mean we, um, we only covered you know not even half of the jobs but yeah. there's there's so much you guys there's yeah. so much we talked oh. about a lot of them the ones we didn't really talk about were tanks because we don't know about tanks very much gunbreaker yeah. has one less button but paladin then we should talk about paladin I mean, we talked about their healing we talked about paladin yeah wow yeah. oh. we talked about paladin. Okay. Yeah, their healing uh, Red Mage. I enjoyed. We Red didn't Mage. talk about their swords. We talked about. No, we didn't talk did. about their swords. We talked about their their healing. I mean, I said their swords were cool. Oh, does okay, that yeah. count as? I think yeah, it does. That's yeah. good. It's cool. That's good. Oh, I, I did really learn like something it. else. I'm really mm-hmm. sorry. What? Um, the the things that each of the sword uh doodles are named after are like, mm-hmm. um, shoot, they're they're Joyous and shit. Never mind. I'll tell you later. Okay. Okay, it's okay. three it's three like arthurian swords the sword oh. of faith the sword of truth and the sword of bravery they're named oh, after really? three arthurian swords yeah oh cool i don't know that's all cool. i don't remember the the name so i'll, I'll right. spare you that <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's really cool i anything else i mean uh it's a lot of stuff no i don't think I mean, so. yeah <laughs> i just i think they rounded out red mage nicely i yeah. like the new stuff and i like mm-hmm. the new buff that I was like pretty that. much all I wanted to say about that. Thought it was fun. <laughs> AOE sword combo is cool. Good I time. like is it. Is it faith, truth, valor? My bad. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, if you guys want, um, I'm sure everybody <laughs> here tuning in has probably gone through everything. But in case you haven't, you can check out all of our media tour coverage over at gamerscape.com. Link is in the chat for uh, media tour specific stuff. Um, if you find a mistake, uh, leave us a comment either on the website or in our Discord and we'll fix it. Yep. Yeah, uh, that's you know we've we want to make sure that things are accurate. Um, obviously, with with having to go through so much um, information, right? Things might get missed. It just it happens, right? There's 19 jobs we had. Oh God, I don't know. Probably over a hundred gigs of of captured footage between. Oh yeah, just two people. Not, you know, three people is probably. It, it, there was a lot of stuff to go through. So um, if you guys notice any issues, let us know. Um, and we will uh, try and get that updated. Um, if you want, you can contact me. You can find me on the internet as Raffle Derg on all the things, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. Zen, where can they find you? 
What's up? My Twitter is Anitra underscore A. Uh, my, my Twitch is Strawberry Bop. I almost never do anything on there currently, so don't even worry about it. <laughs> uh, my YouTube is plus one shot. The one is the number. It is a D&D podcast that Charles and I do at various intervals with three different groups now. We have three different games going on the same channel. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do now. Where are all the many places that people can find you? So I'm Aldino on Twitter. Um, I'm also Aldino in the balance when I do something wrong. Um, <laughs> but uh, I have nothing else. Uh, yeah, no OnlyFans. That's the update. Sorry. Sorry. I, I still have to, you know, it takes a little bit to make an account. I got to make sure that everything's good. I got to think about. And you have to get some fans. Content release, you know. Uh, you got to maybe get just fans be right talking. here. Right yeah, here. You know, is there is there uh, a market for TED Talks about Final Fantasy XIV over OnlyFans? I don't know. We're going to find out. We're going to find out together. But yeah, <laughs> at Aldino on Twitter until then. And last but not least, Rook, where can everybody find you? Hello, everybody. You can find me right now at Bird of Chess. Bird of Chess. Uh, everywhere, but very soon that's going to be changing to Rookuri, so R-O-O-K-U-R-I, and uh, there will be a lot of posts about that and all that good stuff, but everything will be rebranded and changing. Um, if you're curious, uh, you know, oh my gosh, please check out all the coverage that Gamer Escape did of the media tour, incredible work, incredible guides, so much information, um, and so many great resources. Uh, if you'd like as well, you can check out the different videos that I mentioned myself for the lore tours that I did of the zones, which really... Put a lot of work into those so they're very good make sure to check them out <laughs> um but we did do those lore tours as well as coverage over they'll even make you cry some of those stories are just like oh, oh i'm very glad um so you can very find all my glad i could here. make you cry oh i'm so glad i could emotionally devastate you in the same vein as final fantasy 14 has oh, devastated gee, me <laughs> <laughs> so you can check that out on youtube bird of chess uh right now for there but otherwise, you can find me streaming on Twitch and all that good stuff. Twitter, um, Instagram, Bird of Chess, soon to be Rookery. Okay. And you can contact us. You can email us, Radio at gamerscape.com. You can tweet at us at Radio. Of course, you can find us on all the things as Gamerscape. Twitter, Twitch, obviously. YouTube, also obviously, depending on where you're watching this. Uh, Facebook and Discord, discord.gd slash Gamerscape. Uh, we've got all sorts of channels uh, where you can talk to us about 14, the podcast, whatever you want. So uh, come on over and hang out, say hello. Um, and that is going to do it four hours today. Oh my gosh. It's like it's like there was a, a big release of information or something. I don't, did you guys hear anything? I, I No, I didn't. I didn't hear anything, but I don't remember last weekend for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> was there a last, I don't know if last weekend existed. I don't know that there was. I don't know that there was a last weekend. Uh, we are at the point now where I do believe we have something scheduled every week between now and the end of the year. Yeah. Technically, there's a couple weeks in there that like are scheduled nothing, but it's like it's all planned out, it's all mapped out. <laughs> we know we're doing nothing. But we know, yeah, yeah, we we know we know what 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 the next couple months is gonna look like. Um, next week we are planning on doing a show uh, talking about top 10 questions we want answered in Endwalker. I do believe that our good friend Anonymous will be joining us for that. Um, so make sure to tune in for that. Uh, otherwise,
otherwise that is going to do it for this episode thank you everybody for tuning in and we will see you next time bye, bye. bye.